Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. What's up, Gypsy Gang? We're back for another episode of the Gypsy Tales podcast. And the homie, the American import, Mike Sleater, joins us on the podcast. First time in 18 months. Time flies when you're uh, running uh, the multinational conglomerate that is MX Store Motocross Division. Uh, Sleets is one of my favorite dudes to talk racing with. Uh, and this one, we go deep. How long was it in the end? Four hours of just basically pure bench racing um and apologies on my own behalf in this one i'm i'm honestly just carrying on a little bit so just forgive me now i'll give you a warning i'm acting like a bit of a fucking dickhead at times in this one um but there's just so much cool stuff going on uh in motocross and supercross at the moment a bunch of stuff i'm just really passionate about and maybe that's what it is it just comes across a little bit um sleets is the man though to talk motocross with there's honestly he's just one of my favorite people to to talk moto with um we talk about the nationals we talk about the world supercross we talk about the stark varg we talk about the new ktms we talk about maybe why ktms isn't winning that much um talk about the lawrence brothers obviously uh so yeah ton of ton of good stuff in this one um sleeter knows his shit and uh yeah always enjoy whenever he comes on so this podcast is brought to you today by the legends at manscaped and product alert what, what? Lads, you've asked and they've listened. Our friends at Manscaped are bringing the ultra-smooth package to Australia. It's time to stop, drop, and order this premium shaving kit. Can you put in a stop, drop? Do you even know, do you know that song? That's how rough riders go. Anyway, DMX, fucking look it up. Um, everyone knows now, by now, that the Lawnmower 4.0 is the best electric shave for your balls. But if you're looking for a closer shave uh, to go bare down there, then the Ultra Smooth Package is the perfect set. It's time to shave that bush of yours and get right to the roots with a discount just for you. You can get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com with the code GYPSYGANG. Now, the Ultra Smooth Package is a real specialized groin shaving kit uh, for the guys that just like that real close 
buff and polish, you know. Um, you'll end up protected, smooth in your most sensitive areas. I'm talking crop shaver razor, crop exfoliator, and crop gel. Men, you no longer have to borrow your lady's razor for that really precise trim. Honestly, too, boys, would you let you would you let your missus in your toolbox downstairs? No, you wouldn't. So why would you uh, why would you let her use your razor? You know. Um, the Manscaped Ultra Smooth Package is a three-step kit make uh, to make your package the perfect package. Exfoliation, gel, and then shave. Uh, but first, you want to grab your handy lawnmower 4.0, give the boys a little classic trim, um, and then you go into step one, which is the exfoliator infused with ingredients that can soothe, clear, uh, and keep the skin on and around your groin feeling refreshed. Um, the crop exfoliator can help reduce the risk of ingrown hairs as well, which is massive. Then we go on to the crop gel. Uh, see where you're shaving with their unique uh, clear shaving gel just for the groin. And uh, it's with four essential oils, you know. You really got to treat these puppies nice. They're the only set you've got. And you know what? You just can't get a spare set. Uh, and then step three, it's time to shave and use the crop shaver that was designed for shaving the groin area with confidence. This razor has three precision blades included uh, extra wide lubricating strips and a pivoting head for the ultimate groin grooming experience. This is not your average razor. It's smaller, thicker with micro comb bar that allows for the best shave possible from any angle. Beach balls are meant to be smooth and now yours can be too. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code gypsygang at manscaped.com. That's right, gentlemen, 20% off plus free shipping with code gypsygang at manscaped.com. Smooth out your fellas with the new, now available in Australia, ultra smooth package from the fellas at Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. Uh, we're also brought to you by uh, our merch. We have just dropped some new merch at Gypsy Tales, so gypsy-tales.shop. Um, some new hats. There's three styles there. We've got a bucket. We've got the classic logo and then our very popular Gypsy Supercross logo. Um, these hats are done by the guys at Arcade uh, who have just absolutely smashed it for us. So jump online. Uh, they're selling very quickly. So if you're one of the people that messaged me last time we did merch, and said you missed out, don't be that guy again. Uh, gypsytales.shop. We're also brought to you by the guys at MX Store. You can head to mxstore.com.au. Uh, tons of exciting stuff going on at MX Store. Um, it's not just Australia's biggest range of dirt bikes, parts, and accessories. Uh, their events are amazing. The content that they produce is amazing. Uh, these guys are just really, I guess, a great brand to uh, to just follow along with at this point um, here in Australia and really wherever you are. Um, they've got a new series of Wreckers to Checkers that is just about to drop. Uh, if you haven't seen their first series of Wreckers to Checkers, they did some epic, uh, I guess, like mid-2000s kind of uh, re uh, replica bikes. So get on their YouTube channel and check that out. You can also head to mxstore.com.au, do what we did when we did the 350 build and just get everything dialed in at MX Store. We're also brought to you by the guys at Crush Oz. You can head to crushoz.com uh, and get their bike wash bucket. That's what I would recommend. Uh, I have like all of the stuff. I've got the 20 liter bike wash. I've got the 20 liter degreaser. Uh, but I really still find that the bike wash bucket is my go-to. Um, I've now used all of the bike wash out of it. So I go to my big drums. But 
that little bucket just has everything that you need. And it's similar to the Manscaped. It's kind of just step one, step two, step three, step four. Um, so get yourself one of their bike care buckets as a little intro uh, kit to crush Oz. And I guarantee you will be a customer for life. Speaking of being a customer for life, I've pretty much been a Boost Mobile customer for life. Boost.com.au. Uh, it's our one-stop shop. Everything that we have on the studio runs off Boost Mobile and their 4G uh, their 4G network. Uh, the speeds are insane. The prices are amazing. And as far as I'm concerned, they are the best in Australia. We're also brought to you by the guys at RivalInkDesignCo.com. Uh, if you saw the 350 kit, which a ton of people message about that, that was through the guys at Rival. They do graphics. They do jersey prints. They do a lot. Uh, they also do have done a bunch of dope merch. So, RivalInkDesignCo.com. Uh, and also the guys at Fist Handwear. You can go to FistHandwear.com. Thanks very much, guys. Appreciate you all. Mike Slater. From the gang Mike Slater is back in the podcast studio. It's been too long, but uh, my favorite bench racing uh, oh, podcast guest. How you been, brother? Been busy, man. It's been what, in Australia 18 months or so. And so I it's been 18 months since have you did no the podcast. Des- yeah, so I have no desire. I've had no desire to get back to the States and just loving um, my journey here in Oz and and part of the MX store crew just learning curve is steep like just traveling I wouldn't say the country as much as Queensland with the family and uh loving it man it's, it's good to be back here though it's been a while yeah yeah so the literally the last time you did this you were just like fresh off the plane had no idea what you were gonna do like yeah just no job, the whole nothing. deal and you've been so fucking pinned since you got here yeah I, I um you know working with the intense cycles crew like globally as a global ambassador that was like got me my legs to have a purpose here and then i get to keep doing that um i just got back from new zealand last week oh is that what you went for yeah for, for yeah for some mountain bike stuff with intense but the, my my main goal and and uh purpose that i wake up every day for is mx store um as a, as a job and man, what a, I mean, right down the street, right? Like yeah. we, we, we meet, we see each other getting morning coffees, but, um, yeah, it's been a really wild ride as they, as they go to a multi-domain business and, um, me, you know, the head of MX domain, it wasn't, uh, yeah, it's been a journey, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, they, but being part of that, that, that company has been really cool to like, um, I, I meet meeting so many people like the culture, 150 people work there. Yeah. So I'm, I'm injected into a whole culture of rad humans. Um, so if I didn't have that, I think my journey in Australia be a lot different. Mm. You know, I know you, I knew your brother, <clears throat> I knew my family and that was kind of it. Some core moto dudes, but walking into a, basically 140 potential friends is, mm. is a big help. Yeah, no, it's been cool and and yeah, just to go fully in the deep end and you've definitely done some cool stuff like there's been some sick events that you've been a part of and then some of the content stuff um, has been pretty sick. You got Wreckers to Checkers season two is coming out pretty soon. Um, so yeah, it's been sick. You've been doing heaps of shit over there, yeah. but it must've just felt so weird to just like hit the ground run and just full escalate, uh, you know, like the travelator mode where you're just like, fucking hell. And people that know me know I wouldn't have it any other way. I, I tried to essentially have like a three month holiday when I got here that lasted, um, three days in quarantine. I signed myself up for a job with intense. So, 
Um, yeah, it's been rad. Like I just have so much to see more here in Oz. And then also really my biggest growing as a human being here is how important I felt I was in America. Mm-hmm. How important that, and how I thought the, the world revolved around American motocross and there was no other, no other good engine builders or chassis <laughs> yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. Like you think you're so big and there's no other, not that you don't think anyone else is good, but you don't, wouldn't even acknowledge. Well, you other, just think that's the, it, that's, that's the it. pinnacle. That's all that's going on. And over here now, I actually, I was, I completely feel how narrow minded I was. And I look at like the media in the States, how narrow minded they are because they're not seeing the global picture. They're not. And I'm over here. We have to look at the whole globe to get our information and to, mm. and to really ingrain ourselves. So like my weakness in the States is being involved with KTM for 15 years in this amazing trajectory with a team, a company. But I felt I was so goddamn important because mm-hmm. I was a part of something that was yeah. so big. But when you, when you look at it like Australia and, Europe is like there's just as much going on if not more mm. you know there's there's twisted developments in here everywhere. there's 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 Enzo's everywhere yeah but because there's not these big influence by social media whatever like and those guys that are from Enzo's friends with guys down here like it just the world gets small quick but from the most part the the racing in tech side of uh north america is so narrow-minded and think they're the god's gift to the world and i was just as much a part of that as anyone <laughs> that's interesting to think that eh? like yeah. because you i mean i mean even for us i i remember being a kid and we were just watching some oh four great outdoors then for yep. that video project we're doing and uh i was saying to the boys like this was my fucking era oh four watching the nationals carmichael on a 450 jimmy on a 125 like just looking at america like it was the only place a meaningful motocross thing happened in the world and it was just like my life goal to live there and be a part of it and you are right the world's a massive place so check this out socal has been proven now it's not the place to groom the fastest motocrosser in the world yeah if you've been to kahia glen helen paula lake elsinore Paris, you know, the for what was state fair, the dirt's relatively all the same. Yeah. Decomposed granite. It doesn't really rut up that good. It's dry, it's slippery, it's kind of pocket and blows apart. Man, you go to Florida, it's kind of sandy, they find pockets of clay. We live on the Gold Coast of Australia. You have Toowoomba, that's the red, 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 red clay. Ruts, yeah. Red ruts are hardened up like concrete. You have Coulomb, that's the most sandy track. I've I've raced I've rode Lowell, uh, Lomel, sorry. You have Coulomb two hours away. It's pure sand. Yeah. You have, you know, QMP that's kind of topsoily, rad, epic dirt. Yeah. If you want to be fast. You got Conondale. Conondale that's like Loretta, like Unidale Loretta's. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah, like we have more, you see why the Lawrence brothers, like, like if you're all Mm. in and you have, you see why the Todd Waters, when they go to Europe, I get it now. Like the Aussies have, you know, one thaggy sand. We actually have different soil. America's like kind of all the same like yeah. it's not, not in a negative way and it's way. prepped the same too I Very think that's like a big thing too there's a real consistency in the prep in yep. America that you're really fast in like a certain kind of prep yeah so it's cool like being here like you can actually Dude, ride Harvey Bay Har- yeah I wrote I got some like that's I said I've been busy riding some cool places experiencing yeah. you I've, I've actually learned I'm better in sand than I am in ruts which is weird coming from California but it makes sense because Glen Helen moves around yeah but yeah. like it's just cool seeing my 11 year old who loves the moto 
struggling on one track and then being really good on another track and experiencing these different types of soils where you, as we know, the SoCal kid that kid that goes to Loretta's, he sees ruts for the first time yeah, and he's like the 10th place kid in California becomes 20th at Loretta's because it's different. Yeah. Where an Aussie kid that can ride Toowoomba, Coulomb, Wonthaggy, you know, ride park, all these different terrains, um, Manji, yeah, yeah, like you have a different. We have a different soil here in Oz, and it's like now following journeys of the next group of Aussies. Like who's gonna find their niche and be the next, you know, Lawrence yeah, yeah. or the next Reedy or the next uh, Jed Beaton. Like I get it now. I get it why Mitch Evan and Jed Beaton are badasses. Like I, yeah. I didn't. I was close minded. I just thought you had to be in America to be the greatest, and that clearly is. The, it's changing. It's, the narrative has changed. Dude, North Carolina is turning into a spot for riding too. Man. That's like sl- sneaky just become the hub of motocross. I agree. And they have sand. They have clay. Like yeah, the they tracks, got heaps they of got, different They variety. got terrain and variety. So you're seeing SoCal with the cost of living. It's not the place to live anymore. When I grew up, mm. you lived in Temecula. That's where you lived to be fast. And it's it's not that way anymore. It's cool. Yeah. It, it brings diversity, equality. Like we all, the world's a small place now. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. What what else do you th- has been surprising coming to Oz from the States? The rules. A lot of rules, man. It's a lot of fucking rules, huh? Yeah, I thought it would be like cruisier, like the cruisy nah. culture. <laughs> nah. A lot of the rules. The people are cruisy, but fucking rules everywhere. R- rules of like, yeah, like I'm I'm not a post entry guy, man. And like, you know, like you can't I mean I'm not a pre entry guy. I just like to sign up on the day. Yeah, same. You can't do it here. <laughs> no, no, you gotta be organized. <laughs> There's a lot of rules, but I mean Rules are made to be broken, right? No, I, <laughs> no, but it's it's definitely there's a lot of rules. Like, like I got my first camera, my first uh, uh, cell phone yeah, fine, yeah, thousand on bucks phone. on yeah. my phone. Yeah. Like yeah. cameras, no police on the road, just cameras everywhere. So just if I'm gonna take where I live and I have a few rules, someone told me it's pretty cool. Like if you don't want to find, follow the fucking rules. I'm yeah. like, okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> just the rules you don't get speeding fines so uh, it's just yeah i think that's honestly the biggest thing is rules yeah. just a lot of rules of like protocol and there's the still the um i, I kind of love it it just throws it back as like scrutineering like uh-huh. make sure your bike's still good check the spokes and shit like that like it's uh, just it, but it's it's also like that's the the heritage and like it'll change over time i think but um, just the rules rule that's it <laughs> that's so <laughs> fucking like, funny it's so true yeah, and are the boys pumped my kids are their best versions of themselves in Australia uh, really I don't I can't tell you what it is Noah's thri- uh, my youngest is fri- uh, thriving in soccer Mason's meeting great friends at the track Mason's not set out to be the next uh Loretta Lynn superstar or the next Jed Beaton but, but he's a fucking G he's a good kid and yeah. he has great friends and he's getting to travel the country with dad and mom and his little brothers meeting rad people so yeah they're doing great in school and um, they're around their family and, and uncles and, and good people and yeah we miss, they miss their grandma and grandpa back at home but their grandma and grandpa back at home know that they're doing better here and mm. being the, they're the best versions of themselves so yeah. it's pretty cool fuck man like I tangent i guess but it's got to be crazy just like moving away from a place that has school shootings not just to get political but like you move your kids over here and then there's just like basically a zero percent chance 
of a school shooting and touch wood yeah but like when you see that shit back in america like i didn't even have kids and i lived there for a long time and that was always something that was in the back of my head being like i mean i know statistically it's a pretty low fucking chance but it's like jesus nah i just don't know if i'd want a kid in school there so yeah this is a political conversation Not to get don't, we don't have to make it no 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 but, but check this out so my dad grew up in montana I had a gun cabinet in my house with guns everywhere. Get a key mm. for the gun case in the gun cabinet. We were just told, raised not to use guns. Yeah. Um. Obviously, most people know my wife's Australian. That's why I'm able to be in this epic country. Um. And live. Um. Her. She was at the Route 91 concert. Dude, I remember that. And she was next to him and got her head blown off by a gun. Fuck, but I dude. Just, so guns and shootings, I remember shoot, she was there. Yeah, and, so yep, shootings, fuck. shootings in our house is like it's, it's a real thing. It's a real thing. Yeah. Like it, like you said, there's that one percent chance. Well, yeah. my wife and her four friends. I fucking remember. Um, and yeah. and what's really what came from that was her and her friends held a charity bicycle ride and Cooper Webb, Christian yep, Craig, yep. Paige Craig, Hannah Morris, Ryan Morris, like the whole Moto community, the whole raised forty thousand dollars for the community. Um, then gave back to certain families within like 12 days of the incident. So yeah, it's like you said, the not having to worry about um, guns here is rad. Like, like let's be clear. Like I'm, I, we don't need to, no one needs to know what I think about guns or not, but like, I just love the fact that my kids are going to a safe school and whatever I think about guns, um, is can be, you can wonder. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I'm, I'm like pretty fine with my political views on it. Like, I definitely think if you, like, just on the one-on-one scenario of like, if someone enters your house and they're gonna fucking kill your kids, and if you, this is like the most extreme version. Like, I would feel like it should be my right to be able to protect my family. You know, yep. like, so yep. I'm like, I'm sweet with that. But it's just like, I just America is so far gone in the problem it's, that it's like is a, it's kind of a mute point of like what do you think about guns it's like it kind of doesn't matter there's fucking 400 million of them there so like they're there you've got to kind of figure it out my based old, off that my old man like i said came from montana like dude born and bred to hunt shot yeah. shoot guns different culture right people don't realize in Oz that people in montana and texas and had these big ranches actually use guns to protect like oh, from, was, yeah, from, an, the, from animals yeah, 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 and, yeah and actually get food to store for the winter yeah. so like guns are everywhere but at the same time a lot of it comes with, with politics we're getting into it we need yeah. to get back but control like yeah. in Oz rules control yeah like if we if american culture starts giving up their their yeah. their rights yeah. where does it stop yeah so i think right there where does that stop like i i don't think people should have assault rifles rifles i personally don't think someone needs an assault rifle but i think we have the right to bear arms if you follow the right rules for sure yeah. so there there yeah, we go i think yeah. we can both agree that and even like a a, a fucking uh like a ar-15 is like not a great tool for defending your house yeah. like you need a glock you or, need a or go hunting millimeter. for moose for the yeah. winter like i'm yeah, just yeah, yeah. like i said i think it comes down to now control and rules and what they've lost scope of why we actually need guns in america yeah. and i don't see it changing yeah, no, I don't. I don't, I don't think it will change. But like going back to your original question, I'm very happy that. But that's a real thing. If like I'm sure you thought at some point you had thoughts in your head about like fuck, man, my kids go to school in America, it's, and then it's, you move to a place where it's just not a thing. It's, it's that, not a that thing. That actually must be a weird feeling. Yeah, even like who would have thought my wife would be shot at like a, a fish in a fishbowl at a country concert in Las Vegas from that from was top, the of, top of Mandalay Bay, ever, like right, like that doesn't happen. Um, 
in Oz. Like we had one shooting that many years ago and people, things changed. Like we, there was, there's a conform, there wasn't a separation in the community to not want change. Yeah. Or like I said, there's too much separation in American culture to want a change. Yeah. So like, and it's just logistically too big of a problem. It, it is. Yeah. It like is. you just can't like Australia, that example of what we did, this you're literally dealing with less than the population of California, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it's just, it was just logistically a different kind of topic. Exactly. But man, that's, that's fucking gnarly. So I was in New York with a guy, a group of guys that owned a bunch of Vegas nightclubs. So we were actually partying in New York in one of their nightclubs as well. And that happened. And then it all went down, dude. And I'm like in this fucking club in New York with these dudes freaking the fuck out. And it was like, we had the craziest weekend because they own these. It's like Dream Hotels. Okay. You heard of that group? Nah. So they're like owners in that group and they got hotels all over the world. So we were just like, one epic club one night thursday night friday night epic club saturday night epic club and i can't remember whether it's saturday or sunday that it happened but then yeah anyway that we were like literally just the weekend was fucking rolling on and then that all went down and it was chaos and like at the very start of it was uh people thought it was like a terrorist attack and then we like one of the boys was just fucked up and then we get in a cab with this islamic dude and then right when it was like this terrorist thing and it fuck it was like one of the most hectic nights of my life i'm just like in the middle of all this shit like everyone fucking calm down like we don't know what's going on and then i got on instagram and i fucking remember seeing that sarah was there and i was like holy fuck so yeah and i mean a ton of people we knew were there yeah it was but it it was just gnarly to like know people on the ground as it was going on not like thinking it was a terrorist attack thinking there was multiple shooters like that was a hectic situation i can't imagine being anyone on that floor like not knowing what it's happening <sighs> where is it coming from what's and all happening? the sound echoing yeah like so the woman next to sarah goes was kind of annoying all the ladies there at the front row and the lady's like oh my god my my i'm bleeding and she was kind of annoying kind of a, a this older woman and sarah's like how Good. dare you like how how dare you how dare you say you're bleeding Right, and then looked like or something, and she looks down, and Sarah pulls her back, like pulls her arm back, and then blood just bl- goes oh, all over Sarah, no. and then just bah, 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 and then she gets shot like in the head, booge, and then so she saw that right, right next to her, whoa, and then they hit the deck, and yeah, and and over that time, like one of Sarah's best friends, like gets like basically sacrifices her life for Sarah in case that were to happen, and gets on top of Sarah. And then that her name's Leslie. And then there's four of the girls together, five of the girls, like five girlfriends, and like all of the, you know, we were like a couples group that all hung out. So me and my two best friends, Mike and Chad, we're at Home Run the Wiser. And uh, yeah, Sarah texts me. And I hear pop, 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 pop. And she, oh, she calls me. And I hear the guns. And she's like, what are you, uh, like, what is going on? She's like, we're getting shot at. What and, the fuck? And we'll hang up the phone and fucking go. Like, yeah, like yeah. you don't have time to process. Like, and I just text her, like, your time to shine. Yeah. Like, your time is sh- your time to shine. Be strong. Like, like you got to go. You got to be, you got to man up. Like, I don't know, like, full just yeah. GI. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. me and the, me and the, my two friends get on the co- phone, like, we're, you're helpless. Like, you have nothing and we're just waiting for them to get yeah. to the next point. And long story short, yeah, they survived, man. They got through it. All her, her, core friends the poor woman obviously lost her life next to her and a woman her best friend got shot in the neck and later died um she was paralyzed and then died um but yeah just so many people lost their lives that don't need to lose their lives celebrating country music which is rad so yeah 
we're here. Hopefully, uh, knock on wood, that we don't have to deal with this in this country. Yeah, I don't fuck. see. It, I don't see it happening. Crazy. Fuck. Anyway, weird tangent, but <laughs> yeah, we got off into it. <laughs> well, As we do, we're well, back in it. Welcome back, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so speaking of. Um, Nothing related to that at all. Yeah. <laughs> you get to ride this dark bug. Fuck. Yeah, exactly. Things that just blow your mind. <laughs> Stark Varg. Wow, that was... Uh, so you almost didn't ride it. Yeah, that was interesting, right? So you, you, we were messaging each other like, hey, you got invited. Yeah, I got invited. Um, and I went for Moto Online. And, um, and you know, I didn't know what the, how big of the group was. I thought the group was typical, like, media group. Yeah, yeah. And then, obviously, it was a lot more, which is rad. Yeah. So I was like the third group to come in, I think. Um, so my wife, Sarah, and I decided to take a little bit of a holiday. Yeah. And we went to uh, Spain. And then the, when I landed in Milan from my layover, I got a text from from Ben. He's like, hey, give me a call when you get settled. I got something to share. I, you, this was a text. Yeah, yeah. no news is good news. Yeah. But they uh, they had an issue with one of the bikes. So they, they called off like, my whole segment and I think one other se- cruise segment but I was already because it travels so long for us like 36 hours or something they were able to keep the American guys that were coming on my journey like the MXA crew they, they were in Florida we were able to fly back but I was already in Europe um, man is I and that's where the journey for me started really impressive like the crew was very up, mm. up front with information they didn't hide it they didn't lie like hey we had a, an issue with the bike we don't know what it is we want to get to the bottom of this we don't we we never seen this, and then I talked to Sebastian and Tortelli mm. and Hill in the in the um in the uh, hotel, like trying to get information because I had to. Go, I was going to Scotland after that to watch the World Cup of mountain biking downhill, and dude, I was like just thinking of a normal intro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. just I'm like, all I need is four different images and just someone to fill fill me a piece of camera like i and i'll help test because they're gonna go testing i'm like just give me a bike to do this and i'll come donate my time with tests because i have a schedule to stay on yeah yeah and they basically laid out the framework of what they were gonna do and i'm like oh so I'm, not I, doing that. <laughs> I'm not gonna do that i need to come back and get the experience that you got yeah um so i went and did my trip to scotland watched the world cup of downhill and uh fort william which is dope like yeah. watch that was next level <laughs> made our trip back down through the uk came back to spain and to Barcelona and got to experience something. I'm so glad I didn't just pass on like all oh, too hard basket because it was hard to get back to Spain. Yeah. Um, I just couldn't believe it, man. I couldn't believe the fit and finish of the chassis because before I rode it, I started just picking apart the chassis and like the componentry and yeah. Then they started talking about the linkage how it stuck up and up and the, the yeah yeah the, the chain adjuster yeah yeah like the little things that make you know split clamp standard yeah like just. And then our experience of getting dressed like down in the, the clubhouse and then bust Yeah, up. so paint, it, paint the picture for people then that, that uh, didn't get to go. So like we basically rock up. It's a, an old golf course, which ironically got <laughs> shut down for noise. Yeah. Uh, only like a couple, it was only open for like a few days. Um, and then, yeah, so this bus basically takes you from the hotel to this golf course. You get changed in the clubhouse and then... Yeah, you get changed in the clubhouse. You don't see the bikes. And, like, and by the way, you have your own your own filmer yeah you have two photographers you have a chassis technician you have a mechanic and then you have an engine tech yeah an engineer that like worked on building the bike yeah with you the whole time yeah i'm like what like and then you know you you basically get dressed you get back in the the van and you go up what like a half a mile to the track and you you, you, they they get your reaction to see the bike for the first time and you know you you look at it and then you're mic'd up 
you're mic'd up the whole time as well. And you basically can produce for a guy like yourself. Um, I'm not going to put my, my, uh, experience on your level, but to be able to get all the content and produce your, cause your manpower is a lot of your issue. Like yeah, there's only yeah. one or two, you have three or four guys on your staff, Yeah. but to have this whole crew and they can put your shot list together. So for me, I'm so usually work, I'm working with like swap moto or a, a subcontractor photography guy that leads me. Hey, get that shot. Yeah. Hey, yeah. do that. All of a sudden this element, you have full reign to create whatever you want. So yeah. it really shows that experience show who actually had curation of the content right. Yeah. And mine was very square box. Like, cause it was just me by myself. And I'm like, didn't, I didn't think outside the box. I'm like, I need a whip shot. Well, you didn't really know what you were getting into either. I need a whip shot. I need a berm shot. And, and then I need a piece of camera talking about it. But now that I look at other people's stuff, I'm like, that was rad. They did that. That was cool. They did that. It, it really highlighted what they want to do is get people's natural feedback. Yeah. Yep. And um, like, I'm very traditional moto guy. I've been trained up by swap Dameda and in a good way. Um, and, and Alex Gobert's very much the same at moto online, but then, you know, your crew is very forward thinking. So you guys took a completely different angle and it was really cool to see how your content correlated to my content. Yeah, yeah. And then to ride the bike, I was like, you know, I've, a lot, you know, I, I've been watching a lot of all the content coming up. People are talking about, Oh, you only did how many laps, right? Yeah. And, and yeah. at first, if you had told me I'd only ride like, you know, 20 laps on the electric bike, I'm like, man, that's not going to be enough to know, dude. Like, yeah, you know, straight away, eh? straight away. <laughs> I, 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 like I'm sitting on it, I get on it. And I'm like, Hey, can you put this thing? Like the training wheels out? Like I was making a joke. Can you get an electronic training wheels to come out? So I learned how to ride this thing. Right. Yeah. And they detune. It's like goes fast as like a 12 inch Stasic. Like, oh, really? <laughs> I'm like, that's, <laughs> that's so, sick. I didn't like, get to do that. Yeah. So I was like, they're like having to have some, some fun with me. And then, uh, they're like, all right, go out and right away. I was like, I thought I didn't know how to do it. I, you know, you go left and you triple yeah. double. And like I tripled that first or second lap gone through. And I was surprised. You could still hear the engine, like the engine yeah, changed yeah. Zip, instead of like rap or rap, you're like, you're like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like you yeah. still hear the electric. So yeah, the two laps in, take a break and then give feedback. And I didn't mess with, um, I didn't do the handbrake. Yeah. I really wanted to learn like what just what it was like what, for you to ride, right? Yeah. So I yeah. kind of kept it pretty simple, but we changed mapping to change the suspension. Like I added engine brake. Oh yeah, because yeah. the fork was like the balance felt pretty good. Like I didn't know we were gonna ride the uh, combustion chamber bikes to compare. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, man, how am I gonna know? Like really know? And they're like, hey, we have a gas gas four fifty for you to ride. I'm like, what? Yeah, so after eight laps, I think we had on the electric bike, they got us on a combustion yep, chamber bike. Yep. And I think there was five journalists or five media sources that were there total, including me on the day. I think three of the five stalled the combustion chamber bike. Straight away. Straight away. One guy stalled. That, hap that happened a bunch to, to when we were there. Even Seb was testing the Yamaha at the end of the day and then he fucking stalled it straight away. <laughs> it was like, what are you doing? Jake? Yeah. So like I was laughing, just laughing at these dudes, but that gave me like, I, I was kind of clicking the bike around the, the chassis. Um, changing the tuning of the the engine brake and to get the balance right but i'm like am i still going the right direction then i got on the gas gas 450 which that's my daily bike i still yeah. have air fork it's not everything yeah. everything's pretty stock man you it's got like, like clamps yeah a pipe yeah but yeah, for the most cool. part it's like standard so yeah. i'm like 
I don't even have an ECU, so my production, my bike's pretty much production. I love my bike. Like, yeah. I get on my bike, I'm like, my bike's sick, and I can barely ride the thing. Yeah, I can barely <laughs> ride it. So like, in eight laps, how can you go from pretty confident and pretty natural to all of a sudden that foreign that you grew up riding? That blew my mind. Like I was like, but then it helped me with timing, like some of the jumps, like yeah, that, that timing. Some of the jumps were hard. They're blind. Yeah, you couldn't see shit. Yep, and like they look similar to the other I ones. Almost jumped directly into the hay bales. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know, the dude. first downhill. Yes, yes. I was like, oh yeah. fuck! <laughs> so you did the noise. We didn't go. Rup, you. <laughs> yeah, you can still like hear it. You can still hear it. Like you still know. But um, man, I just I love that they were. So it, did the engine brake help with the balance? Sorry, did yeah, you add more and then it just added, put a little bit I more added on the like fork? Twenty percent. Yeah, and then it was too much because the motor didn't feel as good. But the fork felt better, so I split the difference. Yeah, yeah. And it was a game changer for me just with the balance. Yeah. Like, it, it wasn't as free. Um, and then then I started, I worked on the shock, like, a little bit of high speed. But it was pretty close. Like, yeah. I'm like, this feels pretty good. Then I went to the gas gas, which I know what it does, good and bad. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, this thing's better production. Like, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. better. Like, like those, what, those doubles at the bottom of the hill. Yeah. They had, like, G out hooks in them. Yeah. And I think because that the the stark varg has like no centrifugal crank movement yeah that it doesn't wallow i never had the bike go side to side on me no nah, no nah, i didn't either not one time but what was what was gnarly if you're a rever like barsha you could like mx unleash backflip that bro because you go to infinite gear you, you go could to never <laughs> you should over. never over uh like go over the handlebars of a stark no because i did it was the triple you know what you said the you mm-hmm, go mm-hmm. left triple i went triple <laughs> And then, like, just revved in the air for, like, legit no reason. Like, it was just, like, a habit. habit. And I went, whoa, and I, like, in the air, it oh. felt like fucking mad skills. Yeah, because you think about it, when we panic yeah, rev, yep. third, fourth gear, our wheel speed will only It'll go... cap out at... Whatever that X is. X speed. No, this is infinite. The, it was, that blew my <laughs> mind, eh? Like, there's... That was one of the cool things was... I, I actually didn't really fuck with the bike. It, it's funny. Uh... I've said it before, but I, <laughs> the fork, I rode the bike and I was just, there was so much going on the first couple of sessions that I did that I was just like trying to take everything in. So I wasn't really changing anything on the bike. I was just like, I was honestly just like trying to experience it. And I had the handbrake. So there was a bunch of shit. And then, but I was like, oh, I'm feeling it in my hands. And before I went to Europe, I'd been doing jujitsu lid like literally every day for months so i was fucking fit and uh my hands were sore and i was like this is not right so then we went on the gas gas which i was completely fucking dog shit on <laughs> and then and i'd just been riding the gas gas which is sammy's, an epic motorcycle yeah i had like, sammy's bike you ride ktms yeah, like, yeah, like you know yeah. Yeah. And, but i got off that and i was like okay the forks are, are no good on the varg and then I said to Seb, I was like, I don't want to be that guy that says the forks aren't working properly, but I honestly don't think the forks are that good because the gas gas forks felt better. And I know for a fact <laughs> that those forks aren't better. And then anyway, it turned out that they had two different, they just fucked oh. it up. So they had like one. Look at you with the spot on feedback. Yeah. yeah so dude. I, and everyone, the boys are giving me shit too. They're like, shut the fuck up about your suspension. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, so then anyway, once that happened, it, I've never felt so comfortable on a bike. It was crazy. That's dude. so. Did the the harmonic noise like of the everything when you know you like land and it goes boosh because you hear everything like yeah, you hear the yeah. plastics resonate. That's probably the, the only bit I didn't like. Yeah, if I'm honest. Yeah, it it gives you a sense of like 
an old feel. Yeah. And I think it'll get, I'm assuming it'll get better because all the fitment was prototype, like the plastics. The plastics, that's the, they, it was making a real harsh noise yep. because of the plastics and the forks as well were just too hard. Like, you know, yeah. when you just get that, yeah, yeah, that, that sound. It gives you the illusion yeah, that yeah. it's like, yeah. there's no comfort, yeah. you know? And that's where, if I didn't have a reference, which, dude, kudos to that crew for giving us a reference piece. Yeah. The, the um, gas gas was harsher like on the slap down landings yeah. and I was like okay it's just noise correlating to harshness it's not yeah, a yeah. but that's that's something they need to improve on like a, yeah. de- a detonings like in a- I just think that as soon as the plastics because they were 3D printed they were did they tell you that they had like seven fenders break on the first Dude, day so I almost f- flew off the back of it were parallel to the double, you know, the long and low double after the triple. Like, you know, you do the triple, yeah, double, yeah, down. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if you go back after this, I'll show you. Uh, on my Instagram, I put the little video of like the drone, and I jumped with a scrub it, pushed my feet down, and my feet slipped off the back because the thing was so slippery. Dude, I did the same thing off the the, <laughs> oh, the, oh, the single down. I had a moment, and I almost went off the berm, and you Fuck. don't see it. And I had the drone follow me, so I'm like, just get your shit together. Like, like <laughs> it, it never happened, but yeah, that was. There's little tweaks that they got to do. Like I literally spoke to them about that. The, I said you got to make it grippier. It's, like it's it, fucking sick that it's this thin. But it's, I can't hang on to the gun. Yeah, you, dude, skeg pegs, dude. Our boy in Sunny Coast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw like what Levi Kitchen was wearing. Like honestly, yeah. there needs to be something just to hold my feet on. Yeah, we spoke about. Um, I mentioned it to him on the day about making almost like a rock climbing yeah yeah you know and just yep. mold it into the plastics and you have a little spot that you can kind of well, make some adjustment that was rad being involved with the ktm like i think it was eight, 17 18 19 design i uh, or even the latest not 23 but i was d- designing the plastics with that and dude they're they, oh they're so good dude yeah the clay mold like the, cl- the clay molds like everything we got to do like they come out and hand hand sand things and then they yep. measure like people don't realize the, the amount of time that goes into those molds. and like Sebastian's like, Oh, we can put grip tape. I'm like, no, I I'm not factory rider anymore. I buy my gear from MX store. Like yeah, I yeah, can't just yeah. ruin my, my gear, you know, like I got it. I, and I think it'd be better. Like, I think that, um, I honestly think like steak pegs are sick, but they're too much. They're, yeah, they're, yeah. they're for desert use. Like yeah, yeah. you need something subtle that you can, you can overpower. Yep. Like you can chew. It's like subtle enough to lock you in, but you can overpower it by choice. And it's, steak pegs, you can't do that. Yep. You're either fucking it's in or out of it. It's a hockey puck with a, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, pretty yeah, yeah. crude, you it's know? It's a fucking door, door stop. Yeah. But that was my only, like my biggest complaint was how slippery the bike was, but the adapting to it was no brainer. The quick, it was like a 125 light feel. Yeah. It felt as light as a 125 but then the traction of a 450 and man, I, I, my, my biggest worry was where the crew at MX and I were talking about was like how I'm a, you know, think I'm fast still at times and I crack it wide open out of a turn on a 450 right, and then I give it too much throttle. So I'll modulate yeah, with the clutch, yeah, roll, 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 yeah. like triple clutch it to keep the front end down. I'm yeah. like, well, what, what if I want to be a meathead on this thing and I gas it and then it loops out and then I let off and then it shuts down and then, I'm doing like a a 16 year old kid through a parking lot learning to drive stick for the first time. Yeah, yeah. Nah, right. Like the the um the feed of that ECU, the way they you can just crack it, and if you have the skill to turn it through a turn, yeah, it just it's like traction control. Yeah, yeah. I was that was you're always in the perfect gear. Yeah, I'm. You're just always in like those double apex turns. You know where you like have to shift through the yeah, turn. Yeah, done. Yeah, like, done. 
I look at what that bike's going to do, um, and it's quite ironic with the way there's so much talk on technique these days with Sexton, yeah, the Lawrence yeah, brothers, yeah, yeah. The, the, the Tomax, like, and Kenny. Like, I think Kenny... Kenny and Tomac really started, and the Jet and Hunter have really. That's just going and Chase. Yeah, I've just Chase, taken it to like I'd a say weird Chase level. Actually, Chase and Jet are the leaders of like unique riding. I'll we'll talk about that later, but <laughs> I've actually got some theories about it too. Cool, because I think this bike is going to allow. Chase take Sam Hill, right? Yeah. World champion mountain biker. Rips on a moto. Okay. But he doesn't know um, why am I, I look at why am I still good at 42 on a 125. I know engine. Yeah. I yeah. know RPM. Yeah, yeah. Right. If you take um, a kid that's 22, that's way faster than me on a four stroke. He's just used to that bike always being there. No yeah, bother. Yeah. Yeah. Clutching well, the fuck out yep, of it. Sam Hill just like as a mountain biker doesn't know engine as well as a motocrosser. So he's having to modulate a clutch, but he probably has way better bike handling skills than me. Yeah. Balance, balance. and everything like that. So is he going to be able to get on a Varg and not have to worry about RPM, all these other things and, and have a handbrake Yeah, because the technique, Same shit. the technique, that technique can completely be changed. So I'm like really excited of like, I never rode the handbrake and I'm, I'm honestly going to say, when they can set up a duel, like when they go dual split. That'll be able to easily. Yep. It's, I would run it, mm. you know, and I just, there were, we didn't have enough time on the bikes to retrain my brain. You won't, dude, you won't need it, man. Honestly, you won't need to. Yeah. It, it's like redundant. Yeah. There's I, no, because I, I was the first one to do it. I think like two or three other people did it out of the 50. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's a crazy like uh that's how archaic we are as an industry a man. research group like yep. if you want to take that research pool there's fuck 50 guys so that's six percent of the people wanted to use a handbrake and it's like to me it was the fucking easiest transition to make there was three laps where i reached with my foot right that's it three laps the rest of the time but the thing is is i braked with my hand the whole time so every time i reached for my foot i still braked with my hand i didn't lose anything all i did was this extra thing for three laps and then it went away and you know you got the the tabletop and the little rollers yep. and then the right and then the rollers after that dude the corner speed that i was able to carry after those rollers was that was one of the nicest feeling turns that i've ever hit and that turn when i back to backed it on the gas gas i'm like how jerky yeah i was like fuck cunt can you ride yeah but you get in like i was on the balls of my feet gripping the bike perfectly i was super balanced both my hands were in the exact same position and i was leaning in with just the perfect modulation of like front and rear brake to like tuck my bike into that rut and then I just roll. I had so much finesse with the roll speed. And then I just came onto the throttle with my rear still on that little bit and just track through. And every lap, that is like a really hard technical turn that just got made into a piece of piss. And it was yeah, all man. by just finesse. So you're telling me we'd have more hand feel with a brake with our hands than a big old clumsy boot? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. But like, you know the other thing too? So Jed beaten actually talked about this like technique wise it th this goes to what you said about it helping facilitate your technique right so i come down that down the jumps feet on the pegs feet on the pegs around the right hander hit the single hit 
everything feet on the pegs, dude. I might have put my feet we, off a little bit. I'm the jump in. Sorry, we left off one key thing. There's no shifter. Oh yeah, you don't have to do shit. Yeah, so yeah. your feet like just stay. In I'm, the I'm right thinking spot. as you're talking, I'm like, so but you're you don't have to still slide your foot. No, no there's not like I, I I'm you're in. You set your you like we set and balls. Yeah. Yes, because like, because you think now I'm, I'm trying to teach my son this. He's 11. I mean, yeah, on a 65, I'm like balls of your feet, but you still have to touch the brake. Yeah, He's, yeah. Balls yeah. of your feet, but you have to shift. But get back to your balls of your feet. It's yeah. a lot easier said than done. Yeah. And as you're saying, I'm like, but we still have our shifter. I'm like, no, we don't. The thing, like, it, it is a set and forget. It's like yeah. this is where you put your feet because, yeah. like, as you know, as a if you're a basketball player, I when I coach kids or vets, I'm like, all right. Why are we riding the balls of our feet? Stand there and try to jump on your heels. Mm. You have all your power comes from your balls. I, I don't want to get into the rhino. No, Ryan no, no, talk, no. Yeah. Please the, do. The Church of Ryan <laughs> News, everybody. Yeah. So it's like the, it, it gives, it enables you to ride where you should ride. Yes. It's very dynamic. Rhino makes it seem very easy to do what he knows and what Jet and, and Chase are doing. Yeah. yeah. It's not. We yeah. know that's not. That's why there's only very few that can be on their balls of their feet. Yeah. You look at my soles, dude. They're the freaking worn in the middle. Yeah, yeah. Where am yeah, I gonna tell you yeah. to ride on the balls of your yeah, feet? Because yeah. it's hard. It's yeah. not easy. It's a lot of. It's mental. so much practice. It's, and where do you do what? All right. So how do you get better when you have something you have to practice? Reps. Yeah. How many reps do I get to do? None. Fuck all. <laughs> well, and that goes back to tracks. Like you pull on a track, it's like pulling onto the M1 or the 91 freeway. You pull on and you go fast because yeah, yeah. you don't want to get ran over. Yeah. That's why training facilities, you actually can do reps. And yeah, do, yeah. that's another story. But yeah, man. But this, as the this, average guy, I don't get to do that. Yep. So the other thing, right? So then you can start to eat, take technique even further. So you know the new technique that mm. everyone's doing when it comes to like riding on the balls of your feet. So, and I just, I'd heard Jed talk about it, but I just got to do it instinctively because I didn't have anything else to worry about. When you're braking, right? If you're on the balls of your feet and you're braking with your right finger and your left, yep, yep. right? So you're doing this with the handbrake. You can take your feet, be on the balls of your pegs, but now you can drop your heels back and all of that braking pressure. So all of the force that you've got you're actually wedging your feet and you've got weight that's like keeping you from going forwards. So like now you just literally like lock your feet in. It's like gets rough in there and you've got this whole, like your legs are what's taking all of the braking force, not your arms because you're not on something stopping yourself from going forward. You'll literally just drop your heels, all your weights there and then you're forcing the weight all the way through the lowest point of the bike that you can contact, which is the the pegs. Yeah. So yeah, even so little I'm, I'm details. I'm blow your bro. mind, dude. You got to bolt pull up Davy Millsaps through the whoops and Travis. Same Kastrana. shit. Yeah, that's they what they drop their done. heels. Yeah, yeah, they drop their heels, man. And then where you have like Kenny and James, who are very like light. Yeah, they're dropping their heels, but they're doing a little bit next level like stew shit. But if you look at like any MTF kid, Jordan Smith. Yeah, yeah, Davy. Davalos, dude, they get in there and set just and forget. Break. They're just trained monkeys, yeah. dude. Like just form and they drop their heels and just leverage and those things. Like, I mean, it's it's what you need. To your point, yeah, it, it's just hard because not having that break there, yeah, and and whatnot. It's pretty well. So, but then the you've actually it becomes this choice that you've got to make, right? So you're going into this turn. So you've got some whoops that are coming in, like roller kind of whoops, and then you've got a right hand turn, and then you've got another set of rolls that come out of it so you've got a choice like all right so i'm going to drop my heels to help me with my braking pressure 
and drop that weight in, take the load off my arms, like give me the control, put the load. But then at what point do I then upset the apple cart and make a choice to hit my rear brake? Or do I rear brake first and then do I bring it back? But then I also want to trail my rear brake through the rut. So like you've just got to make, start making these choices. So on the VARG, you actually just don't even have, the choice is already made. Like your feet don't move. You've got no shifter and you've got no rear brake. And then your feet do move, but they move like when you're accelerating, you want to put your toes and then you Drive want to stop the, outside the forward. Bag. Yeah. Yep. So like you could, instead of having to work on all these different variables and the way that I looked at it, because I looked good on that bike for my riding. Like yep. that's like, a, that's peak me. <laughs> that's <laughs> essentially like I've never ridden a bike better it's than that. It's just going downhill from here on yeah. out. <laughs> but why? It makes sense, right? There's no clutch. There's no rear brake. Well, there's no gear shifter. I don't have to. Exactly what, what you talk, said. Yeah. Like, so I, those, I reach my talent. That, that those, was it. <laughs> all those skill sets, those little incremental yep. things that I've learned on so much volume reps. Yep, exactly. Right. Like, like I cannot wait for like these top mountain bike guys to It'll get be scary. in BMX guys that are now not having to think about engine. Yeah. Cause I still ride like Reedy with my fingers on the clutch because yeah. I'm afraid my, like I'm trained to have the bike not blog, bog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I'm trained to have to give it acceleration down things. That's so much repetition. Any photo you still see my finger on the clutch. Yeah. Dude, these new guys, finger on the bar or hands on the bar, no That's clutch. crazy. Full commitment because the bike doesn't bog. Yeah. The bike has power to come out of a turn. They're not like clutching it like gnarly and that's where Tomac and Chase share so much similarity as far as technique and new school, you yeah. know, new school little, you know, idiosyncrasies, but they ride the motor completely. The, yeah, completely. yeah, 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 yeah. And Chase is like, rawr, rawr, yeah, more like yeah. rocks. And so, because he's so used to not needing a clutch, like yeah. Tomac came in like a Geico Honda where he needed to accelerate because it wasn't enough for how fast yeah, he wanted to go. Yeah, So he's... Well, best <laughs> example of that this year was phoenix supercross tomac literally though i think yeah you come out of a section then you had a left hander that went across the start straight and then a right hander that went over the finish line and he was just by himself so every time the camera went to him you could just hear the bike he's fucking held the thing wide open at the entry of the corner and the, like literally on the stop and then just going <laughs> and just fucking buried this yep. clutch the whole way around. Yep. But even you look at Atlanta, his bike's completely fucked yeah. after one. Yeah, yeah. After one all, moto. and he and that's because his body's so strong. He's able to man. That's his yeah, like. Yeah. His, that's his, his superpower. That's his, exactly. That's yeah. exactly right. But the Varg's in it. It's going to change who's better. Like, like oh, the best are still gonna be the best. Yeah. Right. Like you're gonna you still have bike set up for you. You know, it, it's going to be very dynamic. And one of the it's things... It's going to move in so many ways. And it's even... Uh, I think it's just even going to change the sport in so many ways in terms of just like how technique evolves and how people ride different mm. bikes and then bringing things back to motor... Like back to a combustion bike. And like there's, there's still... Combustion's not dead. We no, know that. no, and it's not gonna die. Like, there's still, there's no way it will, especially not in a motorcycle format as well. Because, like, uh, if you look at any endurance stuff, if you want to do a transmoto, if you want to do like, there's yeah, and man. they'll get there maybe one day, or there'll be like a way to do it. But like right now, just chill. Like, let's just enjoy being given this insane piece of technology that 
can change so much different shit in the sport. Yeah, there's there's um, so much to it. Like you said, there's there's opportunity for people that want to ride that can't ride on their own property all yeah. around the world. Yeah. Right? Like. Oh, man. Like all, Blake Coleman, a yeah. perfect example, you know? Like, he's got a track in his yard that he just can't really ride. Yeah, and, and we have... You know, there's just so much opportunity to be able to have, like, think it's Temecula, right? In the wine yeah. country. There's still land in wine country, Temecula, that you could ride. Deegan had a track that, I mean, it's Deegan, so he did what he wanted to do. But, <laughs> yeah. like, he could essentially ride five days a week, seven days a week on an electric bike. No one will care. Um, maintain the dust. But Even he, think about, um, like, Stanmore, for example. Yep. Gold Coast Motocross Club. They could ride seven days a week. Two. Or how about, let's ride at 6.30. Yep. Do it like a fucking fit fit spo class or yeah, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Be like, hey, seven seven o'clock practice on Vargs and it's seven to nine where like because they can't start combustion bikes till nine. Fuck, I'm there. Yeah. If I then, can get there and be on track riding at seven and back at work by nine thirty, fucking bang. So they made a good they made a uh, comment. Um, there was someone new is at the launch of the Varg intro and Ben, uh, the PR manager, yep. he's like, yeah. We were talking to these guys, and they're they they were wondering why from the golf course why why can we only ride at a certain time? Isn't it interesting our our industry globally? Oh, your tracks only open from ten to three. Yeah. Well, golf is open from sunrise. Yeah, to sunset. Sunset. Yeah. So you're telling me I only can ride my I'm, I want to go be a part of the sport, but I only can ride from ten to two. Yeah. On Wednesday. Yeah. We all think that's okay. Yeah. Well, right? because we don't have a choice. We don't have a choice. Yeah. Right? So imagine that opening up to where it's you can ride, you know, and, and whenever you damn well want, right? Yeah. As long as you have dust control, which, you know, I, all, we've had, I mean. Dust is easier to do with a lot than of, sound. You, you have a global podcast here and people don't know much about Motoland, which is formerly Tivoli that we dealt yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a track that just got closed down again yeah. for sound. And, yeah. um. You know, the Adam Bailey and his crew put a lot of time, a lot of money in giving us an experience. Whether the dirt's the best in the world or not, they put time in and it, this track lasted three months and got shut down because of noise. Yeah. People lost their jobs. Yep. You know, people lost a lot of money and it wasn't for the fact that people were bad people that were riding there. It wasn't yeah, the fact, yeah, it was yeah. the fact that it was just, just noise. Yeah. And think about the implications of we're trying to, we're trying to make a bigger pie. Like, that's essentially if you go like, oh, what's the point of Gypsy Tales, like, doing the moto stuff? Bigger pie. Let's yep. just make more motocross. More motocross fans. Let's have more motocross gear companies. Let's have more motocross bikes to ride. Let's have more motocross tracks. Let's have more kids in motor. Like, just more. Let's just make the pie fucking way bigger. Every time you have an event like a moto land closing down or a Reedy Creek closing down, there's, it's like so easy for a kid, uh, for a kid's parents to be like, look man it's just too fucking hard like i'm gonna sell you bikes i'll get you a mountain bike you can play soccer like and then you lose a kid and then you lose that kid's kid and then you lose that kid's kid you know we're like it's it sounds hyperbolic in a sense to say it, but it's like we're fighting for every fucking member that we've got it's like we've got fight club like we've got motocross it's our own thing yeah, yeah, yeah. that you're allowed to talk about it you know and it's like we want members like that's how all of this shit happens is you know, that's how you get bigger racing that's how you get better racing it's, how, it's blah 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 like bigger fucking pie as soon as you get something that comes along that can make the pie bigger bro that's what we need so 
You nail it. I I I uh, had a conversation conversation with John Hines, current CEO of KTM, yeah. when they launched the 50SX e-bike. Yeah. Basically the same bike as the F50SX, and I said, so there's a kind of a chicken and egg to what you're talking about. I'm like, this is cool, but I'm not down with it. I just told them straight yeah. up. He's like, well, why is that? And this was that Red Bull Straight Rhythm when they they launched it, and Morris's kid was demoing it with another badass, a badass young 50 rider. They're they're hauling ass on it. I'm like. Well, I just bought a, a 50 gas bike for Mason, and those are way better. Like, technically, the 50 e-bikes, the way better than a gas 50 bike. Oh, really? Way better. Yeah. For every reason, we're talking yeah, for the, it's the same thing. Same thing. Yeah. But he's like, well, we're going to grow the sport with it. Well, well no, you're not, because the sport actually has to evolve also. He's like, we're going to get the parents from Laguna Beach, yeah. Newport. Now, I'm going to have people that live in California that are going to understand this one. Yeah. Say you sell a 50 e-bike to the parent in um laguna beach at three costa mesa three brothers ktm the track they're going to go ride is going to be paris raceway what's that mom with, takes that bike in the back of a range rover on a ballard's bike rack yeah yeah and shows up at paris raceway and sees the type of people that are there and sees the stray dogs and she tries to use the restroom and there's shit yeah over. yeah yeah are we, gonna, are, are we gonna retain that customer yeah no our, our community needs to do better yeah and actually now, as and I'm going to retract it, since I've moved here, someone's taken over Paris Raceway and cleaned it up. Yeah, yeah. So our sport... But I mean, that's a sentiment. Like, yeah. that is a general kind of sentiment that you can, like, you could... That, it's like saying Cholo. Like, you, an image of a Cholo comes to mind when you say a Cholo. Yeah, so, like, like our, our sport needs to catch up to the tech. Yeah. To involve, you know, to let yeah, new, yeah, new, yeah. new customers... Um, you have a, a, a comforting entry into the sport right yeah. and and i think that the electric bikes will start ktm has produced a great piece of equipment to allow a kid to learn at the right tempo they can have math i mean it's the same experience yeah, same we had yeah. it's, it's it's identical like good traction good feedback like it's that it's yeah. a mini varg they've done it um and I think there's going to be a 65. There's going to be an 85. Is that how you think KTM will do it? I think They'll they will. They'll just like go up in the... I think they will. I think they oh, will. That's fucking stupid. <laughs> they need to make a bark. I, I think they... Wait, I think th they... How far behind is everybody else? Like... Um, when you talk about just adjust chain adjusters and you talk about foot peg pins, like in, in cotter keys, you know, like they're what Stark has done with the smallest things that we're just used to. Yeah, so, yeah. That was uh yeah everyone's pretty okay maybe they're not far behind because they've been developing it maybe they're not but what would you how oh man imagine the engineers that have been working on something that they thought was really good yeah well they had like the free ride electric yeah so that that's kind of like the I super guess. mini it was like a super mini size yeah yeah I never I never rode one just like yeah. we, we talked about earlier I've never rode an Alta I watched Kiefer and the media guys develop and he'll develop the Alta. And I never wrote it. Never had a. There was demos to write it. Didn't even care. Cause why would I want to ride an ill handling? Because it had the forks that I didn't want on a KTM. <laughs> that were four CS. They were they were tapped out with tech. I didn't want those forks on my bike, so I knew they were going to be crappy on that bike. It was slower than the KTM 150, so that's not fun because it's not going to feel like a 150. It's going to be a vacuum. So. Yeah, the the they have to produce something that's going to be comparable to a Varg. If they don't think they have that, all the millions of dollars in development is just pointless. Pointless. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. 
Yeah, like, I, th- I just think they're so far behind. And that's that's the... I mean, we're making a whole video on it at the moment. That's the genius of... It was the genius of Tesla. And now it's the same genius of Anton and Stark, right? The reason why we all drive Teslas... Not because of sustainability. No one gives a fuck. They are so sick. They're the <laughs> sickest car you could ever drive in the world it's fucking insane have you ever driven one i haven't ridiculous you get in a car it's the same thing with the fuck you get in a car again and then you just go what a piece of shit (laughs) (laughs) why the fuck would anybody drive one of these things when you've got one of those things yep like but the mission of elon musk is to have sustainability to move away from fossil fuels move into a renewable energy source right no one was going to buy a Tesla and no one did buy the Tesla until they were the best car that you could possibly buy. Now everyone wants a Tesla. The dude, Nathan, that I borrowed his, uh, so I borrowed one to shoot that uh, content. Yep. And he's a fucking, uh, a tow truck driver and it's his missus car and he's got like all these dope, he's had Lambos and he's had all this shit and he's like, mate, my wife said she wanted one and I got her one against my will and I drove it and went, what the fuck in spaceship's name am I currently yep. sitting in? So that's pretty much what, what Stark did with their Varg. They yep. just copy and paste. It worked. It worked on yeah. Tesla. They changed the way that you drive a car. And now these guys have changed the way that you ride a, bu- a bike and everything's better. Like you said, the chain adjuster, the foot pegs, the triple clamps, the seat is like almost as long as the bike itself. Yeah. That was crazy. Just yeah, to they, the they way really... that you like the, you don't like have a big dip because of a fuel tank. It's just like real level and it makes sitting in the right spot that much easier like easy you know like brainless almost you know? i just can't believe they kept it so secret dude me neither i had no I, I, idea I, I asked sebastian tortelli i said hey how good was the first time you wrote it like yeah. was it like 40 percent this good or was it like really bad and you've had to work he's like dude it was like 80 percent yeah. here yeah. like no way he's like yeah it was not that far off this i'm like that's even more impressive like you know they have they have one of the engineers from KTM there, KTM there, and um, you can see a lot of influence like swing arm design and stuff. But then he, you can also see like where they like he got to be free, yeah. Like that engineer got to be free and do what he wanted, and yeah, it's it's gonna be. Uh, I can't wait to get uh, to get the ones here. Um, you yeah. know, I think they've got the right people uh, represent them here with Jeff Leask. I mean. Yeah. The guy that made KTM what it is in Australia is now brand manager of uh, Stark Australia. Um, there's dealers everywhere from what I like, not everywhere. It's but the second biggest dealer network in the world. Yeah. Australia. It's crazy. Eh? It's wild. So it's going to be good. I see in the pocket of interest, like they, they disclose, you know, to, to kind of like what they shared with us in the world of what their business is, is it cool? Like we don't, other OEMs yeah. don't share yeah. with like their plans, what they want to do. Being, That's another cool thing. You yeah, are right. They, they gave us like, here's how many people order bikes and here's what we're thinking. And here's unfo- where from. And here, unfortunately we had to up the price, you know, $800 or whatever it was because demand, we had to scale our manufacturing facility like a hundred times because of the interest and they're just not arrogant. Not that other, other OEMs are arrogant, but you just don't have, we never thought we'd meet the 
founders of an OEM again. Yeah, you yeah, know, like yeah. you don't know Mr. That's a big deal, man. We don't know Mr. J- Mr. Kawasaki. Yeah. We don't know Mr. Yamaha. Yeah. I mean, there is, and that's why KTM is so great because it's a younger. They were sort of that, yes, but not all the way. Yeah. And, and, um, they made a comment to me and I'm, I don't hope Anton doesn't get pissed. I said, Oh, the 50, 50 SX is cool. The e-bike. He's like, no, it's not. I'm like, yeah, it's pretty cool. He's like, nah, he's like, they just took electric motor, put it in the chassis. I'm like, I'm like, Oh, touche. Like, like he's like, they didn't, they didn't do anything to make it unique in its own. I'm like, yeah, I, I, I see where you're coming from because his brain is all, it's all or nothing. Yeah. And, and they had the tech at KTM just to implement that in there. And it it was, that's all they did. So he doesn't want to do things the norm. And I, I do think the, the sky's the limit for new riders, um, and, and, and people that wouldn't normally ride, riding and like you said i don't have a tesla but i don't hate on teslas because i can appreciate the tech yeah yeah oh dude you gotta drive one it's yeah fucking i can bullshit. appreciate the tech so it's gonna be cool man we're i think our our industry's in for one hell of a ride yeah well even uh i was thinking about just how fun it would be to have two and go with my dad but my dad ain't riding motocross tracks these days it's just fucking too hard you know but if i can give him a 125 speed stark varg with dope suspension and handbrakes that's just like his giant e-bike that he rides then maybe my dad's coming to qmp on thursday mornings and doing some laps and not having to fuck with anything not getting whiskey throttle yeah and just not having like just like a big bike with like because what what am i going to give him my 350 things are fucking 60 horsepower like you know what i mean and then you got all the different shit going on and you nailed it like i like when you didn't touch on that is say my if my wife were to be into riding which she's not for sure man she can ride that at 125 or 110 speed yeah yeah, and it's, it's still a big bike. Still, she's a, not yeah. like not a monkey on a on a yeah. on a one ten. You know, yeah. you're not taking a one ten or a one thirty. That's a jalopy. So like you have two, you have as many bikes as you, as, as soon as you're big enough to ride a twenty one inch, nineteen inch rear wheel. You've got as many bikes. as You, you got want. as many bikes as you want, as far as power. Well, think about going and doing a club day and doing like the one two five class. <laughs> How are we going to manage? That's the question I get asked a lot. How yeah. are they going to monitor manage? Like I, you could, is, is, I, I think you, that what they need to do is you have maps that are downloadable from Stark and then Stark send those maps to like all of the governing bodies. Yep. Like, all right, here's the well, fuck. What's it even called in Australia? MA. MA. <laughs> Rules. Rules. <laughs> fucking hell um ma goes righto these are the stark sends it to ma they send it to ama they send it to fmf they go this is a comparable 450 map but then you're just like it's fucking lame bro like yeah i got the sick bike like that's what you know what i mean that's what that's yeah you're gonna get it's gonna be hard because like you look at star racing yamaha no one can say to them but, I mean, you've got bore and stroke, so there's, like, measurements that they can work within. But are they not cheating? They've got the best bike. That That's where it becomes dicey. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, like where it like you start limiting knowledge. Like, um, in two, when I was running the KTM Orange Brigade, MX Sports wanted to force KTM, because we did an SXS KTM, SXS limited edition 50 and a limited edition 65 and 85 that was just off its dick and it was a pipe silencer 
Yeah. So it's a stock bike that's modded. Yep. Because we need to improve market share across those range. So we're like, well, let's put some fucking cool shit on it, make it better than the yeah. y- the Kawasaki, because the perception of KTM's mini bikes at the time that they weren't good because there was no mm, winning kids. Yeah. So the homologation rule was 150 bikes. All I gotta produce is 150. How nimble is how badass is KTM when in 2011 and 12 and 13 we allocated X amount of units to Ohio. Yeah. We had mechanics disassemble the bikes change it from Maxis to Dunlops, change from what the market thought perceived was better, put race tech billet shocks on the 50, certain conversions in the forks, like custom Nihilo covers on it, like made these bikes. Just ba- a race bike. A race bike. And then Yamaha and Cowie's losing market share at a rapid pace, right? So they're like, this is bull crap. They're making a, a production bike in one hand and then they're making a mod bike, same bike, same class. That's not cool. I can, yeah. I, I appreciate their, rules so mx sports is like hey you guys shouldn't be doing that like we can't do that you're you're getting rid of um your bit the cost of bikes are going up too high because people are bidding for these bikes yeah right so we you're actually hurting the sport and then the bikes are getting too fast because they're all modded out and it's dangerous so it, we're gonna make sure you say like it's best interest for you to just stick to the one bike and we'll, we're gonna do that and i remember the current ceo of KTM, um, John Hines, like I said it earlier, one thing that never, that always stuck with me as a big learning minute for me. And he goes, Tim Cotter, Kerry Joe, like yeah. MX Sports royalty. Hey, thank you for the feedback. But the, if you think the bikes are too expensive, that's, that's your, that's your opinion, but the market bears the cost. Yeah. Yeah. If we had bikes for sale still, then we could, you could argue that they're too expensive, but we're backordered like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The market something's feel, only worth what someone else will pay. Yep, the market bears the technology, and then yeah. you know, but but Yamaha was off the back. They didn't have a new eighty-five coming. They're you know Kawasaki's just getting blown out on the sixty-five. So you look at the line now; it's all orange, white, or red mm. gas. It's all Austrian eighty-fives. Yeah, it's all Austrian. No, Yamaha's done a good job with their sixty-five, but um. But that was in response to it all being sixty-five yeah, KTM's. Yeah, so like. KTM was quick and nimble enough in the North America to build these secondary bikes, but no one knew they were like that. We already had Husky Husky coming. Yeah, Husky yeah, was yeah. gonna be the stock bike, and then KTM was gonna be the mod uh, yeah, bike. Yeah, 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 so we yeah. were just kind of testing the testing the the model, you yeah, know, because yeah. Husky we they we, we've already at that time KTM had already purchased Husky, so, so we that were, was all just working in the background. Yeah, so we were like, you have the. KTM SXS and the KTM SX. The SXS was like the Loretta's bike. Yeah, yeah. And parents, yeah. some kids got DQ'd, unfortunately, because they tried to turn their SX into an SXS. Uh, but there was a certain VIN number series. Fuck, that's hectic, dude. So that's it, a lot for a 65. It, it, it's a lot of stress. It, it, that is. Like, a parent's like, oh, we got to have that. And uh, the reality was, like, the FMF pipe didn't make it that much better. It was just the perception that the kid had a faster bike. Like, yeah, yeah. think if you're on the line on your dad and your kid has a 65 SX and it's stock stalker. Yeah. Then the kid next to him's got like this works looking 65. You're like my kid ain't gonna beat that because that dad has more money. Yeah. So I can appreciate what MX was sports was saying and Yamaha was complaining about, but the reality was just a marketing move. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't. A- and, and the thing is, like, me and Anton talked about it on the podcast as well. There is space in the motocross world for like a $30,000 bike. I want it. 
Dude, look at Give it at, to me. There's $22,000 S-Works in Australia. That's exactly fucking right, bro. There's there's doctors that and like Derby just cuz of the whole Derby thing with Glenn like we get yep. so much information about that whole world now. You go to Derby in Tassie, which is the for people that don't know, just epic mountain bike trails. There's It's the Whistler of South Pacific. Yeah. And so there's doctors, accountants, lawyers, all these fucking rich dudes that they were buying cycle bikes and they were doing the cafe racer thing with their fucking twenty five thousand dollar S work specialized. But now they swing their dick around by buying a twenty five thousand dollar turbo levo with every there's people out there. It's like let's not this is what I love about Anton is like let's not just com- constantly have a race to the bottom who can make the cheapest bike who can make the cheapest this who can make the cheapest we don't need to Ch- play K- that game like- KTM changed the game with that yeah. the ready to race model yeah and but there's room to go you, even you, you, harder I agree like the, the market bears the price yeah so they're sold out of they're not sold out but they're done taking orders on, on, on Vargs yeah done oh really i think they're done at this particular time like it's hectic yeah so the market has, has put them at capacity don't quote me on that but yeah. I, I from my understanding they're not looking for sales yeah, yeah, yeah. like they're good they're good well i think if you're trying to find a factory edition ktm or a factory edition honda you're not going to find one yeah so the market's bared the price yeah bicycles is the perfect example like twenty two thousand dollars for a specialized leave it yeah like i yeah that's or 24 in new zealand yeah People are buying it, and there's they're back ordered a lot. Yeah, a lot of people are buying. It. It's so, not like they're selling two or three of them, and and then you just start attracting a different level of professionalism. Like, yeah, fan and a different level yeah. of participant into the sport. And I mean, fuck, call it what you will, but it's like there's there's definitely a reason to have like cheap options. If there was no cheap mountain bikes and there was only twenty five thousand dollars mountain bikes, that's a problem, right? But there it's a there's no real pain of like building it you know it's like build it and they will come so this whole concept of you know keeping this at a certain price like people complaining about there's people complaining about uh the price of vargs like oh well, well, fuck, well yeah don't buy one this isn't for you like yeah yeah you either got the money or you don't like i'm not buying a varg personally because i don't yeah i don't have it's my my second bike but there's plenty of motherfuckers that do mx store is a big machine they're buying two yeah 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 exactly i'm not not buying (laughs) one because it's not right they're expensive yeah i'm buying not buying one because i have another baby on the way (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. but again there's ten thousand plus fucking orders so there are people that do have that i guess i guess you could even going back to bicycles you know, I get to represent an amazing brand in Intense Cycles. There's a factory. There's a fro. I have one of their badass sniper fros. It's fourteen thousand dollars U.S. I mean, sorry, <laughs> Australian. Yeah. I bought one of those because I had to have it because it's like tie bolts. It's yeah, like it's yeah. it's called the fro for racing only. Yeah. It's a no motor. It's an XC bike. There's no motor on it. It's an acoustic. <laughs> yep, it's an acoustic. But then there's a sniper pro, and then there's a sniper expert yeah. and there's a frame yeah. there's three way four different ways to get into that bike yeah you don't have to just spend 15 grand like yeah my dumb ass you can get different levels so like there is room to yeah. play like yeah. I, I i feel the varg people what's gonna happen when guys take that motor and go i can do a better chassis Mm. Just take the power plant, put it in the chassis. Yeah, 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 it's, it's, it's gonna see. We're gonna see change. It's we're gonna see Ducati level, 
you know that's what i want yeah give it to me do cardio like i got the uh the new mx tech forks yep and they're just like fucking porn bro it's just straight up porn and then i opened up i was putting some shit away in the shed i didn't even notice that they sent me all tie bolts so like all my triple clamps all my uh, axle nuts and then all my plastic bolts and then my two shock bolts <clears throat> a full tie that's never right. had tie bolt on my bike in my life and i'm just like looking at it they're like i can get used to this that's pretty it, it, <laughs> because i'm just i i love my fucking bikes yeah you know? yeah, and it's like, yeah yeah what you said about that ducati thing it's like i want that yeah i even i want to start building those bikes like give just give me the best of every like let's make fucking art out of this shit you yeah, know like it's, why do we all get bogged down in the weeds of like oh fucking expensive oh it's, lot, lot. it's like can we just not enjoy this shit yeah it's it's interesting right like that you, we were talking a little bit up at Connordale um, about your MX Tech stuff, and I don't have that much experience with them, and I didn't even know they were out of the states. And it, forty-nine mil, very, super interesting to me because that's the outer diameter of the fork we're talking about. Because KTM is forty-eight. Yeah. The factory bikes run fifty-twos. Yeah. Do they still run fifty-twos? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, it's you know you can. They're gnarly. Yeah, but they're alloy alloy bottoms. Uh, okay. so they're actually two of their forks weigh one as much as your 49 yeah right it's a weight thing and then yeah. Yeah, I think there's political reasons they, why they still run them but like I think they have won't. you ever rode with them yeah I've had I've had factory bikes with them yeah I don't like them they're too rigid yeah that's what I hear from everybody because <laughs> JDR had a bunch of them yeah yeah and yeah they had a bunch left because you know if you have a choice I think a lot know, of guys run the just a like normal 48 cone valves yep yeah, and like Kenny, when Roxon was on KTM, he got them. He convinced them to let him run forty eights. Yeah, because he had the horsepower of winning and power. Yeah, but, yeah. But like they, it's not an option on those. Fa- on so the what fire. do you what do you reckon? Why are they married to fifty twos? I don't know exactly. I think it's tech. They have millions of dollars in technology invested in the project, and it's justifying people's jobs. So like, you get rid of a product, you have to get rid of a whole department. Hmm. You know, and then there's some sense of, you know, having a big dick when you have when you a, got those forks, when you have yeah. those forks. So um, I had a friend named Rob Vaughn from Huntington Beach that wanted to have Ducati treatment. Yeah. So he'd buy a KTM, create a factory bike. Donnie Emler's best friend. Yeah, see. And dude, he's he's a legend, right? And he goes, he's like, I fucking want 52s. I'm like, dude, they're not really available. He found 52s, got him on his bike, brought my friend Brian Davis, found a set. They had these, they had Red Bull, K- they built Red Bull KTM 450s. Yeah. They hated their bikes. Yeah, just too hard. Too, too firm, rigid. I had them try a production bike. They're like, fuck, this thing's, so much better than ours. I'm like, I told you, but your bike is cool. Yeah, yeah <laughs> like, it does. But like, they're meant for, they're meant for the the Cooper webs, the Plessingers, the guys that are smashing, smashing shit. Smashing shit. There's they run for a uh, solid bar mounts. I run the comfy PDHS yeah, yeah. KTM Power Parts mounts. Same. I want them to flex. <laughs> yeah. They don't run those because there's a chance of failure because there's little pieces in there. They crash in a turn. And those things break. The DNF like. Roger's like, nah, we ain't DNF in a race for a $120 bar mount. No, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll run billet freaking bar Let's mounts. Well, the fuck is <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I get it from a racing standpoint, but 52 is 48s. Uh, I would go 48s, but I can't wait to try your bike with 49s. Yeah. So, I reckon we should, because so now I've got the, the Husky has yep. the 48s with the inserts. Yep. So, they're called a uh, Blackjack insert. Um, and then uh, I have the 49s, which have the internals, yep. but in the new 49 mil 
um, like the outers, and then it's all got SKF seals through the whole thing, and then it's got a CNC machined um, the fork lugs on yep, the yep, bottom, yep. and then uh, then it's with the Luxon clamps that you which you yeah saw yeah yeah yeah, yeah yeah so I haven't even ridden it yet because I fucking hurt my wrist, so I still haven't ridden the bike. But Maddie really liked it, but he had big dramas with the auto clutch. He's just not a. I'm not. Clutch. I told you, and I'm not auto clutch yeah. guy. But like, I can put that aside for the for the feeling on the chassis. But I, I can appreciate it. Like I, I get the tech. It's just not for me. Yeah. Well, my ultimate goal has been to try and set it up like a Varg, but it's just been it's been hard to get it done. You're that hooked. Well, I just, just I want to do it for a project, <laughs> yeah, but like yeah. it makes that much sense to me. The thing with the 350 is you still got to change gears, so like yeah. you don't have it all the way. But um, the I actually wanted to say it before, but that was the biggest thing that I found when I rode the Varg is I'll just basically said in my head instantly you use the clutch too much. <laughs> like I was like, that's not a clutch, that's a crutch. Yep, you fucking and I noticed that. On the Varg, dude, my chin was hitting the fucking bar pad the whole time I was riding the bike wow. because I had to be every time yeah, I, could, could, could you would... there's no clutch. So that's what I figured out is I just fucking come out of a turn, sit up straight in the middle of the bike and then hold it on and go. So every time I'm fucking, the yeah, front yeah, starts yeah, coming yeah, yeah. up, I'm hitting the clutch. Yep. And then on the Varg, like you have to land and... Actually, that's one thing I was going to ask you. When you were landing, were you holding the thing wide open to land? Uh, not like I was getting it to, yes, I was on the throttle landing. Yeah. Because that made the biggest difference to that feeling you were talking about, that real dead feeling, yep. is like just hold the fucking thing wide open yep. and it took a lot of it away. Yeah, we landed off the gas. It's like, Koosh, like it sounded yeah. like the house was falling down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the, I noticed, and even in the footage, I'm like really... That's one thing, if you look at Sexton and those boys, their back is basically parallel to the seat, right? Yep. So that's like their default position. And when I ride, I'm like this. So it's just like literally, you can go fucking full golf and swing analysis on <laughs> yeah, technique, right? you know For what sure. I mean? Like with angles and different things like that. But as soon as I saw that footage of me riding the Stark, I had that flatter back because I'm off the clutch, which is what Sexton and those guys are doing. They're off the clutch and then they're, when they're on the throttle, all of the modulation of the front wheel and the power is done with their head being over the bar pad. So I've literally was finding myself like headbutting my fucking chin. Because you didn't have your crutch. Because I didn't have the clutch, right? Fly across the fucking world to Manji. First practice on a gas gas 450. And I was just like, cunt, you are so shit at motocross. Like, how are you this fucking shit? Oh, dude, that's so good. But it was just all just way too much clutch. Interesting, right? So that's why I wanted to build the 350 with the auto clutch. Yeah. I because mean, I, I would I, really I... love to practice using the bike more like a Varg in the sense with no clutch. I, dude, I, I think it's awesome. Like, I totally agree with you. I think I I tried slippers way back in the day, which yeah. is essentially the first gen of the auto clutch. Yeah, yeah. And just the pulsating in my finger, I, I was out. Yeah. I was out. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this shit. I'm out. But, dude, I, I, I love there's tech that we can do things to our own stuff yeah. that's so rad yeah well and, and that's not really i mean I, I might be weird in that sense that i just love fucking with my bikes i don't maybe that's as fun to me as riding that's part I, of it some people don't like it you know it's some people it's it's kind of like not their deal but um but yeah anyway i'd love to get you it'd be cool 
for you to ride those bikes back to back yeah and see both 350s well the 125 has the <laughs> yeah, 125 yeah I'll bring my 125 with this my 125s it's badass looking but it's got stock suspension oh my, so it's just do, fully stock yeah cause I'm like ah it's pretty good yeah 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 <laughs> like I did I have the fat head cylinder head and I yeah. run in good jetting and race fuel and a pipe and silencer so my, my it's tuned good like it's tuned but the chassis is still stock I got P3 carbon so I, I'd love to put my bike with your up against yeah, your 125 yeah, yeah, I bet yeah. you'd be I'm like almost don't want it and then I'm gonna dump a bunch of money and suspension work <laughs> for my 125 yeah well, uh, that that suspension is fucking pretty sick that's like rad. i've really enjoyed riding that's rad that. and i can just tell there's like little differences I, i'm all for if you've got the money I, I actually get asked this a lot from people that they're like is it worth the money yes well, if, if you it, have the money yes if you don't have the money it's not worth the no, money no, no. there's like so much shit that i like i want to buy a tesla is it worth the money? Yes. Do I have the money? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's my fucking decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good suspension. Do I have the money? Yes. Should I spend the money? Sure. <laughs> yeah, but why right. fucking not? Fifty five. That, that Fifty five hundred is, is a lot different than ninety five thousand. But that's that should be your Litman's test of should I buy good suspension? Yeah. Can you afford it? If you can, fucking oath. It to me, it makes me ride better. Is my laptop like how much better? Well, it sort of doesn't matter because That's, I ain't winning much anyway. But what I do feel is safety and I feel confident. That's and interesting. I feel that yeah. Because there's a lot of times on, especially the stock Air Forks and the KTM. I'm just, I never really liked it. Griff, you said the same thing, eh? When you come into ruts on the, on the stock Air Forks, you just feel like you got no feeling in the front wheel. Yeah. Yeah, that's so, just, uh, I so just can't and, feel and, the and fucking both, bike. And both my gas gases are stock Air Fork. And but like, you obviously know you they've got no, a but, feeling. But like if you were to tell me, is the forty eight cone valve better? I'm like, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. It's, yeah. it's better. But it, that air fork doesn't hold me back because I know what it doesn't do. Yeah. I know yeah. what it doesn't do. But like I'm just okay with what it doesn't do. But like I'm not telling you don't spend the money. Like yeah, you, I, I've yeah, never interpreted yeah, the yeah. way you said it, but yeah. like, yeah, I'm not gonna say don't go spend the money on of the WP conversion kit. I have yeah. one. I just got to put it in. Yeah. I've been too lazy <laughs> to put it in because I'm like, do I put it in my one, two, five? Do I put it in my four Four fifty probably. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. But I'm like, I just know what my bike's going to do or not do. Yeah. Whereas and, I feel like I don't. Yeah. Or like there's, or there's places. So like a good example, right? QMP, you got the, oh. <laughs> natural terrain yeah, yeah yeah it's off camber dude my my bike does not work that good so there. there's that left hander where you come down a uh, right hander where you come down the hill that is all right you can get away with that one so there's what i just hate the feeling of on the on the stock air fork is when you go down that next straightaway and then you got the single and then you land and you're kind of like landing turning and then going into that next like flat left hander there's just no nothing to lean on it's like I'm deaf and blind when it comes to feeling my front Dude, end. It's you you nailed it. Like that that track is tough. It feels like you don't have a good tire. What's that? It feels yeah. like you don't have a good <laughs> yeah, tire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cuz that fork's linear. It doesn't mm. have any like when you grab the brake, it's either on or off. It yeah. doesn't have like yeah. a, like a it doesn't come back at you. Yeah. Where like the conversion the air it's like it, you it's pushing against your fork. Mm. So like you you have pressing and then it 
goes. Yeah. And right? that's the feeling. That's the feeling. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's the feeling. So, like, it's I like, know. It's like it's there and then it's nothing's exactly there. Exactly. Right, because you get to that hard point and it goes. We're like. And that makes, as a vet <laughs> rider, like, as a guy that's not that good at motocross that rides once a week, I've that's how I did my AC joint, was just that front end oh, going. Dude. All my crashes in 2020 were just front nothing crashes just front ends going where because you just can't feel it's it feel like yeah. it's all feel like and and the levels that as you get so i think the argument with like a kit suspension sorry i'm fucking hijacking this <laughs> <You're fine. laughs> the argument with like buying good suspension is that it's like well you're not fast enough to have it it's That's like it's the good guys have it i would argue that the good guys can actually do better with stock suspension absolutely they've you, just got you, you can man- manipulate around it yeah and you've got so much more skill you've got so much more mm-hmm. awareness 100%. and you've got so much more like you've got data like the the amount of riding that you've done in your life the amount of our your, your personal riding hour meter compared to mine <laughs> yeah, yeah. would be fucking <laughs> yeah, yeah so far yeah, out yeah. of this world we're not even we don't even do the same thing so like i'm the guy that should get the best suspension mentor of mine look at yeah. him Dude, his brother's Ross Mayer yeah, from yeah, Enzo. Yeah. Don doesn't ride a bike without Kashima coated a Because he knows if he makes a mistake... It's got his back. It's got his back. Yeah. We're like, in a production bike, there's a limit. Yeah. And it's not for the bikes. People are like, oh, stiff, stiff. Well, the stiffer you go, the safer it is. Mm. Then there's that balance of, yeah. balance of comfort and traction, right? Yeah. But... Typically, my older brother who has a, he's has a paralysis from a BMX crash of all things. He loved always my supercross suspension because he was very weak on his one side. Because uh. so if the bike started wallowing, he was he would almost die or yeah. crash because he couldn't manage the bike. He'd like my old soupy stuff that was worn out. Because it just never it'd do that. Never wallow. It just yeah. oosh. And just kick him in the ass for the yeah, whole it time. Just, just, it just would just be firm. So yeah, like a hundred percent, like vet guys will appreciate yeah. good or not vet guys um even well you just don't have to be fast you don't have to be yeah. fast you actually need it more like you want a good suspensions for not having to think about it yes yeah there you and go then the, fast slow factory if you don't want to think about it we're like you get into riders sorry i'm not how no, 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 no. kenny roxon yeah his suspension is so soft mm. he almost lost his career because his bike bottomed out in the face of a triple and went over the bars he rides off feel. Mm. He manipulates the bike. He won't put it in positions that it shouldn't go. Then you have Chase Sexton, Eli Tomac, that they don't want that thing to do a certain thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They will jump into a hole. It just shouldn't do a thing. Yeah. It, but that f- bike's going to feel harsh. It's going to, you have to ride it at that percentage every time. Every lap. Every lap. Kenny, I'm out. Yeah, yeah. And when Kenny can get that bike to do things and he's on with it and we've seen it. Yeah. But the problem is the games change. Like, yeah, like yeah. we see him doing things that if it's not in that perfect world, if scenario, it's not in the pocket, he's out. Yeah. If yeah. it's not in that pocket. Yeah. Yep. Exactly right. So to your point, if you want to just trust in your bike, the firmer you can get it with that comfort and trust, the safer you're going to be. So yes, the good suspension is don't just buy the kit suspension in the box and think you're good. You got to get a good tuner, whether it's, mm, that's you know, also true. Like get someone that you trust. If they, if you see their name with a lot of guys using it, Enzo, Factory Connection, you know, but the local guy like Charlie Costanza here on the Gold Coast. Literally you, worked for Factory Connection yeah, yeah. for years. Like just go to the right guys yeah. and with your stuff, but don't buy it thinking the shiny shit's going to be good. You still yeah. have to tune it. Like yeah. Rick Gilmore, um, 
had a lot yeah, of insight. Shout out to Gilmore. Fucking killing Changed it. the game. Killing Pound it. it for Gilmore. Yeah, big dog. Dude, he is. <laughs> he's a G. Sunshine Ghost, very young. <laughs> you know, he is absolutely. He's Tomax. If you don't know Tomax, Tomax chassis. Yeah. yeah. And he did my Yamaha 450 for me when I was in the so States. Sick. Butter. Yeah. Like, it's. He's um, incredible. Well, and also, too, yeah, we should say that it's not like you have to buy, like, kit stuff either. You can get stock stuff really good as well. I think the, the, the function, stock stuff. Function. Yeah, function. But it has its limitations. Like, I don't think I could ever fully be down with the. We're, we're kind of that. like. We're Chromoly guys, like, chas- we're yeah, KTM yeah. group people guys. Yeah. We're, we're, I'm a gas guy. So you're on KTMs. Yamaha's. Come on, KYB, Varg guy, KYBs, you don't need to do much of those. No. Showa, you're good. KTM's function in production with the air fork, it has limitations. Yeah. But the KYB and Showa stuff, man, it's like factory stuff from a couple of years ago. You just need it tuned right. Just go to the right tuner. I get a lot of people DMing me asking about how they, who they should go to. If you see a a lot of people using that stuff. That's probably, probably the guy. Probably the guy. But as far as the Gold Coast goes, Charlie Costanzo is Charlie probably, Costanza like is probably one of the to. best, yeah. I would say. There's just not many people that have had the experience that he's had. Yeah, he's he's got... He doesn't do it because it's shiny or because he yeah. wants to look cool. His shop might not be the coolest shop, but Charlie Costanzo on the Gold Coast is amazing. Just like Ross's at yeah. Enzo. People yeah. think Enzo Racing because it's a clean logo, got style. Dude, it's a small little shop in Santa Ana, California that has millions of dollars of tech that comes yeah. through that brain of Ross and, yeah. and you know his his crew there so yeah just get the right people they yeah. have data data yeah they have data trust the data yeah I think too the importance as well while we're just like full suspension chatting um, is just fucking sag man <laughs> like Balance. how many people Balance. don't understand like even Maddie. so Matty rode he ended up riding my 350 I hurt my wrist um and he said oh the forks feel like harsh initially and i was like they probably do but also we didn't do the sag and you could visibly see the bike was, it was low in the back so, so that's it started like deflecting just, yeah it's just making the the front do weird shit so yep. it's like just that balance you want your initial plushness don't soften your forks up check that your balance is right so there's just so many like little things that you can do yep. but yeah as far as you know I'm, i mean i'm lucky i guess with the mx tech guys helping out but for me i was just like fucking let's get these 49s in this bad boy yeah. <laughs> let's sex this bitch up. i'm anxious to ride it man it should <laughs> It'd be, be really good. cool to get you yeah back. i would love to ride it to see i'm gonna ride uh the model year 23 ktms for the first time next week oh where's that at uh at connordale get to go back to connordale again oh fucking i haven't got an invite <laughs> How's that? Breaking news. No I, invite. Oh, Fucking man. Off that. What day is it? Oh, I think it's Thursday, Friday next week. I'm just literally going to fucking rock up. Oh, wait, yeah. Honestly, Griff, should we literally <laughs> just rock up and be like, I didn't get my invite, oh, but I'll be that's here. awesome. I um, actually want to get a 23 KTM. I'm going to do a KTM and then Husky, Husky back-to-back days. Oh, so it's the next day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. How good is that 300 looked up? Dude, pretty, I was actually going to ask you about that. It looks cool. Like a production SX300. Dude, it looks fuck. It sounds insane. Actually, can you pull up the video of that? Just the fucking sound. Um, the other thing too. So Jed fully did the motor on the 350. So, so you know what? Sorry, 350 gas gas this year. They make it in oh, production. Oh, they are doing one? I'm hoping I can. Are you going to get back? I'm, I want to get back on the 350. Do you still, would you still say 350 is like For your me, favorite best? bike. Okay. And like, hands down, like I've learned to ride the 450 better. Yep. Um, but like, take Coolum in the sand. Man, four laps in, I'm like, 
Oh, it's crazy, Betsy. Hey. Oh, Betsy. Because then you start over-revving it because it takes talent to, to be a low RPM. Yeah. And you start over-revving it. Then you're like asked back and forth because you're running out of talent. Where the 350, you can still run the high R's or yeah. whatever. But I'm, I'm hoping that I can... Um, convince Rosie to hook me up with a 350 if not I'm I'll just buy one like yeah. I'm I'm I love that bike like I absolutely love the 350s and I love the versatility of it I don't need I'm not looking to go drag race up anyone up to Wimba or Mount St. Helens like yeah. I just want to have fun every time I ride from like the the 450 at our local tracks is too much yeah our local tracks here are Paris or your local any local track a 450 is too much power yeah sorry well, I noticed, so I spent, my 350's been down for ages, like yep. doing the build on it. We did the build in a week, but I basically have had it apart for like fucking two months. So, uh, but Dude, I, I Your rode, dad crushed it with his, his, oh, his Cerakote skills. The Was he a painter back favorite. in the day? Was he a painter? No, nah, he's just fucking, I should actually airdrop you this group, the photos, just to show the people. Show the people. Yeah, it's um, you did a good job, man. Like it's you, people can do too much to those things in the builds, um, but you really did a good job of just less is more. Yeah, I appreciate that. Eh? I'll try and I'm gonna airdrop Griffin. The throwback, the throwback uh, graphics, and then I love the the coated Brembos and the the overlay of highlighting the Brembo logo, and yeah, you you nailed it, dude. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So we, while you're looking for that, I when I got to race Red Bull Straight Rhythm as an alternate, um, because Reedy got hurt, so I was there just as an alternate. Oh, uh, was there? I, I built my that was a 300. Oh really? Yeah, like that was a 300. Like one of the kits they had, so I built out my garage. Like just when I say built it, I put a top half on it. Like a, yeah, right. So like I love the 300 man. Like it's but I've obviously not rode the the new one. Um, but wow. Oh, so yeah, so you would have rode. Uh, you essentially rode a 2023, but not. <laughs> no, but it'll be way better than my bike. I believe they'll have it tuned right. It is. This is. I've never. This is why I'm so excited to ride model year 23 KTM group bikes. I have nothing. You got nothing to do with it. Nothing. Yeah. So like, it's like, man, they're gonna tell me how bad I was at my job. Like, yeah. like obviously, there's so many great people, but I don't know what the specs are. What it is like, I never rode any part of those 450s. Nothing. So is it feel? Fuel injected? fuel injected yeah, yeah. see so yeah it's have you got video up and i can tell you the first fuel injected two-stroke i rode was not not good 
not for a mo- motocross. Uh, and I've not heard yeah, the same. I've yeah, not heard yeah. the same for this thing. This yeah. thing sounds badass. So go up, Griff. Um, what's the video that was? Yeah, that one there. Just like watch the vital. Shout out to vital. Don't play. Oh, is there any? Is this talking? Oh, Dude. Jacob Hayes. It was badass when he was fat, younger, dude. Yeah. There is like a video, Jeff Walker. Maybe it's Verb Moto. Yeah, Verb had um. They had. They had Jeff Walker on it. I'm pretty sure. Oh, no, who did they? I think so. No, Can't no. Uh, who they had? I've, he was ripping. Oh yeah, here you go. Whoever this is. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah, that's Jeff Walker there. Turn that sound up. <laughs> Look at him go. How's the over-rev it sounds like it has? Oh, dude, that... Obviously, that chassis is pretty good. He smashed into that wall, didn't, like, high-side him off. Nasty scrub. What is up with that sound? Shit sounds whack. I just... Yeah. It sounds crazy. Have you listened to, like, the videos Yeah, it, it doesn't sound like the early on... Uh, KTM two strokes EFI were like a they're like a vacuum yeah. this is not clearly does not sound like a vacuum <laughs> yeah, yeah. so that that's so, I mean dude yeah we talk you I know mean, I'm obviously super fan of the Varg but then like these guys are still developing two strokes like mm. you have two ends of the spectrum well, gas premix electric and w- there's something for everyone man let's all yeah. play yeah oh I agree it's so good. It's so good. Like I, I, I can't wait to to give these things a try to see. You know, there's been a lot of racing comments on chassis. Yeah. I don't think they deliver a bike that was garbage. Mm-hmm. Like I think that there's a. I think in AMA motocross, when it comes to the KTM group, there's been a spiraling out of control. Riders going through seasons of life. Mm-hmm. Riders coming off injuries team stuff team stuff yeah and it all points to like easy to point the finger at like late getting product late getting this mm. not comfortable with this but like i i just don't see them del- del- developing a bike that went backwards like yeah all like that far, that far back. i don't i just don't see it like yeah. you know and then you have i, I just I, i'm not saying it didn't you, you they gotta, haven't missed some stuff or it's not gonna get better i i just don't see um you know, and Ryan Morris develops these bikes alongside the R and D group. Like they reference, like I just don't see him getting so far yeah. sideways to where, like, I mean, you look at Cooper Webb, and he's got, he's got, uh, he's, his, you know, his wife's pregnant. Seasons of life, his season of life is different. He had this trainer. Yeah, there's so much going on. There. L- let's look at this, dude. I talked to Burner about something on the phone. He's probably not the biggest fan of the KTM group. Yeah. Cooper gets second or third the first round, and then he gets clipped. Then Cooper sees in spirals. Yeah. Like a little bit. So it's the trainer's fault that he didn't win the first round, the bike. like Also, I th- the guys won you two Supercross championships. Yeah. Like, like I, I don't get, like, there's so much internal stuff. And then as soon as it leaks, as soon as Cooper's not doing good, and then Plessinger's not doing good, and then... It just spirals, and then yeah. you know you, you Husqvarna. I mean, Dino's not he's not been in the mental space to perform like he's wanted. And again, a lot of team stuff going yeah. on behind the scenes. Yeah, you have you have Scuba leaving, 
you know Knight Ramsey stepping in you there's just so much dynamic going back to the bike I just don't see the bike being that bad like Mm. I don't hear it from consumers across the you know I don't hear it from test guys well that's the thing like I was watching uh Kiefer's video on the 2023 Kiefer knows what's up dude yeah he's not gonna like he doesn't need to say that something's good if it isn't good because I want to buy a new 350 as well and I was like fuck be pretty sick to see what this new things all about he's like yeah this is better like it's a it's a better like it's so did like you your kn- old 350 but it's a little bit better did you know that the bottom ends and all the model year 23s are the same even the 450 oh no I didn't so know that. like in years before 22 and beyond and, and earlier the bottom cradle was the only thing different so the bottom motor mounts were the only thing different because the 450s the 450 450 and two strokes cradle where they mount the motor um the motor bottom end was different the new 23450 bottom end is the same bottom end as the 250. Wow. So they can it. use the same chassis. So that's where it could affect a little bit because you have a, a 450 has more of a square like the current one I'm riding from Gas Gas, the 22. It's more of a bigger bottom end where they've gone to like a smaller bottom end. So uh. the trajectory. So like, but they they've had this been they've been developing this since 2020 yeah like this has not been yeah but i mean fuck like it's hard <laughs> just in it's hard yeah, to do. yeah. You look at look at what's happening right now in formula one oh, you got mercedes, oh my gosh I'm, you know? a, I'm a formula one like like very like top level like enjoy it and yeah the porpoising and all yeah. that <laughs> yeah right and look at even let's go back honda 2009 yeah backwards was it nine or eight they went Honda goes backwards for two years before they go forwards. Yeah. They start KTM Dude, goes from from like 09 that like 10 11 12 was yeah. that's still pretty good, but yep. it wasn't I think the chassis was alright, the yep. motor probably wasn't yep. the best. And then you go 14 15 16 was like the shittest 450 of all fucking time. That oh, bike sucks. And then you start to get then it gets a little bit like it it happens. It's hard to make a, yeah, man. A, a, a new motorcycle yeah. good. And you look at Cowie right now is still running the 0809 CRF frame, basically, Absolutely. from Honda. Absolutely. And then... There's just a window. There is. And you have to go backwards to go forwards a little bit, right? So, yeah. James Stewart, Yamaha L&M Racing. Yeah. Yamaha. Shit timing. Then they go to the new bike. Yeah. Dude, that's JGR Yamaha. Yeah. Talk about the biggest, like... That thing was terrible. That bike, James Stewart, James Stewart single-handedly killed Yamaha 450 sales for years. Years. Then all of a sudden, Star Racing, it, it still sucked until two years ago. The Yamaha 450 still sucked in the eyes of the perception of the Since community. Since 09 yes, to 2022, ten-year decade that it was a yep. pile of dra- crap. And then yep. I got on it. Sort of, it was winning shootouts. Then I got on it, and I'm like. Why do people hate this thing? Yeah. Like I bought one after yeah. I left KT. I'm like, yeah. why do people hate this? I tested for KYB. I'm like, this thing's one of the best 450s I've ever had. Maybe I'm tripping. Maybe I'm tripping. Yeah. Nah. Maybe you're just salty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'm just salty. I just hit a plateau at KTM. Yeah. No, man. Like, and look at, oh, Eli's And then winning. you look at Craig Jack, Roman Fevra. Like, I think CDR is a prime example. Yeah. An elite program that's always done right by the bike. Yeah, well, they've always just, they've had the freedom to just, like, make the bike good. Yep. They haven't had the biggest budget. Like, they've got the biggest budget in Australia. Yep. But as as far as... Compared to, to AMA or whatever. Yeah, not the biggest budget. So they've got to make smart decisions. Yep. 
within a certain budget, but you also can make a bike like good. You do have room. Yeah, so you asked about 52 millimeter clamps. They don't run them. Or or 52 millimeter uh, forks. The factory Yamaha team, when it was ran in-house by, uh, they would justify people's jobs. Well, we need a machinist. So if he's not machining anything. Yeah, yeah, we don't need a machinist. We We can't fire him. We can't fire him. So they're making billet clamps and this and this and this and justifying this guy's data and, and... Dude, now you look at it, times have changed. Justin Cooper's bike, they've stars stripped that back to cast clamp stock. Yeah. His bike's all stock. And then you got, you know, Levi Kitchen's bike, it's all billet parts because, like, they're like, what he wants. wants." So, yeah, yeah, it's times have changed, but I don't feel that any company besides Suzuki's delivering because they're just not delivering anything. Yeah. Like, these guys aren't delivering bad product. And then Husky, KTM, you have. Anderson that wasn't performing just because he's in a funk. Yeah, goes to Cowie and is, even though he didn't win the series, best season of his career in Supercross, hands yeah. down. Like as far on, as race on, win goes, race yeah. wins goes on a on a Cowie. Yeah, but then which is an 08 Honda, and then <laughs> with you a have clutch. but then you have Tomac who leaves on a Cowie and goes and wins on a Yamaha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I, I'm interested to see what. Bottom line is, I'm anxious to. I'm not. I'm really excited to ride the bikes. Yeah. And very confident to feel like there's things that I know what I don't like about the 22s. Yeah. You spent so much time, time on yeah. that. I'm like, I wonder if they fixed those nuances. Like. Yeah. And in, in in those things that I don't like, and if they did, like I'm gonna be even a bigger fan of the of the of the brands. And if they didn't, then, well, I can work on some aftermarket parts to fix those problems. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, yeah, I think it just goes back to, you can see that Mercedes can get it wrong. You know, Dude, Ferrari. Sorry. Can get, so it's yes. like, no, no, no. Yeah, I just, it happens, you know, it just, yeah. it does. It's hard to make. You're running at the razor edge all the time and you're constantly just trying for just the smallest, like these marginal gains. And, you know, it's this whole package that has to kind of come together. And and if Mercedes can get it wrong at F1, then Roger DeCosta <laughs> yeah, can also yeah. get it. Absolutely. You know I mean? People are human. Yeah, yeah. Fucking earth, for yep. sure. So Absolutely. I think, too, there's a there's a bigger combo as well with KTM. Uh, maybe this isn't what I'm getting a fucking invite <laughs> to, <laughs> to the right day. But there's a bigger thing going on where at one point, the entire focus of KTM was winning motocross and supercross championships. Mm. That's all they gave a fuck about. That's all they wanted to do. And then, so that if you look at the trajectory of KTM as a brand, they started winning in off-road. They started making great trail bikes. They made these funky two strokes. They started winning everything. They won Erzberg. They won. That's where the, they, that's their little niche. That's the corner that they carved out for themselves. And then they said, well, we want to start winning motocross. So then 03, 04, you've got Coppins, you've got Townley, you've got these guys, Joel Smets, and you've got, yeah. So then you've got Tyler Rattray, you've got all these, that Grant Langston, that Mm -hmm. 03 period was KTM going all in on motocross. And then they fucking won. They went all in and then they won until they won. And then they said, now we need to win supercross. And then what did they do? Hired they went- <laughs> And Nathan Ramsey. Yeah, yeah. And Michael Essie. Yeah, yeah. And Mike's leader. <laughs> oh, no. I was uh, there. I was there like, I was the guy on the team that swept, got the mud off the track of testing. <laughs> I was, no. I, dude, real quick. 
I was so not all part of that team that I remember Jerry Mallet would make me cut the Red Bull out of my test bike because I wasn't allowed to have a Red Bull. <laughs> <laughs> like I feel I would go and test bikes and, and he's like, hey man, can you make sure that Sleater cuts the Red Bull out of the shrouds? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I fucking love it. That's rad though. Like how rad that you just aren't good enough to run a sticker. <laughs> I love it. So then they go and then they win Supercross championships and then they become the team. What do they want to win now? Oh, dude, MotoGP. They don't give a fuck. Is that like, so let's just live in a universe for five seconds where... Resource. They don't give a fuck. They've already won. Not that maybe they don't give a fuck is too harsh of a word to say. Okay, let's let's forget about MotoGP. Dakar. They're in that world. And then they win, what, 10 in a row? And then now, right around the time where the Supercross team's starting to struggle a little bit... The rally team's not doing so great either. They grenaded almost every single one of their new 450s motors that they developed for Dakar this year. So you're seeing this like downward trend now in the factory efforts of KTM just globally in motocross and supercross. They're not going to win. They wouldn't if Jeff was in the world championship. They still would probably win that. But they're probably but not going to win. But that's a big if with him. How many champions? Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Well, there's five he lost and there's five that he that he won. <laughs> they had a 50% chance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so if you look at the trend of KTM off-road, it's going down massively in terms of like the racing, like the pinnacle racing. Yeah. There's... And then they're spending so much money in MotoGP. So KTM as a manufacturer... If this is my own fucking hypothesis, take it for what it is. But KTM as a manufacturer said, we want to win here. We want to win here. Orange Brigade, like Leesky as well, like the 65 Cup. Like KTM has like seen a space where they weren't dominant. And then they went all in with all their chips until they were dominant. And then they've just moved their chips around. So they've been playing this game of like all in move their chips all in move their chips all and now they just don't care about motocross and supercross in the state like the chips have been moved so now you go into this phase where you've gone from like that all in phase to now just like now here's a bit of the budget that tries to keep this going so it's like they're they're in a maintenance phase so i i really think that what we're seeing in 2022 with ktm is really bad timing of the talent on the bike relationships with the people at ktm so you've got talent problems with management and then you've all got all of this and a new bike being released at this same time and then you've got all of this as the budget is being kind of into the moto gp stuff so that's my like grand conspiracy so i i we, I, we that's don't why know. I didn't get an invite to that. <laughs> so no, so we don't know. I, I would say there's a lot to what you're saying. What's speculation? Break apart my argument. So in motocross, amateur racing, yeah, they should have Danger Boy Deegan. They let him go. In my, they were never going to keep him. No, but but I'm saying they should have fought harder. Yeah, like, I, like I, 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 don't, I don't know. Go back to 18 months ago. When I sat here. I I was they monster had him. Yeah, monster had him. But they're not develop. They're not evolving with. Roger is old. Yes. Roger's old. Real old. Let's 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 just stay, leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. Great uh, guy. Real old. Very smart. Yes. Old. Old. <laughs> slow, slow moving, same ways. 
I will be the same as him <laughs> yes. when I'm that old. Yeah, probably no, I, no, actually, way dumber. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably way a, I won't be the same yeah. as Roger because Roger yeah. is is the man still. He's still like chicks still want to hang out with Roger. But the, now he's the old man. But his ways have not evolved, mm. and they have the Baker's factory, but they don't have the Star Factory. Mm. Star Eyes and Star Yamaha. Yeah, they're more aggressive of finding guys, switching guys, getting through guys. Mitch Payton and Roger are like the same era of management. Yeah, right. Mitch already had this Alden Baker program or Star program before everyone. That's why when we grew up, it was just pro circuit. Yeah, PC. Right? Yeah, every day at Glen Helen Thursday, they just practiced, tested together, tested together. As Roger and let's not even use people. As t- p- businesses get older, they they slow down. Sometimes they the heartbeat slows down, which mm. would be Mitch and Roger in these cases. And the I mean Bones isn't there was Mitch and Bones, Mitch and Bones testing developing. Yeah, at, yeah, at, yeah. Mitch, Bones ain't at Pro Circuit no more. I don't even know who their chassis guy is. He's obviously killing it because Shimoda's hauling it, yeah. hauling butt. But that accountability, that aura around that team. Yeah. Right now, you got the the management of stars under forty. Look at the yeah, true. They're under forty, you know. Yeah, you know, you got you got a hungry bunch of dudes that idolize Mitch and Rogers that want to knock them off the top. Yeah, right. And how how can we expect Roger and Mitch to want to stay up night, do what they do, have the same energy and passion? That's like a big ask. Massive so, man. So and like, if the doors <laughs> closed and like those people are like holding on to that level still, yeah, then where do you like go? Like Jeremy Croker who's manages a star 450 yeah. team and he then seems like a g he's um he's an absolute legend he has done a complete life change he was probably 200 pounds growing growing up his whole life chubby little guy he's done a complete lifestyle change changes diet fitness you look at him now he's like yeah fully, he looks like an athlete it looks like an athlete and he absolutely is leading that program he was a practice mechanic at twirly from the og like lived and breathed this this sport and just idolize what these guys did. Now he's working with Brad Hoffman, who's kind of had the fuck you, fuck the world type attitude building these engines. And like they were the redhead stepchild. Yeah. And look at look, all these guys have duck dynasty beards and they want to win at yeah. all costs. And Bobby Reagan, the fearless leader is like, yeah, that's what we do. Unfortunately, they're going to go through it'll uh, the same season. Yeah. Will happen. Yeah. But I think what I said, they're going to go through riders. Like they had Cooper, and Jeremy Martin, who started this in like um, Keith Johnson, um, Isaiah Johnson, dude. If you look at the guys that rode for Star back in the day, Star's Before, been around yeah, yeah, a yeah, long yeah. time. Yes. Star isn't just five years old or yeah. ten dude, years Deegan old. Deegan sponsored him. Yeah, Remember it was like yeah. all metal militia. Yeah, first well, time I ever saw Jeremy Martin ride, he was in a metal militia hoodie at Parlor in summer, black hoodie, and he just was like metal militia out. Yeah, I was yeah. like, who the <laughs> fuck is this? Right, right. So like they. Have, this has been a work in progress. Like yeah. that 250F landed. And yeah, a bit of luck there. They got kind of the best buy. Yeah, but Jeremy Martin was coming through no matter what on the star bike. You have Cooper Webb who was coming through. They started stacking things up. Yeah. But you're going to watch now that, you know, the laughing joke on our industry is they've had like 30 guys on their team. You Dude, they stack them up and they're going to feed them throughout. Mm. They're going to just drop them out. Like LeBlanc, he ain't staying. Yeah, yeah. He ain't performing. Yeah. Romano? Man, I'm on the fence too. There's a lot of really good guys, but I put Romano, Tyler, Taylor, um, Romano. This um, is a way bigger combo. Oh, yeah, well, let's okay. go Anyways, this. No, yeah, no, yeah. So yeah, there's there's a group of these amateurs. They've everyone's like, I gotta get the guy. I gotta get the guy. Taylor, um, Talon Hawkins. 
great kid, epic family. He ain't got it. Yeah. He ain't got it. You don't get 20 or something at a national year pro debut on a factory bike. Ryder D, he's got it. Yeah, yeah, he's there. He's got it. Yeah. He's in. Like, he showed, he he almost got a whole shot. You got to show some potential on that main stage, right? Yeah, yeah. You see, um, I hate to say it, Max Volan, that factory Red Bull KTM ride could have killed his career. Mm. The Rogers program is uh, so refined, so good. Shane Best, ever heard of him? Mm. Ben Riddle. Name the guys that have gone through that factory program with Roger DeCoster because just didn't work for didn't work for when you ride for Roger or Mitch, it's either uh, a cash ticket to the bank, yeah, or a career ender. Because if you don't perform for them, yeah, you won't perform for anyone. It, but there's so much like rigidity in those programs, and uh, you can even see it with <clears throat> like with Coop. Why can't the guy who's won two Supercross championships not decide where he wants to train? And how he wants to do it. Like, why is that a thing? Why Why is he being told exactly where he... At? Like, here's the box. You're telling the best guy in the world, one of, that's won you two Supercross championships, that you have to go somewhere. And pay him. Well, you, no, I, I think that's changed. Yeah, just now. Yeah, because yeah, this yeah, whole thing. Yeah. So people don't know before... That's not come from me. It's come from you. Yeah. <laughs> people, when you rode for... Red Bull KTM or yeah. a, or the KTM well, group. Well, still be some people that'd be paying. Yeah. I'm so sure. you here's your salary of one hundred dollars a year. We know they made way more than that. Yeah. But you have to contribute X amount to pay for your trainers. Yeah. That's how backwards our sport is at times. Tom Brady but, does not pay for you his trainers. Get the words yeah. out of my mouth. Football. Yeah. You go to a football team for they the go to gym for yeah. the for the offensive line coach or the defense yeah. coach or the special teams, right? Like you take Red Bull KTM, you could be like, man, their chassis guy is legit. Like I like their chassis guy. Their engines are solid. Maybe not the best, but their chassis are good. The t- management of Roger DeCoster, Ian Harrison, that aura they bring. Yeah. Ryan Morris, epic test guy. And then you're like, oh, their training program. Well, you gotta pay. For, you gotta pay for that. No, yeah. it's all inclusive. But that's not the way it is now. It's like in your salary and then you pay this guy and then KTM still pays Alden for the services. Yeah. Really confusing to me. Yeah, it's just super, super rigid. Yeah. And, and to me, I'm just like, I don't see how that works. Like there's, there's got to be a level of fluidity that you've got to have. Let me throw this like, by you though. Yeah. Okay. If I work, I, I work at, I yeah, work, this is where it gets. So I work for a company, MX Store and Intense Why, Cycles. Yeah, this is the conversation that is about to happen through all of sports. And I, they say, okay, and this is where, I, as a test guy, I was, I was told I'm going to test at Glen Helen at two or nine, and I said, yes, sir, I'll be there at nine. What happens in moto, yeah. and I think sport in general, is when you sign to a new team, you set the precedent on the first day. Yeah, yeah. The first day, if you go, all right. Where, where do you want to ride today, Cooper Webb? And he's like, uh, I'd like to ride at State Fair. It's fun. Cool, we'll go there. That's not the best place for him to ride. Yeah, yeah. Right? Or Stanmore. That's not the best place. They're like, we really should go to Coolum the first day. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah that's the yeah. best place for us to go. Yeah. As soon as they go, yeah, you can... Who works for who? Yeah. Who works for who? So to defend KTM, yeah. who works for who? Yeah. Like I'm not I'm, I'm no that's, this is, that's the question. So so going back to NFL, yeah, right, and you know uh, Aussie Aussie football, the coach says you're running this play, you're using this. Tra- you don't. Go, well, I don't like your trainer. I'm gonna bring my trainer in. Yeah. That's what Kenny Roxon's 
shocking about. Yeah. I'll bring my suspension guy in. They, they start giving him rope and they keep taking it and yeah. taking it yeah. and taking yeah. it. Yeah. Bobby Reagan does not roll like that. Yeah. This is your program. This is what you get. You stay with us. You do this. This is how it is. If you don't like it, beat it. Yeah. Mitch Payton, pretty much the same way. Yeah. But like, it's a chicken and egg, I think. Yeah, no, you're right. It's that. This is like the biggest. <laughs> this is the biggest conversation. This is about to fully take over the sports world, and we're jumping into it in in our world with the World Supercross Championship. Oh yes. So and and you're right, man. Like you're right because there is a certain and so this is where Star is nailing it, right? So there is fluidity there. Eli came over to Star because he could do certain things and guess what he was fucking right the things that he wanted to do obviously worked am i right you know I, yeah so there was so you're you're right who works for who am i the guy that rides for you know like am i eli tomac that is the independent contractor yep. that is contracting to my services to kawasaki for this season and this season and any time that's in between is my fucking time and you don't own me and i can do what i want to do as long as i don't have conflicts with this contract so it's like is that the world that we live in because i genuinely don't know the answer i don't either. like i don't know how that the argument goes there but i think that the proof is in the pudding in the sense that you look at what star's been able to do it is a rigid program, but they've there is fluidity. Oh, Eli, you can run this clutch. You can use air rinse, forks. Rinse all grips. You can, yeah, you can use the grips that you want. Because at the end of the day, does it really fucking matter? You know? Do, do. No, I, I, I totally agree. But then going to Star, like I was the autonomy that they that the Deegans want to have. Yeah. I was like, how's that going to work with Star being so rigid and like strict? But it doesn't, uh, to me, I don't see rigid and strict in, in that program. Like I oh, see... Oh, with like motorcycle. I talk motorcycle. Like like what races they ride. Like yeah, will he yeah, hop yeah, on yeah, dad's yeah, bike? Like yeah. I'm just thinking like, yeah, like what yeah. races you do. Yeah. But I think Brian's obviously so smart that he lays out, this is our plan. Like either on it or yeah. off it out front. Yeah. I think that's really where it goes. Up front, open yeah what's my expectation yes like i think most riders um i think all riders think that they're in the independent contractor bin so this is where like yeah, the yeah, yeah yeah this is where the impasse is happening right so uh like coop right now would feel like i'm an independent contractor i'm the one riding the motorcycle you can't just replace me because really yeah 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 you, you can't you know what i mean there's a there's yep. a finite group yep. of people that you can pick from as an elite motorcycle manufacturer that can win a Supercross championship for you. Coop's done it twice, right? Yep. So in Cooper's mind, he is this like independent contractor that has signed with this K this team, which is KTM, and then they've got to kind of work together. To use the football analogy, greatest team combination of all time, Belichick and Brady. Do you think that Belichick was like telling Tom Brady exactly how he had to spend every minute of his time and do you think that tom brady was copping that then especially as the seasons go on and there's more and more rings getting won like that that relationship to me from the outside looking in if i'm belichick and i've got a fucking i've got a stud like tom brady and i'm creating a dynasty you're gonna slowly start to give that guy 
more and more trust, right? So if you're like, this is me playing Coop. So you're Cooper Webb. You've won two Supercross championships for this team. And as you get further into your career, the leash gets fucking tighter around your neck. How would that feel? That would probably feel quite counterintuitive. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm winning for you and I'm doing what I got paid to do. But like, that's not, I don't think that's how the relationship should go. And then what happens? You get what fucking Eli did to to Cowie. He just goes like, I'm out. I'm fucking leaving. And so in that sense of like, are they independent contractors? Well, yeah, because they can fucking dip. Like they can, they can leave, you know? So, but, and then that gets into this world supercross thing, right? KTM, this is to what I understand, has stopped Cooper Webb from racing three races of supercross in the off season, Right. Half a million dollars. That's okay. that's what he's losing. So, man. So in a in a sport. So this is where I'm always going to be pro rider if I can. In a sport where you're risking your fucking life. You don't know if tomorrow's your last race, mate. You don't know if that fucking part that they put in your new bike oh, man, that you're out is... testing is going to grenade on you on an up ramp. Guess what? It's fucking happened and it's ruined people's lives, right? So you want to tell me how do you? like as oh, a man. human like you make have the feel- conscience to go half oh. a million dollars you can't have it so why you, you, purely political reasons so you you make me feel old and like in in very uh um politically correct with answering this because i know i know i'm that, down to hear both sides so i'm, I'm i am I am pro rider. yeah but then i go i'm gonna give you why they're saying no from and leaving out if it was political or not. Yeah, okay? yeah, 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 yeah. I'm gonna yeah, leave yeah, out yeah, that because yeah, yeah. I, I feel there's a pretty big side of why it is hugely political. But but what they why I'll let the folks know why it's a, riders can't just dictate where my bike goes, where this goes. Yeah. Okay. So the three rounds of World Supercross are over the globe. They can't send. They're not gonna package his bike up, send it to. Um, Australia and then send it to Indo and then send it to England because they have to have a two staffers minimum go. So if, and I don't know the back, I don't know all the the story. So is Coop willing to to pay the whole bill for the air freight? 500, take 15. (laughs) What's that leave us with? so, So what's happening though is going back to contract and rider he agreed on a job mm. to do this job, right? So, yeah. Matt, you, you'd agree on jobs. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then all of a sudden, the 11th hour, there's like, man, this I can squeeze this other job in, but it's at risk. I might not finish your job for you. Mm. Okay? So he's like, I signed up to win 2023 Supercross. You've actually let me have an outdoor-only contract. Shit, I could do this other job and make a half a million dollars but it's a partnership and it's a contract that they're supposed to use him to win. They're like, yeah, yeah, you're out because if something happens to our business or we lose you, you've compromised our investment. Mm. So screw you. Like, I'm not saying they shouldn't let him ride. I'm not saying it's not right for the sport, but I'm going to back KTM going, nah, you did your deal before this came up. Mm. I don't care if it's a million bucks or we're looking out for our best interest, our investment. You've, this is, this is, 
you could have done a six month deal with us, but you didn't want a six month deal. You could have done a one year deal, but you wanted a two year deal. Mm. This came in the middle of our two year deal. Mm. And now you're saying, I don't care. You agreed on a job. Like you agreed on a job. Mm. Like you, you, you signed the deal to make $2.5 million with us. And now you want an extra five, half a million. Yeah. We like an extra 200 units sold, but we only can mm. get this. So sorry, Coop. I'm a big fan, but you're out. Like mm. it's not about the the series. It's about what he agreed upon. Mm. And this is extra half a million. It's an extra risk to their series. I don't <laughs> see. I agree with you completely. And if he signed, so he didn't have a deal for 2023 though until recently. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. So what's so, going to happen now is it's going to be strain, strain on the relationship. Huge. Exactly. No, no. So like. Is the juice worth... Is exactly. It, like, I'm not saying... I'm I'm sharing... Yeah, yeah, yeah. ...why KTM's... You are, doing, yeah, yeah, you're right. He made a deal. This goes back to yeah, straight yeah. contract contractor to yeah, contractor. Yeah, yeah. You signed a... So, my old man... So, uh, if he's my, got a two-year deal, then I would, I would concede to that argument for sure. If he signed a deal to do this, like, to, do, to deliver X, like, if he's a plumber or electrician, your job is to do X, Y, and Z. His job is pretty simple. You compete... 18 supercrosses, 17 supercrosses, 12 outdoors, and fucking win. Yeah. Right? Show up to these autograph signings. We pay for your flight. You go to Allen Baker's factory. Is that good for you? We're going to give you a million dollars. Yep, that's good for me. Sweet. Deal signed. Done. Halfway through the year, hey, I wanted this other thing for half a million dollars, and then my factory bike that we've done all this yeah. development is going to travel the world in a box. They're like, nah, nah, nah. Going back to Roger's old. Yeah, yeah. This is new. Old. <laughs> right? Yeah. This is new. Yeah. Okay? He, you can't, like, yeah, you can do that when you're done with us. That's fine. Well, no, I want it now. Sorry, you've made a deal. Yeah, my old yeah. man who I idolized, my dad, always told me when I do my deals when racing, the, everything's negotiable until... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He signed that line. Then yeah. you got to do the job. Yeah. Hey, I, if, you, if you want more money, you ask for it the, um, before you sign. But once you do that, you do the best job you can. But because the sports autonomy and because he was supposed to do outdoors this year. Let's, let's mm. role play it. He was supposed to do outdoors this year, right? Yeah. Something was up. <laughs> Cooper don't quit. Something was up. Cooper don't quit. Yeah. Something was up. Like he wasn't feeling good shit's going I on I actually don't know I don't either, either. Yeah. I don't either but so, he just is not a quitter man the yeah. kids the kids a quitter so they're like hey you're not they gave him some autonomy they're like dude you should just not race They got we got done to fill your shoes let's get you healthy to win meanwhile while he's getting healthy he's like dude I can make a half a million dollars mm -hmm. they're like we just gave you a whole 12 month or 12 rate the whole summer break and now you're wanting more how mm -hmm. much more not nah, we're out we already mm -hmm. gave you a if you would have delivered if you had been winning outdoors, outdoors, yeah, I bet they would be a different story. Mm. I'm just throwing it. No, out no, there. no, no. Yeah, the, your point of like where the contract is, because that that is where the rubber hits the road. That's the rider. Like, the riders yeah. think they own the. They, the riders think the factory works for them. Yeah, yeah. And if the fact if the riders delivering, the factory will work for them. So then, yeah. So there <laughs> needs to be so like to go back to the Brady Belichick thing, yeah, yeah. right? So Brady left. Yeah. And then guess what? Pat 7 won. Fuck all. And this is where we're transitioning into what we're talking about. Yeah. So okay. it's like, it's like what, there has to be so some, some this play war, ball if that we're you talk, can do. If we transition to World Supercross, I know a, little, a lot about how this is built out. Yeah. Right? And 
the the, the American regime. Have you seen? Have you seen? Have you seen? That runs. That <laughs> that runs. The American regime that runs the series, the outdoor motocrosses, the Coombs family, and the cartel. They, they monopolize. <laughs> right, honest, before we start this, David Coombs, fucking great guy. Hey, as far as to me, me and him. So all the discussion, that guy, I've never in my life met a person that knows as many people's first names as they, David they, Coombs. Okay, this 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 goes to my point and before we get into yeah. bench racing and banter about so it this is just going to be like full just throwing shit around there's going to yes, be shit stick the, on the wall if, someone will slide off someone dislikes the Coombs family or MX Sports or Loretta Lynn's or Racer Rex or any of the things do a better job yeah no one has no one has and very little very few will ever probably yeah right like they run MX Sports they get it's the Time Magazine of motocross they 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 build a racing series for amateur racing that is the pinnacle of why America is what it is. They they provide they they love it, man. Like money's one thing, but they absolutely love. They have the GNCC. Yep. They have Loretta Lens. They have promoter. They don't need AMA, dude. Yeah. They don't need the American Motorcycle. They're so they allow the AMA in there for legacy. Yeah, they are the backbone. Like they are the hardest working family in motocross and their royalty. Yeah. But, but they, it's a business mm. and Ooh, when they're, th- some, yeah. and when they're threatened, yeah. when they're threatened by what is global supercross, dude, the, people start making power moves. People, things start happening. And there is a big chessboard of yes. like this whole industry and there's people that can move certain pieces there's people that are now coming in with new pieces that they dude. can move that other people can't move like dude this podcast is like a, a piece of a, it is you know what i mean and then like i'm the person that can like move we these have to we're, we're, we're put, before we got into this we had to be transparent of what we feel these people because they're that good and that powerful yeah yeah 100%. like tim cotter behind the scenes but he's the announcer he's the data guy Carrie Joe you've seen the movie Ye- the Netflix thing Yellowstone no no I haven't okay well yeah. the Coombs family yeah, yeah Yellowstone <laughs> that's so good have you seen how that thing's put together nah. Ye- Yellowstone is is it's a power power family yeah okay and t- uh, you know Dave it's, Coombs it's on my iPad I haven't watched it watch it Dave Coombs Sr. built a Yellowstone family that's like the diplomatic cool. strong like as in Davey yeah, yeah. Carrie Joe's the lawyer like dude he built a superpower family and they live and breathe moto like Davey well, and it's their livelihood and it's the livelihood of like hundreds of people yes they, they give back to the sport they produce content they employ people like Jason Wygant lump him in with that family like he's like the adopted son right like there is and a straight up gift in the, the sport yeah and then you have the verb crew that allowed them to like so true like like I said this before we get there's into layers. this there's layers of yeah. this and a global supercross program has came in and disrupted everything. Yeah. And, and motocross lo- is the one that's going to suffer. The core competency, it's the dog years. And, and Jerry Mallet, a.k.a. Hammer, good friend of ours, I was surprised to hear he wasn't down with global supercross. Yeah. I was honestly, because he's so forward thinking, right? And Jeremy will be listening to this going, dude, why are you dogging me out? <laughs> but... I was surprised he wasn't down with some forward thinking because he had told me and 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 um I've heard him say it to some strong people is why are we letting promoters dictate how many races we have to go to as OEMs? 
Mm. So AMA comes to the schedule. Here's where you're going for the outdoors and here's how many supercrosses. And everyone goes, okay, why don't the OEMs as a group dictate how many races they're going to? Yeah. 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 There's no, it's not a two way street. It's not in a, a two way street. So like the global supercross is like, Hey, own your capital of the team. You don't have to pay for entries. We're going to inject some money to here. Let's talk about what you need. It's it. I know it's more to it than that as we as it gets into it. But I think when this global supercross, they thought that people should ask for permission to start doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was funny that <laughs> I heard the, um, Jason Thomas on pulp and he, he like the, the whole start of his thing was basically him saying like, well, they, they weren't supposed to do this. They weren't going to come in and get the top guys. It's like the fucking what this $50 million supercross series was banking on Kyle Chisholm. That's not how the fuck, this works bro like at what point <laughs> if you believe that then i don't know if i could ever listen to anything you say again because yeah. where the fuck does that come from money talks and bullshit walks mm. right and the experience like i heard kenny go on pulp and talk about he's so stoked to race global supercross because he's going to be able to travel to places and change the narrative fun. And, and, and and see things and become a more of a global superstar and just so much things that he's excited to see and you know I see these teams that the opportunity for riders um, and it's scary if you're an MX sports that has been lifting MX sports took pro motocross that was dead. It was dead. It was dying a slow death and they rejuvenated it. And as much as we're having problems with the live stream and dude, I still pay for it and I, I adjust because I want to see the, the Tomac and Sexton battles and the jet and Hunter dominance because they're trying, they're not trying to just take our money. Like mm. it causes them stress and you got, you know, the, the whole net network, Racer X network, JT, you know, we those guys are different than us, but that's what's great. Mm. Dude, JT is so diplomatic and uses words. I think he flexes on his vocabulary <laughs> just, to, just to flex. And, you know, but they're different. They're, they're now in, you know, Boise, Idaho. Yeah. In Vegas and Florida and Truman and the industry idiots. And we're out here in Australia and, and I go to war with those guys about like my passion for the industry, but mm. like I appreciate them. I listen to their podcast. I listen to JT's industry idiots because he's actual got information. Mm. He actual has firsthand information. He lives it. He breathes it. He loves it. Whether I agree with everything they say, I, I don't really. And I, mm. I, there's a, a lot of it's a financial, they're very one-sided because there's a financial gain. Yeah. Yeah. Right. There's a financial gain. You know, you can only be so ingrained without getting financial. Yeah, financial. yeah, 100%. Kiefer, he works for Yamaha and Honda. Yeah. You can only, you can only be so biased without There's cutting a, the hands that feed you. Man, hey, me, I mean, like, I take a massive hit for just saying whatever fuck I want. Like, I have not a lot of industry support. Yeah. Like, listen to the ads. There's like five. There's not a lot of people. Yeah, you, you, you because start, when you I start, do say whatever the when fuck. you start, you limit the scope yes, when you just are fully honest. Yeah, you 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 ha if you're fully transparent, you you limit who you can work with. Let's let's be honest. Yeah. And and like those guys are those guys. And that's fine. They're industry leaders. That's fine. They're industry leaders, but now they're threatened because someone else is threatening the leadership, mm. and they're from the down the road here in the Gold Coast of Australia. Yeah. Yeah, no, and the the real thing, uh, the real not those people. Sorry, not not like not 
JT no, and, yeah, and, and yeah, Steve yeah. Mathis, like, the, like the, the, yeah. the industry as, as one and why I feel they're, th- sorry to cut you off, is why I feel they're threatened is usually they're first to know everything. Yeah, they're yeah. The and now f- they're in the dark. They're in the dark, shit. man. Yeah, 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 that's a good point. They and it would feel weird, man. Mm. Like I said about that when we not having this instant up, access, not having tickets to everything, not asking not them questions. The not, you said it. They're not. Yeah. They didn't ask permission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't ask permission. Well, I did hear some. Sh- <laughs> I did hear that there were a couple of interviews. Uh, not interviews. A couple of meetings that just went fucking wrong <laughs> it was like from the global SX side yeah 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 so I, like, I think there's some ways they I don't think that it's all been uh, I think the global crazy. SX team could have taken some paths a little I different like a <laughs> yeah. but like I said I think there's um, people aren't used to change mm. and I think what it's a pivotal time for global supercross to if they can get people moving and they get people going Oh, I can race. Let's say in twenty three, there's eight rounds. Call it eight. Call it ten. Ten rounds. You can make three point five million. You can travel the world with and with your chick. With your and chick, you can, and, yeah. you, and you can do this, and you'll make uh, two hundred thousand dollars less, or two hundred thousand dollars more. Yeah. It's a simple. It's a simple. Or this is what's gonna happen: is you go, I'll do my supercross, and then I'll do supercross. <laughs> Yeah, just like, and that's that's the real problem. But so, there's going to be decisions. Let's get, yeah, there's going to be yeah. decisions. People are just going to have their so, hand forced. So, so think of this. Because so, hey, wait, sorry. If Coop can let, we're talking, we're talking five hundred grand, right? For, so this is what Coop's going to miss out on five hundred, whatever. That's for three races. What happens next year when this thing's eight races? So all of a sudden, you don't need this. this I'm going to go on a rant. Sorry. You're fine. Formula One car. Danny Ricardo's having problems with McLaren. He can't just go and get another car and put it on the grid, right? Hey, Cooper Webb can go to a dealership tomorrow. Hey, I'm pretty sure he did it for the last round of last rounds of motocross last year where he just went and bought a fucking bike and rode his own frame. I don't know like where people are at with that, but hey, you can fucking do this. You can go and buy a KTM 450, spend let's say 30 grand. Just Go nuts. 30 grand. You're making 500 for three races. 30 grand gets you a fucking sick KTM 450 that you can race at Supercross. So check this out. So if you've got eight races next year, you can make 500 grand in three this year. And then you've got eight of those next year. So you're making one point something. That's without sponsor bonuses. That's without win bonuses. That's without... I'm just going to go buy four fucking 450s, make them exactly how I want, sell my own logo. Like, we're entering a weird fucking time right now. Absolutely. And guess what? Roger's KTM 450 doesn't mean shit. Coop doesn't want to ride it as it is now. Like, this me put... You know what I mean? So, yeah, you you nailed it. So, quick budget. Ready? Quick budget. (laughs) Quick maths. 75 grand practice mechanic. Yep. Can go on the road with you. Yep. Right, he's stoked now. Practice he, and race. Practice and race. Actually, getting paid good money. Right? Doesn't have to work for a yep. factory. You have. Let's just let's do, let's do. Not that he's the best or not. Jamie Ellis, Twisted Development, gonna do your motors. Yep. Do your ECUs. That's eight grand. Forty nine mil MX Tech forks. Y- yeah, exactly. Right. You, he can run forty eight instead of fifty twos, forty nines yep. or whatever from yep. MX Tech. He's gonna get extra. And this is granted. He has to pay for this stuff, which this, he won't, <laughs> because I get this shit for free so, and I fucking suck. So. In Supercross, it's attain very 
attainable to build your own program. Like they're already paying hundred percent. Like it's it's going two, to two be rice and baby. And, and Chad did it the hardest way. Fucking I did it. Not not because it was the wrong way. No, he had it, to. It had to. Yeah, he had to. Two two. Um, even Jeremy, like Larry, right? Like look at. There's a scalability of this to do it your own way to put the people around you that you want to do it. Like I mean, it's it's as soon as people start going, as yeah. soon as the the kinnies go all in with this, and and there's people, there's going to be a shift. Yeah, and things are going to change for the best for everyone. Yeah, unfortunately for possibly pro motocross. Well, that so that's that's the problem though. So like, for, and I love for, pro motocross, dude. Oh, I'm the same, dude. Millville was some of the best racing like ever it's in been, those ugh. classes, you know. But that's so for the people that I guess if you're the average fan that wants to that doesn't understand why this is causing so many problems, Feld won't it won't affect Feld in the same way because that it's supercross is what everyone wants to win well-oiled machine the stadiums are booked there's a whole other deal there as to pretty much like why you can't even race supercross in america in a fucking stadium is because feld owns that shit so there's that so feld is fine so the neck that's on the chopping block with global sx is unfortunately ama motocross so there's yeah i just don't i just don't know how i that's the bit and i don't i'm for global sx um fucking stoked that it's happening but i'm also bummed that it does look like that's the race that's the series that's on the chopping block yeah i would say um when you say a series i would say you're gonna see <clears throat> the series will be sh- like as a whole will be strong you're gonna see in over time because you're gonna see the tomax race obviously he's racing global supercross that's his next cash thing yeah and and it is laughable now everyone's like oh it's the global supercross the retired riders like it's the vet series yeah yeah well there's another argument here too no no like and i'm like ah, i can see well kenny proved that wrong yeah right kenny's yeah. still active podium yeah. guy and race winner tomax now doing what the strategy i think global supercross still has a lot of messaging to do a lot of sorting out with what like you know um it's like i don't know understand how kenny you know, I, I dug deep into this. I don't understand, and and I love the the global supercross crew as well. I hope they don't slap my hand for this, but I don't get it. What? How can Kenny just land in the series and not be on a team? Because when you submitted a team, you had so the the, the rules keep changing in Hunger Games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't like that either. So yeah. like, it, World Supercross has been they're pivoting quickly. They're going 90, 90, 90 yeah. upsetting Apple Carts because that's they're trying to run a business. So like, I don't understand how Kenny. Um, they had to, there was an expression of interest that had to get done for teams. We all were waiting for it. The teams were locked up. Kenny's like, he said it on pulp. I got, he basically did a promoter deal. Yeah, right. He did a promoter deal for the series, but he doesn't know what team he's on. Well, there's teams that have been accepted and denied that weren't allowed to have Kenny. So who, what team do they put Kenny on? Mm, well, there is that. They've just announced that genuine Honda team that your Reeves running. Okay. So I'd say it'll just be zero conflict. It'll just be Honda out. So I don't know for sure, but that would be but my he didn't, guess. But he didn't pay Kenny. He didn't do a deal with Yareev. Yeah, he didn't do a yeah, promoter. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. he said it. He's like, yeah, the, the deal is, I don't know what team I'm writing for. Kenny yeah. would know. Yeah, yeah. Like, Yeah, I'm, I'm not actually up to that. Like like Kenny, Kenny signed with the series, not the team. Yeah, yeah. Like, so that's weird. So yeah. it's like, they, but they need, the series needs those guys to make the move. I don't think they do. 
I think that, and I think this is one of the little side things that may I could be completely wrong. I don't think I am. Oh, I think you're going to say what I, I, I I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you off because take the words okay. out of your mouth. Hopefully, let's say we get Shane McElrath, Joey Savashi, um, and then you're going to get uh, Cameron McAdoo and Cole uh, Seeley. Cole Seeley, four guys, super yeah. team. You're going to build a team out of those four, dude. You're going to pay them good because you're going to experience the world this first year, this trial series. They're going to come back home and do tell their friends and industry mm. friends. I just made. But that's what's already happening. But that it yeah. hasn't even started yet. Yeah. So like you but don't no, need to talk about because Marvel and <laughs> and OzX open. Like yeah. yeah. Jason so I've Anner- had I've had people calling me through this whole deal yep. and being like, "This is happening with Feld. This is happening here." Like people, this is, it actually is like rocking people in the industry, right? And the question that people have asked me is like, I'm just worried that like they can't even run an event. And I'm like, what? <laughs> there was 40,000 fucking people in Marvel Stadium in October of 2019. That is unheard of. That was one of the biggest, like most epic Supercross races I've ever been to. Jason Anderson was there. Justin Brayton was there. Jet Lawrence was there. Joey Savacci was there. Ricky Carmichael was there. Like, they fucking already they know. To, they took and it, guess they what? They took it abroad, too. They took it, yeah, to, they New took it to New Zealand. They did two years of uh, Sydney. They, they have the recipe. Dude, they've already done it. And guess what? There's a reason why Jason Anderson wants to do this series. There's a reason why Cooper Webb wants to do this series. They've already worked with these guys. Yeah, they, people don't understand that. that and uh, it's out. You watch it on YouTube. Yeah. They have relation. It's called relationships. Yeah, yeah. People and they felt want like to- they, and they felt wanted and not like they were doing. Right now, and if people don't understand, you have to, as a rider, pay money to go race a Supercross, an mm. entry fee like any other race. Then you make, if you make a a night show in the lights class, forty guys on West Coast or East Coast, you make four hundred dollars. I think. Yeah. Four hundred bucks. So you might get your entry back. But you're a part of the show selling out 75,000 people in the Georgia Dome. Yeah. Or 55,000 in Anaheim Stadium. You don't have to register to nominate to race an NFL bike. Yeah. And, and it's like, it, it's, game. it's a, it's a very backwards scenario. And these top riders feel valued. Like they feel valued to come as part of the show. Like, yeah. the, you know, they, they're, a, they're, a, they are a, when you're in Supercross, you are a performer. You're performing a craft for yeah. that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's you're a part of like the 1%. But so I think, so this is a part of, it actually speaks to what you said at the very start of this is just like that American um, arrogance in a sense and fucking <laughs> God bless America. I love it. <laughs> All right. This ain't a dig on America. That is that. There is that thinking among the industry. I mean, we saw it with fucking like when me and Steve went back and forth even, you know, there was just like a clear, like we've got this, you know, like we're good. We're in America. We'll go to the races. We've we've got it. These people that are in this industry at the moment, they think, they think that global supercross needs big name stars. They don't. They don't need big name stars. They need enough bikes on the track and the dudes doing the thing. Why? Because they're going to go to Jakarta. Do you know how big Eli Tomac's fan base is in Jakarta? Mine's probably bigger. <laughs> Do you know how big Ken Roxon's been? Yeah, yeah. The fucking, the exact same. Cole Sealy or Ken Roxon sitting in a Jakarta Honda dealership that oh. sells 
300,000 Honda scooters a year. Repsol, Repsol, Repsol Honda. fucking Honda scooters. They don't know the difference, bro. And that's this whole missing thing that I think everyone's missing. They're like watching it from this echo chamber of so, like So who's Cooper the biggest KTM importer in the world? Who? Indonesian KTM. Yeah, Indonesia probably, yeah. Yep, they sell the most 390 Dukes. Yep. They're the largest importer and distributor of all KTM motorcycles, not SXSs, yeah, not yeah, SX50s, yeah, yeah. motorcycles. Yes. So, yes, you're and right. So, and you know what statistic backs this up? 40,000 people at Marvel Supercross. More than half of that crowd had never been to a dirt bike event in the world. And this is what everybody is missing. Stop fucking fighting over three or four fast guys and this guy can't go here and then this series. This is so good that you've got a group of people that are willing to invest millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars into Supercross and then they are going to turn this sport into a global sport. Supercross is not a global sport. Supercross is an American sport that's raced in American stadiums. That's fine if you're American, but the world is not American. Well, and so we're just entering this space now where this sport is taking abroad as an entertainment package. And if you've been to Marvel, like if, if you're listening to this and you're American and you haven't watched the highlights from Marvel Stadium, just go and watch it. They had the fucking Parkway Drive drummer doing a drum solo after the LCQs. They had Brooke Evers on a DJ platform. They had like fireworks going like it was opening ceremonies all throughout the night. Like it's just different. And they just don't fucking need to have... They- the, the people think that this series lives or dies on Ken Roxon, Jason Anderson, Cooper Webb. Ch- it doesn't, man. I just honestly don't think it does. So, like, everyone is trying to get in the way of this thing that you're not going to be able to stop, in my opinion. Hey, we could play this in two years and I could look like a complete fucking uh, idiot. Yeah, I, but I just don't mm. think that that's the case, man. And I've been to Indonesia. I've, like, lived in Bali. It is fucking crazy just how pumped people are on motorcycles when we did the casey stoner podcast the people that listen to that from indonesia there's like more people that listen to one episode of gypsy tales from indonesia that i'm sure listen to the biggest podcast in motocross that fucking month like big give me all your numbers from one country like this is a completely different thing than i think what people are making it out to be and like you said going back to North America, especially, or I'd say America, not, let's not lump Canadians into this <laughs> for the sake of doing it. And in what I've learned in my journey, like I said, is I didn't know much about F1. I yeah. don't know much about MotoGP because all you're consumed with is, is American sport. Yeah. Right. Like the guys that I knew about F1 and MotoGP were the South African dudes that worked in the engine department and the yeah. English dudes that, because they're, they're more, they've got like a global power. They have a global, that's it. They have a global palette. We don't have, we don't travel in America. We don't travel abroad. Yeah. Like I've, I've gone to Europe, Sp- uh, Spain, Scotland. Yeah. You've done New most Zealand. of your traveling since you've lived here. Yeah. And it's like, man, like I've was, you know, you're just, there's so much big and so much happening in America to defend my, yeah, my yeah. American culture. You just get sucked in that, yeah. in that, you know, down that tube. Yeah. But to your point, 
is there's so much more global. Like MotoGP are the biggest stars in the oh, world. Um, Two wheel stars. You got, you know. You go to it like we went to Le Mans. We went to back to back, dude. We went to Le Mans and then we went to Barcelona, Formula One. It was fucking absurd. The amount of like Le Mans. Oh, it's it's ridiculous bro like there was just there would have been mil, like literally a million people go through there over that week of you know what i mean yeah i mean even day. like tv and like going to tv mainstream television when you're watching the news in europe and you watch the news here they global cover global sport moto gp's on yeah 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 right surfing's on yeah because it's global wsl is global yeah Julian Wilson has a million followers nearly because he's a global athlete, yep. not Australia. He's global. Like yep. Ken Rox's best friends, Julian Wilson. Yeah, yeah. Julian Wilson, if you don't know, is one of the greatest surfers that come out of Australia yeah. behind Mick Fanning. Right? Yeah, which is hard to do. Right. I mean, and I don't want to. It's hard it. to be one of I'm the not, best surfers in Australia, and he is. Yeah. It's so it's like, and we got to witness his first motocross race last week, <laughs> yeah. which is insane. So. For our sport to grow globally, we have to have a global sport. And, yeah. and the FIM MXGP, they're ass bad. Like, yeah, they're cooking it pretty hard. It's bad. We <laughs> I got asked the other day if I'd buy that series. It's bad. <laughs> no. I don't it's have bad. You, I think riders yeah, pay $2,000 a round. Yeah. It's, it's, it's opposite. 15 I mean, riders on a gate. Yeah. I mean, in the, in the, the Indo track looks sick. Yeah, I didn't even watch it. It was actually insane looking. <laughs> really? It looked really good, but it didn't look good with 12 guys going around the track. Yeah. So, like, it's in a different... Yeah, and I think, like, in an ideal world... So a global motocross series Yeah. and a global supercross series. Yeah. And let Jeff Hurlings and... Um, Jeff Hurlings and Freddie Norton go at it. <laughs> like, like, I'm just saying, like, take the best... Alex yeah. Martin can race outdoor. Like, get the best motocross guys that stick to their craft and the best because it is different yeah yeah. it is different it's it's no different than nascar to to formula one to be honest like yeah well i think um yeah i I think the problem i see it as such a positive thing except we just don't have enough time to fit it all in like if we had 16 (laughs) months in a year then we could definitely do supercross ama outdoors and then global sx and everyone's happy but we've got 12 months so i think that because if you think about like the the american series has a lot to gain from this global series because you think about if you start like jakarta perfect example like we i think we probably had like a hundred and seventy thousand people from indonesia listen to the casey stoner but like one country like that's how they'll fucking level of like motorcycle mania that's there because it's their only thing like people's only like in a lot of countries in the world the only way you can survive is with a scooter with a motorcycle and like i spent two months in bali at the start of this year man and i fucking love my scooter That's like so rad. And, but you when you start to experience the these different cultures and you can see how deep motorcycling runs through so many other cultures like they don't they sell scooter magazines like racer x like just legit scooter front <laughs> like front cover with scooter you know oh. so we're not we're not all in the fucking weeds of like listening to raceables pod you know what i mean like there's a fan and that's who we need to touch because they're the ones they're asking for it and they're the ones that turn into the people that listen to the raceables podcast or people that listen to pulp mx you know what i mean that where you cast the net wider and then you suck those people in and it's like a 
you know about online sales it's like a funnel system (laughs) you can't you can't like but it is there's a funnel you got a big funnel and they go to a little funnel a little funnel a little funnel and a little funnel and then at each step of the way there's like a way for people to to monetize that that you have to see it 15 times before you buy yeah right like you got to see it if you're not seeing it you're never gonna buy in right and like yeah it's it's, so bums on seats in jakarta bums on seats in the united arab emirates which is where the, they're getting funding out of. that's another crazy thing dude like that 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 united arab emirates and the middle east region they would outspend on motorsports every other country in the world <sighs> literally one reason region we've got no representation of our sport in that part of the world that spends the most money on motorsports and in one fucking event or like in one series you've got of the amount of investment that would probably total the entire fucking industry so it's just like we it's like it's well, almost that, like that people think in, it's too good to be that, true that and they in, just don't want to they don't in, see it that goes into the investment right and it, it's a global i would say global i can speak for oz and america crew chief cdr like that's the pinnacle of like mechanic right yeah i don't want to speak for anyone but what are they making fuck all 150 grand maybe, yeah maybe I don't maybe the crew chief in America, US, probably making 110 grand. Mm. So like there's people, someone's making money. Mm. Who's making, like I, I know who's making the money. The 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 um the tracks and promoters, are, like the, the promoters are making the money. Mm. The, the teams aren't making money. Let's no. be honest. They're no. doing it for the passion. Bobby Reagan, he's probably starting to go positive. Mitch makes some money. Yeah. Um, You know, Moto Concepts ain't making money. Like, you know, these guys are doing it for the passion. So like, with well, the, if you want to make a small fortune in racing, start with a big one. Yeah. And it's <laughs> like, what you're seeing is like passion, like these mechanics, even media, media, like yeah. they're not kidding. Dude, Jason, Jason Wygant is not getting rich and he's, and he's working 85 hours a week. Right. And he delivers content for us and he's doing this because his form of content's hustle yeah he works for mx sports he does works for the media publication so he's always working always grinding delivering us content to understand the industry but it's only to a small pocket of people yeah like i said it's not going to jakarta it's not going to scotland yeah like i mean to micro pockets are understanding it but oz is the most close is the farthest away yeah arguably but the most close to, to that culture and because of tech and and socials and all that we've got the globe's gotten closer but man like just who would have thought we'd get kenny roxon in australia mm. how cool is that yeah like yeah who's coming with him we there's still guys that are going to come yeah yeah like, for sure i'm pretty confident to say if the global series does what it's supposed to do and gets through the growing pains of the first year how many years does J.A. have on his Cali contract? Yeah, I don't know. He, he'll be on the, he'll be here. Yeah. He'll be on the Global Series. 100%. Like, every time, what we're going to see is, and, and, and um, I, how, what a statement would it have been if a team was smart enough to sign Deegan and yeah. Ryder DeFrancesco for the first year for, chose to go global. <laughs> go, I was close. Go to Global Supercross yeah. instead of AMA. Boom. Yeah. Well, pat- so have you, do you know about any of this live golf stuff? No. So oh, like, I've heard a little bit yeah. about it. So everything but, that's happening in motocross with this whole global supercross thing, it's literally live golf. And you had oh, wow. Dustin Johnson. Go go to um, Dustin Johnson live golf interview. I don't know if we'll be able to find it, but basically 
So Dustin Johnson, if you don't know, he's like fucking Eli Tomac. You know, he's like the world number one. Well, he's kind of he did a lot of coke, so he's not Eli Tomac. <laughs> but he's like I know of him. Yeah, he was like the number one dude in the world. He's like fucking married to Paulina Gretzky. Like he's the man in golf. And basically, he says, um, I don't know. Go down. Didn't uh, all uh, of this like? Didn't this, Phil Mickelson go to the little yeah, golf? Yeah. Yep. So film. So basically, the Saudis have come in with a bunch of money. Guys are getting three, four million dollars guaranteed for three days' work, like tournament-wise, right? So DJ's gone from playing thirty-eight weekends of golf a year. Hey, does that sound familiar? <laughs> so you've got these guys that are overworked. They're overtired. They've been on a a grind. Like for anybody, I can speak on this in the tiniest degree i did four or five years of going to every single motocross and every single supercross i watched my first ever redbud national from the semi i would have given my fucking left nut as a kid to be up to be up there with the fans by the midway point of the season when it got to redbud I was so fucking over it and it was so fucking hot that I just didn't watch the races yeah. from the I just watched it in the truck. So imagine doing it your entire life. You, uh, Eli Tomac on that Cobra with a TLD helmet and a 43 sticking his leg out after the Ten Commandments at Loretta's. You've been taking racing seriously from th- for that long. And then you get in to this schedule like these guys have been getting fucked for years man like <laughs> 17 races of supercross then you have three weeks off and then you do it all again for 12 but rounds why, of outdoors but year why, on year on year on year on fuck but bro. why can't the oems just say no just say dude we're I, doing we'll do 12 and 12 yep why do the promoters dictate the schedule yeah like, why can't the, the teams actually work together? Well, I, I just do, I don't understand. That's where Hammer would always say, like, just say no. Mm. And it's because of the old regime, yeah, exactly, right? exactly, yeah. Like, even golf. Like, it's it's Greg Norman's, Greg Norman's legacy and Arnold Palmer. Like, that's what well, we Greg do. Greg Norman's the dude that's like, he's the Live, live Golf Commissioner. <laughs> so, basically, this, this interview, um, uh, go down a bit, Griff. So, he basically just says... Um, Oh, yeah. Maybe go to this one, 351. I've already played that. So play that. Put the sound. Wasn't there something to do with, like, the sound? way that, like, this this country that's putting this on that treats women and some weird yeah. stuff? I'm kind of... I, I don't know. I'm, I just heard yeah, a little yeah. bit so of Yeah, so Saudi... Is it... Is the... Um, yeah, so we're talking about this. Basically, I don't know why our speakers are fucking up. Um, but he basically says, like, why would I want to play 30 events when I could play, like, seven or eight? And it's like, I get it, you know? And then you can look at it in a way of being like, well, you know, fucking how's the entitlement, doing it for the money, doing it for this, doing it for that. But it's like, in my eyes, I'm like, cool. Dustin Johnson has had a crazy career. And like, same as Eli Tomac, Ken Roxon. Why are we making these dudes just stay in the fucking trenches doing the same, like Chase Sexton right now? If you said to Chase Sexton, that the outdoor series was going to be 28 rounds, he'd be like, fuck it, I'm in. <laughs> like, that's how that, bad. That, that's that's right. how bad he that, wants to win that that's title, right? right? And, when you're, when and you, if you were Eli Tomac and you're like, Eli, crazy season right now. You and Chase going at it, man. We're going to make it 28 rounds. It's that fucking good. He'd be like, no, I'm doing 12 and I'm leaving. I'm fucking done. I'm burnt. 
but you get Chase Sexton, he's going to do it. So I think that we're creating this issue that isn't really there. And and I think that this speaks like down the road. So let's say, let's say Feld still does 17 races. They just won't budge on that. But then SX Global goes to eight. And now all of a sudden you're in an impasse. You can't race the MX, uh, the AMA Nationals. You have to choose. So you're now a Supercross rider. So what does that do? Our sport has now changed. We're now a two-discipline sport, which is what Justin Brayton said on this podcast in 2019. He said they're two different sports. And he said, you're going to see it happen. And Justin Brayton is the example of this already happening. He's been a global SX guy for the last three or four years. And it produced his best result ever in Supercross, right? He's a Supercross-only specialist, and he has been for a very, very long time. He's also the oldest race winner in the sport. And that oldest race win came in the middle of him being this Supercross-only, Supercross global guy. So the business model just changes, guys. Let's all stop freaking the fuck out, and let's just embrace the sport is changing. You are now going to have Supercross only as a sport but guess what that means you're also going to have motocross only as a sport so now we're going to have superstars that only race motocross we're going to have guys like jeremy martin and alex martin who just aren't supercross guys that always get hurt in supercross we're going to have so many different storylines that we can follow it's like we're all so busy fighting change that we're not even opening our minds to what the future could look like. What does a future look like? What's the level of Supercross get to when we have guys that just specialize? You have a guy like Danger Boy that comes out of, of uh, amateurs and goes, fuck it, I'm a Supercross guy. Or what if Deegan comes out of amateurs and says, no, nah, I'm a motocross guy. Then all of a sudden you just see the highest level of motocross that's ever fucking gone down because this kid doesn't have to get on a a supercross bike doesn't have to do this whole program and then you just see this crazy level in supercross because you've got these guys that are only riding supercross and then you can bench race of like who's actually the best rider and then you could have the these hybrid events which feld and mx sports have miraculously partnered on a uh, series for the first time ever is is, so that's that's a thing i just saw it on steve's Uh, so so my some takeaway from what you just said is Jason Thomas, who's a part of that whole industry leading group, uh, trackside announcer, yeah, um, regular and pulp needs better tits to do that <laughs> job if you ask me. Uh, <laughs> but he he raced global supercross. Yeah, he just didn't have a series. He was a German champion. He yeah. raced all those German stuff. He it prolonged did, his career. He, gave, he made more money in Germany than he did in America, he, and he's good. Like he was really good for, for what he did. Um, he was German good. Yeah, like, he was, dude. <laughs> he, he was faster than me in Supercross. Like that's for sure. He wasn't outdoor guy, but he had to do it to do, keep yeah, a job. Yeah, yeah. But what you're seeing is is like Justin Starling, Global Supercross. Yeah. Right. Because they're doing, he's doing the German stuff and other stuff in Czech and whatnot, but it doesn't affect the coom or the the pro nationals yeah. it doesn't affect the pro mx as soon as it starts to affect pro mx yeah but my point is that you've only got to deal with a couple years no no a, i'm just know? i'm just saying yeah, like yeah, like yeah. like those th- those those fall rate uh, you know fall races 
or are, there are bringing summer here. Yeah. But those races in Europe pre Supercross don't affect pro motocross, so yeah. it's not a big exactly. deal. Yeah. But yeah. this yes. is going to affect it. Yeah. So now it's a thing. Yes. Like it's already been happening. Like, and like, that's what, like to, you said, you had Bercy, you had Genoa, you had all, or you know, dude. You, and I was doing five off season races yeah, a year. Yeah. Didn't get hurt at no, one of them. No. And that that argument before when you said about uh, like Coop, oh, we don't want you to get hurt. Fuck that argument. Put that in the bin right now. We're fucking done with that argument. Oh, because I, I'm just saying. No, uh, yeah. that. Let's stop all that talk for me because it's the fuel. Every single time You're you get on a dirt bike, you are at risk, massive risk, life-ending risk. Let's not get it twisted. That's the part of the fucking game. And guess what? I'm at that same risk as well. So like this whole. I don't want to do it because he get no. We just can't fucking go there because then that you could literally use that in every single scenario. Every single time you don't want to ride. Every I don't want to test that part. I don't want to test this. I don't want to do that. I don't. Want to do, then when do you ride? But if it, you're worried, but, is, but if you can control your environment, if I'm a team manager, I, I'm gonna say if my bike goes to Jakarta and the fuel's compromised, that rider's... I'm responsible for but that rider. That's to me, seems like a... I get it, but... No, no, I'm I just saying, like, if, if it wasn't in my plan, like, if it wasn't yeah, in my yeah, plan, yeah, yeah, if it yes. wasn't agreed upon... Cooper like, Webb's I'm agreeing, that specific. I, I'm, yeah, agreeing, yeah. I'm agreeing with... I'm agreeing with the riding, the volume. At a time they've spent riding on practice days, I'm totally agreeing with volume or yeah. the racing's more dangerous. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, like... If you're like, it wasn't in the plan. If I'm Roger, he reports I'm, to I'm pit. I'm down with that. P- yeah. Reporting to pit buyer. Yeah. And he's like, well, let him do that. Like, we'll keep him happy. Then he freaking has a, a typical, th- he crashes the whoops, which he'd have cra- he could have crashed the whoops. And Alan's, yeah. in fact, we know that. But now he's like, I knew he shouldn't have gone there. And they have one on yet. You're like, yeah. son of a gun. Yeah. You know? that, and then that's why I'm saying, let's just blanket remove yeah, yeah, that yeah. completely. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And then in, the, and so in the case of like Coop, right now like i actually concede to your point of if that's the contract and he signed it and it's not in the deal then fucking tough shit coop which sucks but i think that the reasoning there's a lot more behind the scenes that didn't kind of we didn't talk about um but there's that tension is, there there's clear tension oh, yeah massive there's and clear uh, tension. and yeah it comes full circle and back then if to you think of this and MX think of it like a, a parent standpoint of like, or an employer as soon as you show favoritism to one employee versus the other, mm. well, AP's like, I want to go. No, you can't go, but he can go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're instantly compromised. Yeah. Like, it, it, this is a tough decision. Yeah, we're, we're in a real weird, murky time in the but sport. But I feel if you want to go all in, if you're if you're confident, if if Coop is, which he is a confident, <laughs> confident guy, or if you're if, an AP, yeah. if, if you're AP, let's use AP. His contracts at the end of the year. He should be on the phone now with Global Supercross. He should be getting shareholders in a dealership, right? Like, the, the, yeah. I'm sorry, Justin Brayton's the guy. Follow Brayton. Yeah. Follow Brayton. He owns a dealership that sells Hondas, sells yeah. KTM's. Like, he he said this. I'm going. I'm betting on myself. See, that's yeah. the that's the difference. Yeah. Is some guys. But then, like, but it makes sense to bet on yourself as a rider. Look at. Hey, but, but they, but some guys won't, dude. They, they, Ricky they, Carmichael and Factory Honda in 2004. It, what the fuck could Ricky Carmichael have done more to stay on a Honda oh, in 2005? Dude, nothing. Huh? Like, like, so this is why riders 
don't fucking trust teams. If I was a rider, I don't trust you as far as I can throw you. Well, you shouldn't. You're a disp- you're so I So that's where this so this l- tension is. So let me give is. you let me give you a um how many how many like PAYG or WT jobs have you ever had? Like where you go in, go out. Like oh, a couple, eight, eight, yeah. 8 to 5, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'll share this with you and this is a personal thing. I spent 15 years at KTM that gave me a a position and a a platform dude to actually be known at being they they taught me and I got to learn and be good at something at setting up motorcycles yeah they asked they they could have every two years my contract they could have fired me or they could have moved on and we kept renewing kept renewing and they took very good care of me and my family and at the end of my 15 years they my contract was up and I said like hey we'd love to have you as a new position running you know R&D R&D coordinator I'm like okay what's that entail you're eight to five you know treated like you're just like everyone else no demo bikes this is what you get like you're just another employee yeah i'm like really and this is under uh, john hines the new ceo not john eric burleson i'm like okay so like i can ride a yamaha no you can't ride a yamaha but you said (laughs) i'm the same as everyone else the cowie guy the guy in the warehouse rides a cowie yeah but he's not the same but you just said, but you all said this, I have to be the same. But I have to be the same. Yeah. And I said, well, I've done all this. I helped build the Orange Brigade. I did this. I developed these bikes with you. And this is where he got me, dude. He goes, didn't we pay you for that? Yeah. I said, son, like in my head, I'm like, he's right. Yeah. Like, he asked me to do a job. I did my job. Like, so a point. Yeah. Like, like, like I have no, like John's a good friend of mine. Like, yeah. But in that same way that like you shouldn't have felt any extra like you shouldn't have felt any loyalty to Kate no that's right. what I'm saying like like, like he, he, yeah. he, they, they gave they did not owe me a job after my contract work yeah. but they 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 showed appreciation they kind of knew yeah. that that job wasn't right for me at that my season of life so instead of like clipping me they're like yeah he ain't gonna like this job yeah. like like just yeah. he'll, he'll make that own decision on himself yeah yeah which dude they could have sent me out with nothing they hooked me up yeah but they made let me make the choice. Yeah. Right. Teams, it's business. Like you said, there's yeah. no loyalty to racers. Yeah. So when you've got a so sorry to make that about me. Yeah, sorry, no, just, no, no, no. Just no, it's a the, good example. Within yeah. motorcycle industry. Yeah. I was a contra I was no different than a racer except I was slow and developed bikes for them. Yeah. <laughs> right. And and it's like you you kinda expect to have like the no one should expect to go like, well, you should have their back. Well, it's like, well, look. He's got a job to do. He has to watch his P&L. He's like, Sleet, like, didn't you get paid to do that? Mm. And didn't you use our equipment to learn that knowledge? I can't say that, but I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, I'll never forget it because those are good learnings for like my rest of my yeah, professional yeah, career. Yeah, like, yeah. man, like you, like you're right. Like yeah. you're absolutely right. You don't owe me this this new W two P A Y G job that has benefits in retirement. Yeah, you're you're doing that because you feel value or value to the company. But it wasn't right for me. Mm. He could have just said, "Hey, thanks for hooking us up for 15 years. Your two year contract's up. Yeah. Have a good day." And that that's what happens to racers. Well, I was gonna say that's what happens to racers. racers. And you can be Ricky Carmichael and go 24 and 0, and you cannot have a job. Yep. the next year so anyone that is and again this is why i'm pro rider like i would be pro team if there was <laughs> all of these accounts of teams that never fired a guy for this or paid someone so you know and and they can't like it's not realistic to expect 
that a team should just like so, baby a rider. But so then again, you can't expect a rider to then have like some magical be, loyalty. Yeah. And before we wrap this up, we talk pro rider and I feel for, and I brought up Talon Hawkins before and I feel like earlier that like his dad's pretty like, he's one of us and he's like F's leader already. Listen, it's probably that guy's a kook. My son's fast. My son's yeah. this. I feel for Talon Hawkins because he has been given an opportunity to be on a factory team for three years now. Factory equipment, 125s, bikes, travel bonuses at Baker's factory, whether they're paying for it or just opportunity, whatever the situation. He's had the pathway that no four other kids in his era have, like in his age group, star kids, Red Bull KTM kids, like Dax and Bennick. He's in races nationals this year. If it doesn't happen, if he doesn't produce, mm. Dude, he falls off a cliff. There's not even a taper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's he's not... Just out. He's out. Like you said, LeBlanc, Romano, LeBlanc, Romano. How do you go from that? Like, how yeah. do you go from the Star program and the uh, Rockstar Husky team, to Alden's program, to now you're on... You and Jesse Masterpool got to get your bikes. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and do it that way, right? And it's like... I feel for these kids what they and we're in it with like like the LeBlancs and the and the um and the Hawkins family and the other ones that are coming through like man they they're with us forever yeah yeah like they feel like they're part of it yeah, they feel yeah, like they're yeah, in it because yeah. they're so in, young and there's no there's no people looking out for them yeah they're just trying out they're trying out you're trying out every race yeah yeah well, a, and <laughs> and so that's like one of the things where it's probably a good thing to have like more team seats yes. open up and then and then hey maybe you do just have to be a supercross only guy or a motocross only guy find and then, your lane yeah and then hey maybe now that we need a lot more of these riders like a rider d like he yeah. doesn't have a pro deal signed no. yet i'm pretty sure like Dude. Big, and why not because of lack of talent, not because he's a dick. No seats. Not because there's just a fuck. It's a game of musical chairs and there's nowhere to sit. So it's like, that's actually a problem in our sport right now. Hey, ride a deep. Go to fucking SX Global, bro. There's seats over there. So with, again, it's like the very start of this conversation. And I guess we'll button it off with this maybe, but it's like, there's a zero sum mindset, a negative sum mindset, which means for you to have more pie, You've got to take pie from somebody else that already has pie. Negative sum mindset means there is a fixed pie and you, take you get what you can, right? That's how I see so many people in the industry are operating. They've got this zero sum mindset and they think that if another series comes along, if another team comes along, then they lose because they're taking from their pie. A positive sum mindset is when everybody is focused on making more pie. That's from, what we from, need to see. From Stark? From the ground up, man. Yep. It, Dude, it, it starts as simple as one of your best friends. Fist. Yeah. Fox. Yeah. Alpine Star, do not like him. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. people want to be part of his culture. Yeah, yeah. Deaf family kind of started it, right? Yeah. And it's like, that's just, I mean, that's a twenty nine ninety five glove. Yeah. It's the same principle as the Varg. Yeah, yeah. Why do we want in the same principle as global? It's like you said, that's make been the, gr make very, very bigger. great. Make the pie bigger when you can offer more support. Yeah. Let that guy, let Mike Mason make ten grand from Deft. Yeah. In his day doing and, freestyle, and you know? think about it. Like, all right, so every country has like their GDP. That's like their economy, right? Let's say you've got motocross and supercross GDP before SX Global maybe 40 million like let's yeah, say, yeah. like factory racing right 
40 million but like i don't fucking know that's a completely yeah, random yeah, yeah, number yeah. but with the sx global our supercross and motocross gdp just went up by 50 million dollars like yeah. so that is the fucking pie that the gdp is the pie so we've just and it's not like they're going like they're literally promoters that are like giving money to people so like, i think that's gi- where we're giving this money like <laughs> everyone gets more money so, this money wasn't here this wasn't part of the pie and now we've got more pie and we're giving it to people so i think why is this a fucking problem i think what it is is people you've seen rich guys going racing mm. you know jdr mm. right but did that hurt no no well, no no no, no, no but i think they think it's gonna come and go even if it does who does it hurt i think it hurts what i would say if it comes and goes It'll only it'll only give the riders the money, but it could hurt in an overlap of like a contract year. It could hurt. Mm. It, it could like say say uh, Cooper makes the choice. But hey, rider Di Francesco is getting hurt right now with the current system. Uh, oh, there's positives and negatives. I yeah, think it could, yeah. it could hurt. It well to your point. Okay, it could hurt the pro motocross series if anyways. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, I, I don't think it can hurt. I yeah. think people aren't, or people are used to things not lasting. Yeah. So like stick to the same. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That, yeah. Like, no, that's true. I, I'm just saying people, the, 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 if there's not a pro circuit, Kawasaki has to survive and stay in it and not burn people because they have a good to sell. Yeah. Right. Yamaha has to stay racing because there's a good to sell. Yeah. Right. All OEMs, anyone that's, Racer X, Pro Motocross, that organization has a good to sell. They're so intertwined. They have to do a good job at everything that yeah. they're doing or yeah. it affects the old, all the goods, yeah. right? Um, when you have a rich guy going racing, it's very scary Yeah. because a rich guy has no accountability to the industry. Yeah. So he can go. Like JDR, they came. Dude, they were going to start an MXGP team. They are going to yeah. do this. They are going to do this. And in, I, I was in the meeting. And then two months later, there was locks on my amateur racing door. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, what the? F-? But to play the other side of that, though, my career was JDR. No, I know. You know no, what I mean? No, no, so no. Then, I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, Justin if- Shanty is the mechanic of Joey yep. Savacci right now. Guess who he was the mechanic of? Joey Savacci. Yeah, yeah. JDR. Yeah. So like, you are right. There is like no, a, there's a there's a legacy the of fear, yeah. MDK, the la- MDK, yeah. rich guy going racing. Like, hey, he's back in Supercross Global because it's actual business. No, I'm just saying like yeah, the, the, yeah. the old regime of American yeah. motocross is if you're not making any money, if you're not accountable to the sport, you can't be outside and taken taken serious. I think let's be honest, Moto Concepts kind of changed that narrative. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. shout out to Mike Genova. Mike Genova's weather. He the must storm, be a good guy, dude. He's weathered the storm. He's yeah. given Michael uh, Tony Alessi a platform to do his best work, a rejuvenation <laughs> yeah. of life. Yeah. So, you know, um, yeah, I think that's what our industry is so archaic that it's not known to work unless you're actually ingrained. Like yeah. if you're not, yeah. we fear change. Yeah, we do. <laughs> but we the, do. so the thing, uh, the final argument. Fuck, we're, this has been good. <laughs> um, but again, I just would say, like, okay, look at the track record. 16 they started doing these events man 2016 we're in 2022 so if i'll I'll give you this my final piece yeah i'm pro global supercross i i'm down i I, you're a rider and you're listening to this you better find out what teams have spots and sign yeah it's the future pro motocross big fan they've elevated it it's the best it's ever been it's on national television let's work on growing the pie Mm. not 
being scared that someone's going to have your pie. Yeah. L- like let's, let's work together. I, I mean, I think global supercross is the future for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Yeah. No, sweet. Well, speaking of motocross, how fucking crap before we end, we can't leave without talking about how good the racing has been. Eli Tomac. Chugga, chugga, chugga. Chugga, 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 chugga. Choo-choo. What, four, three, two, one, right? Overalls, he went fourth, yeah. third, two, And now he's one. won every moto since High Point or something like Man. that. Man, yeah, and, and, and Chase it. Sexton has been, he's risen to the occasion for all of us fans, right? Like, poor kid dumped it at Colorado. That was a brain fart. Mm. But the crash at, at Millville, dude, how do you, he was going for it. The rut was weird. He just tipped Well, heaps of people crashing that turn, too. Yeah, it was... That like that Chase Sexton is is doing everything right. Like yeah. he's making mistakes. He's making us fans. The four fifty class. Would you say the four fifty class right now? The way they're talking with each other, the way they're racing yeah, each other. Dope, isn't it dope? Yeah. Like even like and like I'm stoked. You said Savachi, dude. That guy is crushing. Yeah. He's up front. He's falling. He's getting hold. He's fearless to not go backwards. Yeah, yeah. He's getting up, start and fading backwards. If he would have started six, we wouldn't even know how he did. Yeah, yeah he's up there like the sport in 450 pro motocross is absolutely impeccable did you watch the second moto yesterday the 450s oh uh, yeah that? yeah have you ever seen tomac or when was the last time you saw tomac that cooked after a moto oh dude they were on, they were fucking going for it yeah like the, he did not want to let Ch- that was so pivotal in the series and, yeah. I, and i do feel like chase does have a shot at at Washougal. like he's smooth enough yeah. i think there's a, he's obviously good at paula he just got to stay in it. And I think the team around him, like how good's Honda right now? Like the, the, the Lawrence brothers, yeah. you have Sexton, like Lars, like smooth as a freaking cucumber. Yeah, like yeah. the guy, like that whole regime of look at what, how the difference is. He took a new guy. He's, you know, fresh eyes, fresh eyes, yeah. new outlook on things. Like how nervous are you? The boys are out front. I'm not. Yeah, yeah. Like I was like, "Well, that's awesome." But um, on the promoter, how killing it did Jerry Martin do on the commentary, bro? I agree. I, I, thought, he, I thought I thought it was going to be a, a complete. Have you spent much time around him though? Yeah, he's pretty boring. I thought, dude. No, you he's haven't. Pretty smart. You, no, only you Johnny, been around him. So I've only been guarded with Johnny O, like yeah, on bike yeah. rides. Yeah, no, 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 bro. Uh, really smart ass kind of thing, dude. Like, he's like Ricky. Really sharp. Him and okay. Ricky okay. are the same dude, right? Dude, he was really insightful. I I loved so, the excitement. So the excitement. Yeah. Like, but I also love Brock Glover and his old like. But I thought Jeremy was the best yet, dude. I completely agree. I I thought <laughs> he was so so good, and I've I've lucky enough. I've actually spent a lot of time around dude. around him and Alex, and they're underrated. Oh, absolutely. So I know in terms Alex. of personality, and uh, yeah. To, as soon as I heard he was on there, I was like, "This is gonna be awesome!" Yeah. And the local knowledge that they've got about that place, like one of the coolest things I ever saw in my motocross life, is Jeremy and Alex doing two thirties on the Monday <laughs> after, after Millville. No water on the track, nothing. Just smashing. just straight fucking animal style bro it was one of the coolest things i've ever seen and i watched them then get on a psych we were filming for red bull tv um for this like U- european show that red bull used to run and um they got then on a cycle bike and then they cycled the track 
for like however can you imagine cycling that fucking no, track no man they couldn't go up and down everything yeah, yeah. but they had like a mountain bike track around Osho, it oh sure bro they those boys they're like special dudes and the family like they oh, are they, unreal talk about the good thing of America producing humans like that oh yeah yeah like yeah. they they are amazing humans and I will say Millville is the best track on the circuit I think so too like it like especially the last couple years adding those big hills yeah like just the elevation the sand the parity the ruts like the it hard gives pack. guys options too yeah I, I I thought like that 450 pro moto was one for the books man like yeah. you have two different styles accomplishing the same goal and two different from like the guy who was one of his last nationals of the you know of his career yeah. to the, the the new the new the new kid in town um, on a blue, black bike and a, a red bike. I mean, you, you don't get the only thing is uh, they both have dope kits and A stars, yeah, right? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, that that 450 moto was shows the, you know, Dunge. I thought he was aggressive first lap, first moto. I'm like, dude, he might have something, but it just shows the level those guys are yeah, at it's just to drop different. to drop. Like Jason, he's had a rough season. I think he'd be willing to hang it out if he'd been in it. If early. he was up the front, yeah, yeah, early yeah, and yeah. He, like. He's like, nah, I'm not, I'm going to get through this, like get through this series now and, and not sacrifice. Like those guys have just are willing. Yeah. Like, well, like Chase, he'd ride if the motocross season had to be 28 races, he'd do all 28 and he'd be there with a fucking smile. Dude, on. He'd be the first one on the track. He'd be the last one to leave. Like he's just that guy. Did right you now. see the boys at Verb caught that bump jump of Barsha? Like, like on the, the step up after the chatapult? Nah, nah. Like, check that. Where's that? It's, it's on Verb's Insta. Go to that. Oh, Team Fried. Sorry. I don't, yeah, the Fried Boys. How dare you? I know, man. <laughs> yeah, I, it was, it was, it was the uh, old, old Tom got this shot. It's a bump jump. You saw it. It's, it's, yeah. it's after the chatapult and he, uh, he, um, like manuals and bumps and like this shows you how rough the track is it's so gnarly like oh yeah 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 like he bunny hops and then brought and, and then, and then down fucked. and then leg out with swagger then downsides oh my God, bro. like before Gear you change yeah like everything that's happening right there like there's a lot going on boom bump uh, disgusting yeah like it. it's just something like and like Barsha's a guy, I think the series has now separated him enough off the back. Yeah. That he's not willing, like. It, yeah, you just, yeah, you're in the dog days now. Like, this is just the dudes are in the trenches. Like, he and come, they all come out swinging the first six motos. Then they have a bad moto and they're like, I got to get through it. Yeah. Like, oh, dude. I, I get it. Yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm, as fans, we're selfish. Yeah. Because we know when you can do stuff like that. Yeah, you've got it. <laughs> <laughs> you've got what it takes. Well, I just think it, it's so. The thing that I took away from that second motor in the 450s was obviously those two guys are 20-something seconds ahead, right? And just the way that Eli could just pull that pace out of his back pocket for two laps and just bite, literally bite down on his mouth guard and just absolutely send it for those last two laps, the tracks at its roughest, and just and Chase elevated as well. Like, Chase bought it in. He gave it his run. And... That, that to me is, you know, you think about like the one-on-one -on -one match racing and stuff like that's been, as soon as I've talked about this one-on-one -on -one race with people, everyone's like, oh yeah, but one-on-one -on -one races are boring. But I'm like, fuck dude, if you've got two guys that are that close and are that good, like bracket rate, bracket one-on-ones, they very rarely are good until the final. 
because you've gone 1v16, 2v15. But when you've got those two guys, and that to me, it's like watching... Uh, people say how golf is boring, right? Golf is boring if you haven't watched every single hole. If you haven't watched every single hole of that tournament, and if you haven't had that slow build over four days to where now they're on the last green and they're both 140 yards out and they've both got the same club in their hand and they're both hitting into the same green. Like, you've just done all of this. It's the build-up that matters and it's that whole lead-up. It's like a crescendo. And the race on the weekend at Millville was that in a... That's why you do a 30-minute race because you got these two guys, they find their way to the front they push this crazy pace and then when both of the boys are 150 yards out with hitting into the same green Eli Tomac just sticks it to one foot and puts in for birdie to win you know yep and like that to me, that was motocross so absolutely and that's why we love it so much because I use not golf something different but maybe just as lame to some people is cycling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Cycling. Same shit. So, like, the like Tour you're, de France. You're Duez. Yeah. You're climbing Alpe d'Huez. And this is where golf doesn't have it. You're at 200 beats per minute. You got 30 minutes to go. Like, same as moto. Yeah. But there's no real skill involved in this. Yeah. Right? Like, no, I mean, it's yeah. like, it's golf's all skill. Let's say 98% skill. Like, yeah. touch, feel, everything that Justin Barsha just did on that bump yeah, jump. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But then cycling has the, the anaerobic threshold of feeling it, understanding how far you can go. Yeah. Those guys, that's where... Like, it, it, they got both they got at the both. same time. And you're trying to break... And Sexton, Sexton thought he was going to do to Tomac what, what Tomac, Tomac does thought, to everyone else. <laughs> what Tomac tried to do to Dunge at Washougal. Yeah. And Rick, our boy Rick Gilmore yeah. told me, he goes, hey, just give me 20, 25-minute mark. Give me that. He's like, why? He's on the break Dunge at 25 minutes. He's like, all right, I'm going to sit out of his roof, sit out of his roof, sit out of his... And this is Gilmore told me the story. He's yeah, like, dude. Yeah, that's so And he's like, he's like, all right. So they're like, we'll give him 25. I'll sit at 95%, 95. And then I'll go 105 and and zap him. And I'll break him. And dude, Dunge responded. And it's like Alp Duez, yeah, right? Yeah, You know, except we know Dunge wasn't on the PEDs probably. <laughs> like, like, but I mean, not... And, and it, that's where I love that. Like yeah. when you're, you're just... Your skill's the same. Like you said, that final putt for birdie and... I didn't see the interviews, but I hope Chase, like I, I should rewatch it, but I hope he was smiling about the battle. Yeah, he, he should have been super proud. There's not many people that can push Eli Tomac to his absolute limit. Yeah. Like, and that was everything he like had. Like you rode, like you might've gave up points the first moto, be upset with that tip over, that's racing. But like to be able to go pound, like swing for blow swing, for blow, blow with, yeah. with Eli, like that's something very special that very few Dunge can say he did it. Who else? Yeah, like really- Ferran, like not even Ferrandis, like Tomac never really, I mean, uh, Osborne never really did it because he yeah. was in a different season of life. Yeah. But like you're seeing Eli at the absolute pinnacle. Yeah. And that kid, Chase Sexton, did it. So kudos to Chase. And man, like they, they were in a league of their own right now going in the dog days. And, yeah. And then Jet's the same. Like oh. Hunter had a day though. Hunter yeah. just had a day. Yeah. Like Hunter's paying um, pro motocross tax. <laughs> like yeah. he, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. he just can't get his, he can't get it right. Like he just can't get it. It's just the, the fork in the road and it's, it's going left. And uh, where's he at points wise now, Hunter? Uh, I wouldn't know. 
probably yeah. pretty far back now, yeah. I think. And I mean, it's shit can happen. Jet lost a motor, you yeah. know, but Hunter's just like in the dog days. Like it's, it's like, no, I'd say he's, he's just like, it's, ta it's, it's trying him and testing yeah, him. And yeah. if he can keep, yeah. I mean, uh, he had the lappers get in his way. He, you know, but he's showing There's Jet. something though with Jet though, that I just, I think Jet, I think where, fuck, I hope Hunter doesn't hate me for this. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, yeah. I just, I think Jet just has more speed. And so like those things with the lappers, like when you, when Jet wanted to pass Hunter, he could. And when Hunter wanted to pass Jet, he couldn't. And then there was lappers and that, you know what I mean? So like, I just, I, I honestly think that Jet just has like a little bit extra. Like he just has the gear. Even there was, I think Shimoda, well, Kitchen at Moto2 in Southwick was a good example. Like Levi was right there and everyone's just like, holy fuck, Levi Kitchen's like the next best thing in the world. And then Jet just like keeps it there, keeps it there and then puts his, the hammer down where he has to. His race management, Jet's race management. Yeah. Like I think Hunter, I, I, I'll use a softer term. I think Hunter leaves it all on the wall. You're seeing every bit yeah, of yeah, the speed. Yeah, like yeah, at the yeah, end of, you're yeah. seeing everything. I think Jet... And that might be because of the positions he started Dude, in. That's and, exactly you know, right. It, it, like, might, it like, might not just be the speed that he's got, but, but it just seems like Jet's able to just like make the passes when he wants to and then pull away has, when he wants to. He and, has that yeah, 2% just, to go like, oh, Kitchen, I'll let you sit behind me for yeah. a while. And then Shimoda, I think maybe it was this round or maybe it was Southwick, but... Shimoda kind of like went the gap went from like six seconds to three seconds and then you're like oh my god yeah, yeah, yeah. and then it's at six seconds again and then the dude's fucking jumping into every turn and he's doubling he's doing the, what Carmichael and Stewart did to people mm. like you remember when you'd see them out front when they're lapping like, the, yep bolt, bolt. yeah and you're watching Shimoda and Hunter behind him and they're just smashing just, like yeah, yeah, looking yeah. like they're ripping yeah. you're like how's he not putting four seconds to lap on Jet like I I, I mean it's impressive like I'm actually most impressed with Shimoda this summer same dude like like MVP I'm, like MVP like getting yeah. in there I love to see the green bike up front I'm loving to see the pro circuit bike back in the just in for the, the parody yeah I mean we haven't seen that many Hondas one two ever like yeah. let's be honest but that having the pro circuit legacy and Mitch's team back in there and the story of Joe Shimoda and not having a ride and like Joe's massive for the sport too like my Global. dude yeah my girlfriend she's russian loves anime who's her favorite writer dude the only japanese dude <laughs> yeah. like it just is what it is yeah, she's yeah. like that's she's that's that's her favorite character she fucking hates it she refuses to watch it but she'll be doing her shit and then she'll be like how's joe doing that's like the that's the test right and there, then how's you know? his move like whether that was myrtle like, yeah, yeah <laughs> flashing his belly yeah, like yeah. that was clearly someone marketing move to do that but it was the Perfect. right it was that's the right the move, move. Yeah, that's yeah. the move and he generally loves yeah like did you, i like i said i you know i'm tight with swap and i love it hey what's your favorite Mer american curse word he's all bitch yeah, yeah, that shit was fucking funny dude. <laughs> like only swap can get that out of joe yeah and i yeah. just love to see like good people like don like getting him out of the square box thing yeah, yeah, like dude yeah. just be, like because he wants him to have that personality oh and he does man dude. like i think he'll like he'll slowly get grow into it yeah but yeah he's uh for me like the mvp of the season and I, I think that he it was actually really cool red bud uh when him jet and hunter were in the the battle that they were in you could literally see joe 
learn to ride the track like the Lawrence brothers. Do you think they push him around? Do you think that he could, like, you know, Jet, like, like, do you think if if Joe really believes that like he's better than them, like, because he's always been in their shadow, Geico. Here's what I think. This is my <laughs> this is my new hot take on the Lawrence brothers. So, I was right. <laughs> all right i was right from the start yeah, yeah. just for the record okay, okay. <laughs> okay? back in fuck, yeah, yeah. 20, let's call it 2018 yeah, yeah, when yeah. i started the podcast <laughs> but i didn't know how right <laughs> because honestly i'm being a bit of a dick but um honestly i actually think everyone is years behind like legitimately you're years behind beating the lawrence brothers i think that they have spent and it's interesting because sexton kind of said something in the podcast about he said none of the amateurs have good technique he said danger boy is kind of the only guy i look at that has good technique right so he said that and what did we see with the combine and then what are we seeing with the 450 class like eli has great technique but he has great body positioning technique but he rides the motorcycle to the ground right so you wouldn't yeah, you wouldn't teach that you, yeah you wouldn't say that's ideal right so this is not me saying no, yeah, anything no, about no. eli tomac <laughs> no, no. as a right there's there's fucking ways to skin a cat yeah but in terms of if you wanted to just build like let's say a fucking a motocross character where you go handling or like bike skill throttle control engine management you know, like it, you just maxed everything out to 100 like tomac's probably at 20 on the fucking engine <laughs> management but you can still win with that but i think that what you're seeing with the lawrence brothers and darren in particular is such a gnarly commitment to technique and such a gnarly commitment to lines and such a gnarly commitment to bike setup and then you're getting to do that with two people right and two really good people. And different. Like super different personalities. So if this is not shade at the Alessis, but you look at like Jeff and Mike Alessi, in terms of like complete humans, there was a lot lacking at the age that when they were like in their peak. So you you're not you don't have the same thing where like and I'm not not just trying to be a dick, like I'm trying to just be like fully objective, like I you got a there. laser, dude. You're shining I, out the eyes. I was eyes. there. <laughs> like I saw so, it. So, yeah, and the Alessis, Tony knew, only knew what he knew. Yeah, yeah. Those kids were riding 450s when they were 40 kilos. <laughs> like, like because it was like, make money, make money. Yeah, like yeah. So, like, they're bad technique because they are managing 61 horsepower Varner 450s. Yeah. Right? Like, Dazzy would never do that. No. Like, yeah. never. No, you're so right. Never compromise yeah there was like this is like the best thing that we could do and it's even they go to europe and they, and they do their thing in europe and the thing i sent a message to hunter um i can't remember what maybe it was after high point because hit that was craziness dude like the way those two rode and the way they played with the track and the way they gapped the fit like that was brilliant and for jet like good on you that's fucking sick but for hunter the level of adversity that he's had to overcome and I can relate from a big brother sense because I like I can see ways in Maddie's life where he had his life so much easier because of like the mistakes that I made in my own life journey, yeah. And and he'll tell you, you know, like he sat back and watched me go through my early twenties and like just fucking up constantly. And he watched and he learned. And and Hunter's version of that is injuries and going on some shit teams. Hunter took the fucking hit 
on a bunch of different er- that are they're subtle. It's not like these crazy differences that we you think would add up. But again, you're talking years of your life, and there's all these little challenges and all these little injuries and these adversities that you got to go through. And you're the first one on this shit team and. He was on a shit team when Jet was just on an 80 and that did, really didn't matter, but it did matter to Hunter, you know, like it did matter to his results. So I think that what what Hunter did and what Hunter's doing this season is just like, dude, I want to give the dude a hug and be like, bro, you fucking deserve this. You deserve this so much because of all the shit that you've been through. And so I just think that what we're seeing now is like the tip of the spear of years of work and i think that they're fucked everyone else <laughs> like honestly because i don't see anyone maybe hayden but i don't see anyone i look at rider d and i don't see chase sexton i don't see jet lawrence you, I don't, dude you're so right so i look at joe shimoda and i don't see jet Lawrence. he's probably the next best when like when it comes to looking i see levi kitchen i see a stylish motherfucker like but he, dope he, as fuck he, but he, i don't see jet lawrence and i don't see chase Sexton. i don't see ken roxon so i'm just looking and i know as a writer as in my level that i'm at how hard it is to change and i know that you know you you now you're in this program at star or you're in prosa and you don't have a chance to you don't really have a chance to do the work that these guys have done. And honestly, dude, I just think everyone's fucked that aren't, that isn't a Lawrence brother for a while, man. I really, and, and I think, I think that Brian looks at Dazza and the Lawrence's as like, that's kind of, that's the only, like, I think that's like the new standard. Oh, he has. He said it in one of their podcasts, Mason, my son watches it. He's like, Look at the Lawrence's. I wa- I'm watching things yeah. change, and he yeah. brought up yeah. like the Lawrence's. Yeah. Brian watches because he knows it's evolve or die, and he just wants the best for his kid. Yeah, like genuinely wants. Like the so, best. I I don't disagree with you. Like who else? Do, who do you see winning? Jets going on four fifty outdoors next year, so Hunter will be the only Lawrence brother on a light bike. Yep. Who beats him for a t- for the championship? The only one that I see today, like today, that could even give him a run on a bat on a day is Joe Shimoda Shimoda. but going back to like I think the Lawrence's what they have as a family there's one word trust Mm. right like they trust in mom and dad and I'm not saying in in a bad way that they have what the best they trust in Lucas the people around them yeah Osho Myrtle mom and dad that, that they are doing what's right for them Okay, and 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 Dazzy is leading this is leading the the charge from what I understand. Yeah, even bike setup. Yeah, and I go back to like R.J. Hampshire. Have you seen his bars? Yeah, they're down. Like you can only go so fast with that bike setup. One hundred percent, bro. Like, like I can. I don't know Darren Lawrence, but from meeting him a few times and what a remarkable human. I guarantee you, if Jet was like, I want to try nine nine nines and put them down on my lap. The answer will be no. no. <laughs> yes, because there's only because your elbows like there's a reason for the madness. Yeah. Right. There's a reason. And if you're a real G, you know that. Yeah, you and know? it's like, like you have to evolve or die. You have to. Have, there's there actually is a standard. And who's just ironically, I got to spend a little bit of time with him. And another amazing dad is uh, Chase's dad. Yeah, yeah. He's just like Dazzy. They're very similar. They, he's their practicing bike mechanic. He's all about technique. Yeah. And and like look at the 
not about winning titles. Like, how many titles has Chase won at Loretta's? Four? Three? Yeah, yeah. Two? Yeah. Not, like, look at Jet Reynolds. Yeah. The winningest rider D, rider D. Like, Jet Reynolds is not, his trajectory is not going the right way. Yeah. All these, um, Loretta's is becoming a novelty race. Yeah, yeah. It's becoming a very amazing race to share times with your family like amazing summer adventure but it's not the need it's not the win. need anymore no, no. it's not no. it's not when you have actually when they're from what I understand is pro motor or the MX sports groups acknowledges that and they're changing the narrative with the combine yeah yeah like yeah. they're knowing they got a pivot which is so smart and bring up a, a, a recipe in in honestly that's because of jet going on blast I think it was with you to, yeah. or someone knows with pulp or someone talking about how crap the amateur nationals yeah, were yeah they 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 took feedback and they yeah, pivoted yeah and now there's an actual race to highlight guys and, and like what a better way like what i haven't seen hayden deegan race a pro national track or hayden seen him race against compare his lap times and shit dude he waxed the a he's a b rider he's a b rider and waxed um talent hawkins um uh, uh, Dax and Bennett, they're all A-riders. They're supposed to go to the factory teams. Um, Talon just raced the national. Yeah. This weekend. I don't know if he scored points or not. Yeah, I don't even know who it is. But he's like a young, to put it in perspective, his number was 339 this weekend. Yeah. He, he His family um, and them, they're very unique in the fact that, like, the kid always had the best stuff. Like, dad's a hard worker. Yeah. But he idolized the Jason Lawrence. Yeah, yeah. And they idolize the Jason Andersons and the Hilton, the Josh Grants. Okay, so I like him. <laughs> I like him. The yeah, yeah. family, they're rad, but yeah. that's not the recipe that you can use to get to the top of pro motocross. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, it, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Like, we go back to our early pods about Beerman and Hodges. Like, you can't. Yeah, you can't do both. You yeah. can't do both. Yeah, yeah. And and you're right. Like, Sexton's the, the other dude. And what are we seeing? We're seeing Sexton put it to Eli that's one of the best yeah ever. and look at Tomac's recipe dad technique yeah technique yeah, training yeah. like but see and yes you're right but the techniques evolved 100 percent. you know so that was the guy he <laughs> rose the top by doing that program and i'm sure that dazzy took a lot of um a lot of inspiration Everts, you know Everts tomac yeah and so the other thing too and this was what i can't remember whether i said it to deegan on the podcast or if it was when we were off the podcast but he's basically was like all right so what do you what would be like the main thing that you would do for hayden if you were me and i said turn him into a really good fucking dude that's gonna be the thing that gets you through your life or him through his life that will help him more than any fucking team advice any bike advice any technique advice because you need to be it's a very complex dude you you're in a very complex situation when like look at what we just spent an hour talking about of like are you a contractor are you in uh, you need to be a fucking great person and those are the people like that's how you have a good career and you make smart moves and you do things without ego and you do things as a group and like dude dazzy fucking straight up dude like He's as from, good as good as it gets, right? Look, look where you come from, though. Yeah, and Hunter, man, Hunter is a guy. There's not that many motocross, right? Like, if Hunter didn't race motocross, I would be his friend in the exact same way. He's just one of those really rare, 
cool people. He's into cool music. He's into cool sports. He's got culture. He, like, yeah, he's traveled all over the world. Like, there's that's a guy that I want to sit down and like I'll just hang with him. I want my you know, son to be like him. Yeah, there's no age gap with me and him, even though he's so much younger. So it's like that is the ace in the hole. And I and from when I was over there, there were so many kids that. Dude, like, J- there were JDR bikes that got sent back just fucking trash and full of mud because the team closed the MTF, doors. MTF, The team closed the doors and then the bikes had to go back. Well, fuck you, man. Fuck, you know, bikes go back. Like, the amount of shit that you would see from these guys that they spend their whole life homeschooled, they're just the fucking king of Pooh Dude, Castle uh, by, like, being the kid that's won Loretta's since he was fucking 10 years old. He's getting his dick sucked when he's 10 because he's the, like, literally because he's the fastest guy. The industry this creates sisters, it. The industry yeah, creates yeah, it. Look, look, Kate, uh, Chase and Zach Bell. Mm. How many titles did they win at Loretta's? And how much money did they making? And what did he do at a pro motocross level? Yeah, nothing. Nothing. Yeah. I mean, the list The list is... A, but we create... In North America, you create this fake expectation. The parents don't create it. Let's get straight. Industry, some of them do. Some of them do. But the industry gives them the platform to be arrogant. The industry gives them the the opportunity to think they're better than others, right? Yeah. Like, there shouldn't be factory riders on 85s. Yeah, yeah. Like, there yeah. should be supported riders. Yeah. There shouldn't be factory riders in the B class. Yeah. Like let's let's let the stars shine through. Yeah. Let's let's see who on a level playing field, because um, Ryan Morris is one of the same guys, dude. He had Chaparral factory Bud Light Yamahas, right? He had equipment that was better when he got leveled down. It cooks you, bro, mentally. Like yeah. there's guys that are like the best dudes in the sport, and like you could even talk about Dungeon in this sense. Like he's one of the nicest people of Absolutely. all time, man. He's, Zach Osborne. Yeah. Well, I, Zach, I don't know Justin about. Brayton. Well, like, I guess the thing with Dunzo, like, so he didn't know what to do after racing. So, like, the industry didn't prepare him. So, he's, like, one of the nicest guys that outside of motocross was just, like, so good, so humble, so switch on. And even he was, like, jacked by the industry in a sense where, like, there was no development past like just being like a racing, like an nfl know? or nba yeah, does yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. like you look at an nba commentator or nfl commentator that goes after racing like for most they're educated they went through university college, yeah, they, through college. college. Yeah. they had they had yeah. the advisor they had leadership courses yeah. like yeah. moto is we are going back i hate to say it, I, we we just did four hours but we're going back to what we we ask 45 weeks a year of these guys yeah there's no development yeah yeah, you can't be a person. You can't be. You get a, you, you you have to you have to perform. And I and I tell people here, if you want to come race your motorcycle, come to Oz. Yeah. You race, you know, four supercrosses, eight outdoors. You travel a beautiful coast. You can go to the beach afterwards. You make it 150 grand because every there's gonna be point zero zero one percent that make r- over that that make over that to where they can actually retire. Dunge Villa Poto. Yeah. Right. Look at Weimer. He's working. Yeah. Like he made enough to like get himself set up. But he still has to have a job. Tickle still yeah. has to work. Yeah. So you, you all, like, go to where, like, don't, like, Justin Starling, I'm a big fan of that kid. He's doing it his way. Mm. Right? He's going to Germany racing, do, going to, d- doing uh, doing his own program out of a sprinter so he can control his own destiny because he's like, I'm going to have to work it someday anyways. Yeah. yeah why yeah. why sell my soul to a team for free for a ride? Yeah. When I could just do this now. Do this yeah, now. Yeah, that's so, cool. Like, that, I, I, I love that, like, you know, sense of ownership. Like yeah. I'd rather 
just do my own thing and like yeah. like that's that ownership part you know yeah and, and i think so like i guess to circle back to my point is that the lawrences are taking over the world well that and i think that they've <laughs> just they've put all these pieces in they've got the good human part right they've got the humility part right they've got the team relationship part right they've got there's all this stuff that they're doing that's like these kind of one percenters that i think have just added up to just everyone being fucked and, <laughs> for like and, a really and, long and, time and i i can't wait and uh, to have the next podcast about where does hunter go does haunt is honda able to hold on to him yeah i think they're crazy to let him go no i'm, I'm just saying what if he performs so well that another red bull program gas gas troy lee or mm. red bull ktm throws him a lot of money to beat that jet kit like i'm yeah, just yeah. i'm just because that becomes business yeah 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 well i think though with i'm, I'm just i'm just like I wonder a eh? like like you i'm just wondering yeah, like if yeah, you look no. at timing of guys yeah are they gonna run three four fifties yeah probably not i I don't know like yeah. i think lars would want to like you said they, yeah, it'd be stupid yeah. for honda not to yeah but when it comes down to business and that contract of what does hunter go global supercross yeah like yeah does jet just go supercross only yeah like i i mean Jet's, he's gonna become like think about jet's career so he'll be 250 supercross next year and then 450 outdoors next year and then 450 supercross the year after like let's say jet just goes and wins that outdoor title goes eh, done that i'll just do supercross now for the rest of the year i'll focus on my businesses i'll focus on my donut shops i'll focus on like make a career and then it's like i mean you could say that's a bad thing but again it's just like is it though is because it, like, there's always gonna be another fans were selfish always, fans were selfish yeah. like you can still do it so like that's what's rad about dunge is he's doing it because he wants to do it yeah and like i think we're getting the best version of dunge like as far as a person and personality and being happy like happy yeah, yeah. happy it's not only to be happy getting sevenths and eights and six when you your legacy is what it was but i think he's rewriting the narrative of yeah how yeah, he's yeah. leaving yeah. as a person yeah. instead yeah. of the oatmeal no raisin no sugar yeah he's got some brown sugar on that oatmeal now and he's like fun to be around and not not that i mean i'm a big advocate of ryan dungy but in he was so business oriented to reach his goals that he's yeah. like what did i do all that for i didn't even i didn't even soak it up yeah i didn't know? i didn't save at the moment um so yeah man I, I this is some exciting times and pivotal times in our sport electric that lawrence's danger boy How, what do you think what do you make of the combine last topic before we go danger boy uh, i'm i've been on that train dude yeah well hey you can say it. You were right about Danger Boy. If, if, I, if I could say I was right about Lawrence, you were right about Danger Boy. I've been on the train. I'm a Brian Deegan fan. I love like his hustle. People that hate on them are ones that are not willing to hustle. They don't have the work ethic. Like the amount, I don't know how they can sustain. I don't know how Brian can look as good and lean as he is and take care of his body as well he does. Um, the amount of travel, the amount of stress. Like just because you have more money you have more opportunity doesn't make things easier because mm -hmm. of the level of expectation so I think what the Deegans are doing and what Hayden is doing is is something special that we're a bit on that journey my sons that are 9-11 are to watch his journey three days a week on YouTube or whatever their thing is and, and I'm able to now that I'm a world away follow it also and feel part of it yeah yeah whether yeah. it's real or yeah, fake you're seeing it from a different angle now and I'm like this is so cool that I can still follow the journey and see him hit these tracks and like it, he's bringing different than Jet I think is he's bringing an audience to our sport like he's bringing an audience to our sport where usually our sport built audiences yep 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 like I, I would safe to say that we are helping uh, the industry's built Jet's audience yeah like yeah but 
They've built their own. They've built their own. Now they're injecting it into yeah. the sport globally. Yeah. Um, which is something that's Yeah, you talk about like that pie. <laughs> like when they go from amateurs to pro, the pie just got got bigger. Like if he's not in if he's not in opening ceremonies, it could be dis, it could be a disservice for the like Could you imagine? No, but could, but seriously, yeah, right? No, that's a great point. Like if Hayden Deegan isn't allowed in opening ceremonies, there could be people coming from the Be YouTube like, why world, am I here why am I here if this kid's <laughs> yeah. like like and I are they gonna change the number rule like I'm just like there's certain things to allow the sport to grow that they actually mm. have to think about yeah like Hayden Deegan um, the volume he's putting in is just the same as any other top he's not faking it nah dude like they're prepping he's taking the Alessi method racing the tracks everyone used to make fun of the Alessis for racing all the tracks to prepare that Tony, hey, that worked. Tony had that right. Yeah. Right. Brian sees that. Then he's like, all right, this, what he does, right. He's not all in with one trainer. He's not all in with one program. He's like, Swanee, you do this great, but we're not just going to be with you. Hey, Rhino coach him here a little bit. Yeah. Hey, come here. Like that's that balance of, and being comfortable Yeah. with feedback. It's just humility. Bro. Yeah. It's like they, like Brian, I don't, I don't talk to like, Hayden so it's not like my yeah, race yeah. like I'm not we're not yeah yeah because he's know? a kid yeah he's a young guy <laughs> but I talked to Brian and the level of humility that he's got is I think again it, that comes back to like Dazza you know like Dazza just has this crazy level of humility which he kind of should because he's fucking Darren Lawrence before his kid won a motocross championship he was just a motor you know what I mean like he what wasn't this proven he wasn't anybody. Whereas like Brian Deegan is Brian Deegan. He never had to do anything else in his life. He didn't have to achieve one more thing. We could have never known who his kids are and he's still Brian Deegan. Absolutely. So to have the level of humility that he's got around his kid's career and, you know, even things that he's asked me, like, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And I'm like, dude, I'll just, he yeah, generally yeah, wants yeah, I'll to know. give you my advice. Like, don't, I'm sitting here going, don't think I'm right about this, but this is what I personally believe. Cause he knows that he's so sucked into his world. Like, like he's so, yeah. he's so in his world, all he sees is blinders. Yeah. You can't be across everything. He, so he reaches out to people in different spaces to make sure it gets some feedback. Dissects and and it. whether he thinks I'm right or wrong, but he's like, getting some feedback. It's a little bit of something. And that takes humility for yep. you to go to someone and say, what do you think about this? Yeah. What do you and, think? and, and I, it being an off the wall kind of deal. And you know, I think the, the combine showed there's, it would have been cool to see D Francesco and, and, and Hayden like race each other because that's been what we've been wanting that to happen for a while. There's an age gap that's been separating. We're going to see Is, it. So Hayden's younger, younger. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's scary. Yeah. And I think, uh, Ryder D I, two years ago, I'd have been like, ah, uh, maybe, maybe uh like overhyped because he was that blonde haired kid you, you know yeah, you watched like his Cali journey kid, yeah. that cali kid but he was in all the videos yep, and he was yep yeah. and his parents did a good job marketing him but yeah. um the deegans came in over the top of them better marketing more exposure kind of took the limelight away from him. and i think the kids actually used it to fuel him mm. you know like he's a good kid super respectful he's a real nice kid yeah actually had we did a podcast after his last 85 race or super mini race but it was the first time when i it was like i think the first podcast i did the thing i fucked the audio up so we never put it out uh, but i spoke to him for like an hour and a half he's, he's a fucking super nice he's kid. a great well-mannered good well-spoken kid and he's he's legit but going back to deegan wrap up on him like 
I just can't wait to follow the journey, like with yeah. every, all the other YouTube subscribers. Like, I think the I think the jury's out now on like if he's good. Yeah, he's fucking so good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like like when you have Sexton and Christian Craig and all these other guys endorsing his skill on a bike and, and his work ethic. The only thing you said is that being that good human and how hard it would be as a dad, like just taking from a dad and a mom, like the things that kids seeing and being exposed, exposed to, to, yeah, like at a young age, how can that not like, how do you coach that? Like him signing boobs at 16, yeah. like that's not normal. Like, like, yeah. And I, 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 and that's what that's success, the project. That's, I, I completely I, agree. I don't, that's, I, I, if anyone could handle it's Brian and Marisa. Yeah. Let's be honest. They've seen more of all that than any other moto parent there is. hundred percent. So if there's anyone that can handle it, it's them. Yeah. And, and I, I'm, I, 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 as a parent, I would love to pick their brain after they succeed. Yeah. yeah. Like, cause yeah. success, what is their success? I think Brian's success is to see his kids succeed. It's not an actual physical champion or a race win it's like whatever their limit and, and yeah goal you is. wanted to reach their potential their potential i really feel that brian doesn't have a potential like a where tony had i want to change the tony let said that i want to change the record books i'm going to change yeah like ego ego he had he, his ego at that time so, he, so he, this is like the the that in a nutshell is like there's some form of Tony Alessi's, and again, this is, I fucking, I'm not trying to be, this is just objectively spare. I'm this objective about myself. So I'm this nasty to myself <laughs> when I think about my own ego. But there's, there's a percentage of his self-worth that was tied up in his kids being the best ever, winning these, like, that's where there's poison in the water, in a sense, you know? And I think that with, with uh and i mean you can see it with guys and like you hear it a lot with guys dads where like it's a very old story of where the dad it's a it's as much about the dad having the famous kid and the fast kid as it is about the kid doing his thing you know and i think that that's where dazzy again is a really great example but he he isn't brian deegan like he didn't come he's just a dude from the gold coast uh, from the sunny coast you know um but yeah so i think that with there's a percentage of the the self-worth on Tony's end that is guiding decisions. You can't, it's, there's no objective. Well, maybe if someone knew, no, if nobody knew my name ever, like as Tony Alessi, that would be the best thing for my kid. Then he didn't do that. He did the thing where everyone knew who he was. And, you know, so as you've got to be really objective and you've got to be really careful. Like, okay, Am I doing this for myself? What part of this is for him and what part of this is for me? And I think that when when you got Brian, I think the their kind of ace up their sleeve is the fact that, like you said, he's been there and he's done it all. So you just you're not really gonna have that same sense of validation. Because I think I personally think, and it's one of the things I find the most interesting in people in general, is when you can be famous or really well known and it your self-worth isn't tied into it like there the, that's the the rarest kind of per, like i just think that's peak level because you've been exposed to something 
that so many people have never been exposed to, right? So, like, you, you've you never been exposed to what Brian Deegan has been exposed to. You've never had the pussy thrown at you that he has. You've never had the parties. You've never... There's so many experiences in your life that you've never had, right? And those kinds of experiences change your... It's like you're in, like, this feedback loop with the world. So, you get this given this feedback and then that feedback then dictates the decisions that you then make and then you get more feedback on it. So, you can get stuck in, like, this kind of, like, ego loop, you know? And I'm sure there was a point in Brian's life where that's, like, how it was. He was the fucking man. He was Brian Deegan. He was playing a character. But then he was sort of also, like, had trouble separating the character, you know? Like, that's what you see with, like, Conor McGregor. And you see with these guys that turn into these that have like these crazy personalities around yeah, you yeah. Know? so when you see a guy that goes through that and then they come out on the other side and they're just like super fucking humble super you know down to earth that to me i'm like you've just passed the ultimate test in life and that's why i think that that brian's got that is going to be like a little bit of a secret weapon yeah you know? i i, I it's a, you'll you'll agree with this i think a parent if you see a parent or a girlfriend. Uh, there's a, a rule, and I think the girlfriend is a bit much. But a parent, or an agent, or a girlfriend, the first one to the podium, make sure they're in the camera. Yeah, yeah. there's an ego. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, for sure. Tony was always there in the podium, always there in the. He was always in the camera. Yeah. I've never seen Dazzy really on TV. No. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. John, oh, John, John, uh, yeah, yeah. John Tomac, do you see him? No. Like, you, but you, I could. There's other parents that yeah. find their way into that camera. Yeah after the race the girlfriends especially bro yeah so many times where it's like really do we need you there but like like you see do we the need ones, your track walk I'm, you need a, to be the, walking the track there's an anomaly what do you got what do you got what <laughs> are you gonna tell him <laughs> there's an anomaly though and that's why I said there's uh, is, and I love her to pieces because she's amazing he was Matilde M- M- Muscan yeah, she's yeah. always there that's a legit partnership <laughs> that's a legit yeah. partnership like, yeah. I just want to say there's, there's anomalies yeah, there Matilde is. is one of them um, Fernandez's uh, wife because they've traveled they've been in it yeah right but like I look at Dazzy like we t- we've talked about him. I've met him a handful of times and um, have the utmost respect for just his journey. But I've never seen him after a race. Yeah, I've never seen him popping bottles. I've never seen him trying to get his fix, his limelight to show his friends on the sunny coast that he's made it. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, like there's sure. that's a, that's something that if you start seeing the parent try to get in there, like as a parent, lose like you win and win like you lose. Mm. Your son or your daughter, if they get third and they ride their best race they've ever had and you're not stoked, if you can't recognize their best effort, mm. then they are going to hit the gutter. Yeah. If you only get pumped when they win, you're it's it's bad. Yeah, it's a long road. It's a long road. You got to celebrate those dead last, that Indo and the whoops, gets back up, leaves it all on the track and gets eighth. Yeah, you gotta gets ninth, but his last laps is fastest. Because they're not comfortable. Those parents, like not the Deegans, right? They want those free boxes to show up. They get that ego from ordering 25 pairs of goggles. They get those... Bro, you have no idea how real that is. <laughs> I literally last week dealt with some shit Yeah, like it's, it's like the parent... Like for me, my son, he's going to get what he gets, whether he's dead last in the C grade class or if he's the second place guy in Australia. His dad still has the connections and the yeah, relationships. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not going to better his life. Yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, totally. Like... Like he's gonna wear the gear that he wants to wear. He might not have fifty pairs of it. He might have two in case it's muddy. But yeah. he's gonna get what he needs because dad has the connection. So I don't need, like, like Brian. Yeah, you're not in it for you. I'm not in it for him. For yeah. me, I don't care. To, I mean, 
that's where these parents get wrapped up and I think it's it's a slippery slope with this industry giving so much and there's a cliff there's that's why there's dependency problems that's why there's there's suicidal problems because there's so much they put there's like fallout when it doesn't go right yeah it's you're you're you know it's that one song back then you didn't want me now i'm hot you're all up on me yeah 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 and then you're not hot and you're off the other way then it's the other way around you know and I, i actually tell people from my journey i was really stoked i wasn't that good yeah, yeah. Cause it'd be hard, man. <laughs> it'd be hard to be the the man, yeah. and then not the man. And then you're not, dude. It would be. I was just never the man, so it was easy. Yeah. Like it was yeah. just, it, it was just easy. Like so, yeah. It's it's the Lawrences. I think have a balance, and I think the people around him, he, they they respect their parents, and I think Hayden respects his dad. I think Brian can. I think Hayden can, I'm, from what I see, can <laughs> yeah. look at his dad's eyes and be like, ah, I fucked up. <laughs> yeah, so I think, yeah. If was, Brian listens to this, I want him to comment below what diet and what workout he's on because that dude is looking. TRT. Dude, he's looking. <laughs> he's on the diet that people that you have more money than you are dude. on. Nah, he probably does like testosterone and shit, I'd reckon. It's like, I, 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 I'm, I haven't I, asked I, him look, yeah. I wouldn't be mad at it. Cause hey, dude, I, if I could afford it, you, I, yeah. Uh, he looks good you go this is what this is what Brian Deegan would be doing again I don't know this Brian Deegan would be going to a really sick doctor they'd be taking some blood and then they'd be like your levels are this 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 and then there's like one's here one's here one's here and then they're going like righto take this take this take this take this and Brian would be going fucking let's go top gun and then he'd be running and he'd be training and he'd be doing all this shit he looks dude there was a video I saw of like he's fucking jacked he's fitter than me he looks um at, on the 450 I thought Hayden one of their their thumbs I thought it was Hayden on the 450 because obviously the same number because he's so tiny and I'm like like he's just shred. He looks. He's probably a buck fifty-five. Yeah, he's fucking ripped. Anyways, he's a G. Man All right, crush. well, thanks. Uh, thanks so much for coming and doing this. Fuck, we went deep, bro. Yeah, man. We had some is. shit to cover. Yeah, you're the, you're my favorite guy to bench race with. And we need to do it more, man. Yeah, we do. You've been busy. That's fine. Yeah, you've got you've had shit on. You got you got kids, a pregnant wife, running a fucking. <laughs> I'm a sh- it's been it's been rad. Well, thanks for making time for me. It's been it's been real. No, it's been awesome. Cheers, Cheers bro. Dude.